Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez, Joe Dells, and this is now episode 147. In this episode, we are going to recap the biggest storylines from Wild Card Weekend and preview the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. A quick Patreon shout out to Woody Buckets, Tizzy, Corey, Max, Freddie, Dylan, Playboy, Orlando, Chris, Charles, Michael, Greg, Cole, On Bloods, Ka, Liam, T Grove, B Money, Ryan, Epic Lankiness, Travis Ball, Aaron Moran, Matthew Jimenez, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Brian, Ricky, E, Enzo, Sean, Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Court Cousins, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George, Hakari, Mateen, Dave Two Freedom, and Jay Aqua. Good Jay Aqua, man. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. It's great to be back in the studio for the football episode. Emoji. And I did go to the Rams game. I was Ramily. They gave us this towel, everybody that went to the game. It was an awesome time. It was really fun. The game was a blowout, as we all know. But the TV doesn't do the stadium and the crowd justice really? for how loud it was. I mean, I was turned up. Yeah? yeah. I was turned up. Every yeah. video you posted, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah I, good ass seats I was like, I was turned the fuck up. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> bro, that stadium is crazy. That it's ring around the Jumbo Bowl this year, right? Yeah, it's the yeah, Super Bowl. But tough. apparently, it might be in Dallas because of COVID. Oh, I mean. Oh, wow, for real? Yeah. Yeah. SoFi is a beautiful stadium. They have, they have five, five basically like levels. Yeah. So it's very high. Um, I told myself that if I was gonna go to the game, that I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get good seats because, and it didn't, it and didn't cost that much. Yeah, it was, it was three fifty, and that's like a lot. But for those seats, for I don't think it was game, that. That's yeah, not crazy. Not at all. I got them before they they clinched. A home playoff game, so they were pretty cheap at the time. They they like skyrocketed after the Cardinals' loss and stuff like that. But yeah, just sitting at the fifth level, I can't imagine it, bro. Like I do no. it, at, I do it at the Jets game with mm. MetLife because I I had season tickets this year at the three hundred level, like like all twenty two view, and knowing that SoFi has two more levels above that. Yeah. I was like, nah, bro. Like, I, I sit far enough here. Yeah. Like, I just, nah, I just couldn't do it. But yeah, it was a fun time. I bought a fake chain with the Rams thing bro, from that somebody. Was so yeah, lit. That was, that was so lit. Yeah, yeah, I actually made a mistake, bro, because it's falling apart because it's some, something cheap. Because I bought yeah. it off of somebody selling it outside the stadium, mm -hmm. but they sold it in the stadium. So I, I messed up in that regard. It's probably more expensive the in the stadium, though. Yeah, maybe it cost forty dollars though. Either so, way, uh, yeah, yeah, it cost. So I, I probably should have bought it in there, bro. I was wearing it as I was walking down to my seat. My chain comes off. Oh. I have to fix it. I'm like, ah, oh, these bastards got me, bro. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, they skimped me, bro. But before we start the show, I never shouted out Chris Mason, but he added the podcast and said, "At at Pickside Pod, love the show. Became a new Patreon supporter." Instead of a shout out, can I get Joel to apologize for saying the Vikings were going to beat my Rams? So this was a long time ago. This was. And, you know, I did become oh my, a Rams fan for the night. Goes, for the night. I appreciate okay, that. Fine. I appreciate that. We'll allow it. Yes, I will allow it. Look, just, just a disclaimer it. for the show today. 
I'm not a Rams fan no more. <laughs> it was just for one night. I'm not yeah. a Rams fan no more. I know you're going to pick them against the Bucks. Do you really think I'm going to do it? Absolutely. You got to ride, man. And we'll talk don't about it Don't be on the wrong side of history. Do don't ride. be on the wrong side of history. And another thing I'm going to say, it's going to be crazy when the Rams are playing a home game come Super Bowl time. That's mm. all I'm going to say. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. And also, Corey Lee, who's a, a Patreon supporter on TikTok, commented on one of my videos give me a shout out on your show this week i'm a patreon love the week love the work and content you're doing on the podcast so shout out to Corey lee for the positive and supportive for supportive con- comment but yeah i'm happy to finally be back in the studio no doubt. Great. no doubt i am still coughing a little bit i mean before when i was doing the in- intro i threw up in my mouth <laughs> so because of that i had you Bro's know on his super spreader yeah. world tour oh, yeah, we're done. you got we're it done. Yeah. Gotta. i mean you work from home you'll be fine Nur- drew goes to a nursing home <laughs> if they ever see this First i'm sorry guys screwed. i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry most of them are women though they are they're like one percent yeah i was gonna say there's like five or six classmates of mine that are guys yeah the rest of them are all women they're cool nice for a majority yeah so and those those who, those who listen are cool and the hospital oh my, it's all women 99 percent yeah Male nurse, it's hard to come. That's by. why we get chicken when we get to the Thanks. to the end result. I actually want to give a shout out. I almost forgot uh, when I was at the Dolphins game. Uh, underscore Mike, just do it, dude. Was really cool. He's actually a Patriot fan, not a Dolphins fan, but he was really cool. Bro, bought me a beer. Really solid dude. We chopped it up before the game started. Met his wife. Really cool guy. Just want to give you a shout out. I know we weren't in person last time, so I figured we wait till we're back in the studio to give you your your due diligence. So I really appreciate the hospitality you showed me over there. Hopefully we get to link up again next time we go to a game. Any of you guys want to link up when we go to games? That's really that's why we do this to interact with you guys. So shout out to you, Mike. Really nice meeting you and your and your wife. Yes, sir. Our goal one day, hopefully we can accomplish this, is to do like live shows and oh, yes. we can have so venues tough. and you you guys can pull up. But also just planning out trips as a podcast. Like you know, I know I told you guys about the Senior Bowl, but. You know, Melvin has a his first UFC fight, which is a friend of dude. It uh, actually got canceled. And Joel's. It got yeah. canceled. It got canceled today. Oh, guy, guy got scared. He pulled he out. Oh, he it's in Alabama, right? The nah, he didn't. He didn't get scared. Yeah. He got something. I think he might have gotten sick or something. But we're gonna say he got scared. Yeah, facts. Yeah, but hopefully, if we get to travel to places, we can see where you guys are at and interact with you guys when we go to yeah. different places. Big facts. But right now, school just started, so I don't know when the next time that's gonna be. That's a fact. Yeah, school started uh, for us. We'll still be dropping heads, two episodes a week. No Young doubt. Heads. Get heads. out of here. Get out of here. When I was in college. Come man. on now. I got my bachelor's already. Aspects. Yeah. Double bachelor. Come on. In this episode, we're going to recap the wild card weekend. And then we're going to preview all the games in a divisional round that are happening this weekend. Later on in the show, I think the biggest storyline here of this weekend was the Cowboys collapsing versus the Niners. I mean, they looked flat going in. They lost 23 to 17. The score doesn't look too bad, but you watch the game. It didn't look like the Cowboys ever had control. Now, what do you make of the Cowboys losing like this to the Niners? The undisciplined nature of their play, the penalties they had. Do you think Mike McCarthy should get fired? I know that's been a growing narrative. What are your thoughts on this game? I'll start with you, Joe. This game really just felt like how the Cowboys franchise has been the last 10 or 15 years. You know, they've always been good. More than a competent organization, you know, they've never been a laughing stock, never been the Cleveland Browns or Detroit Lions, but they've also never been good enough to win a big game or even win one game in the playoffs as is. 
So when you look at this game, I mean, it's easy to look at the last play by Dak and, and say, oh, that's the reason why they lost the game. That's not the reason. They had a million penalties. The The 49ers should have won the game earlier if Jimmy G just waited a split second more. Trent Williams gets set. Game's over. We don't even see that. Um, but really, this game just, like I said, it just seems like that's what the Cowboys have been. And especially this game. And it ties down to the head coach because Mike McCarthy Probably wasn't the most popular hire a couple years ago by Jerry Jones. I wasn't a big fan of it. He came in. Kellen Moore ha- has been great, and he's getting some head coaching interviews in the last few days or so. Um, you know, But then the first DC he brought in, worst defense we've seen in God knows how long. This year, he did fix that. Dan Quinn has been spectacular. But I went back, and I was like, I wonder why Jerry Jones hired Mike McCarthy. So I, I found this quote. I think it was on NFL.com, and Jerry Jones listed a handful of reasons why he was set on McCarthy as soon as it became clear that the Cowboys had an opening to fill. He wanted someone who had a strong command of how to direct a team and compete at the highest level. Not sure if McCarthy's been able to do that. Experience <laughs> working with, uh, experience working and developing a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, you have Aaron Rodgers. Dak is good. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Depth of knowledge on the workings of the league. He told Jerry Jones in the interview that, oh, I watched every single snap from the Cowboys game. And then in the in the press conference when he did get hired, he said, yeah, that was a lie. But sometimes you have to say stuff, you know, to get the job. So not a great start there. Um, extensive contacts and, and quality coaches and NFL figures. I guess Dan Quinn's been solid. A natural instinct of the game. I don't know how true that is. And familiarity working for the storied franchise with worldwide popularity, popularity and high expectations. So if you want to say that, sure. But you go through this list. Is McCarthy really any of these things? Probably not. I don't know if it ultimately falls on him. The Cowboys overall as a team wasn't weren't really good. And McCarthy in general, even if you look back at his days in the Packers, when you have the best quarterback damn near every season, if not top two or three outside of a couple of years, you know, Rodgers goes down. They were great in 2011, going 15-1, but then lost the divisional game to the Giants that year where they were big favorites. After that, went 11 wins, 8, 12, 10, 10, 7, which is good, but you have the best quarterback every year. And you have the best quarterback easily in your division every single year. Detroit was bad almost every year there. Minnesota had, you know, here's here and there. And Chicago's been a mess for God knows how long. And then you see what he did in Dallas. Mike Nolan wasn't really a good hire. And then the questionable clock management that comes up game after game. It seems like year after year. This is something that has been following him since his time in Green Bay. And it's not only just, you know, the the play call. I don't know who you want to blame it on. If you want to blame it on Kellen Moore, at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy's the head coach. He's the one who's going to get the fault or the praise if they win or lose that game. So I'm ultimately putting on McCarthy. Me and Drew talked about it the other day. Mm-hmm. Maybe Dak should have audibled out of that. Could not agree and more. And just said, hey, because, uh, you know, even if you do somehow do it perfectly, right? You have 14 seconds. You have to do it absolutely perfectly. Maybe you have two seconds. So you have one shot at the end zone. What's the difference between a shot, one shot at the end zone at the 25 <clears throat> or two shots at the end zone at the 40? Is there really a big difference in win percentage? Because you're still going to have to throw some sort of a jump ball. The Niners know you have to get into the end zone. So what's really the point there? It ended up costing them the game. And it just seems like year in and year out, the Cowboys are good enough, but just not able to get over the hump. This was tough for me. I love the boys. (laughs) I I really do. I've supported them for years now since Tony Roman was there. But Ezekiel Elliott is probably my favorite running back in the league. It was tough to watch, truthfully. That first half was really brutal by the Cowboys. Offensive line, they had no discipline. Lyle Collins was jumping fall, jumping nonstop, false starting. Basically, it seemed as if every quarter there was a, a penalty on this offensive line. It's tough because the offensive line is supposed to be the cornerstone of this Dallas Cowboys team as of right now. Obviously, you look at their 
their defense and they turned the ball over a bunch and they have a, a bunch of big names, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence, Van Der Esch, who he had a decent game this past this past weekend. But that's not what the Cowboys are built off of, at least this season. They were the number one offense in total yards, number one offense and points scored. The offensive line is a big part of the success that the Cowboys had, and they were the re- one of the main reasons why the Cowboys lost this past weekend. You look at San Fran and how many sacks that Jimmy G had on him. Zero. You look at Dak Prescott. He was sacked five times. He pressured a ton. Nick Bosa was a force to be reckoned with this weekend. He was amazing. The pressure they were getting on Dallas was crazy. Ezekiel Elliott was basically a non-factor. 12, 12, uh, 12 carry, excuse me, 31 yards. He had some some explosive plays where it was a lot of him making things happen. The O-line really did not help these guys. There were many plays where you look at the, the play to, to C.D. Lamb over the middle of the field on a third down in their territory. A huge play by Dak and C.D. to get them around 20 to 25 yards. Called back on a holding call. It, it, it's, it's just the little things that they did throughout the entirety of, of the game, truthfully. Dak would make a play, and, and you look at the stats, and it's just glaring. Oh, Dak had a terrible game. Had a QBR, uh, a QBR, yeah, QBR under 30. I'm not looking at Dak and, and looking at the—that's the main reason why the Cowboys lost. Was he a reason that they lost? Sure. Because I look at that last play, and I do put a little bit of blame on Dak Prescott. You're pay, getting paid almost $40 million a year. You have the right— to audible out of that call and to 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 draw up some other play. I know Dak Prescott knows the playbook, and I know that he he obviously is good at audibling. Why not call it there in a situation you have 14 seconds left? You have no timeouts. I don't know who in the Cowboys organization genuinely believed that running a QB draw in that scenario was the right idea there. Because even if all goes right, like you mentioned, you have one second left for a hail mary type play. It's 25 yards. It's not really a hail mary, but that's it. That's the game right there. Or you draw two to three more plays at three at most, going to that to the to the sideline, making something happen, at least getting to around that 20 to 15 yard line. They got to the 25, I believe, with that QB draw. You wasted so much time with that one play when you could have earned yourself two or three more plays. And that's the game right there. Unfortunately, Dallas wasn't able to get it done. You look at both sides of the ball. The Niners were trying to give this game to Dallas. I, I'm looking at these this Niners team. That first half, that that first half Niners, that second half Niners, two completely different teams. Defensively, they did their thing without a doubt. But offensively, Jimmy G was borderline perfect in the first half. Where you look at the second half, Jimmy G was genuinely trying to give Dallas the game. The terrible overthrow to Ayuk, where Ayuk was all in space by himself. And you look at the throw where he threw the interception, completely missed his receiver by three yards, just a little bit high. Jimmy G, oh, and, and I, as you mentioned, that QB draw, that if he just would have waited a couple more seconds or a half second longer, that's the game right there. Instead, you give the ball over to Dallas to give them the number one offense this year, a chance to score. Dallas had a bunch of opportunities that they could have seized, seized even with all the mistakes that they had made to get up to that point. And that's why I don't have that much confidence going into to this weekend with the Niners right now. Dallas is a great team for sure, and the Niners beating them is impressive. But I still come away from this game thinking the Niners should have lost if Dallas was just a little bit more cleaner. Because they've been clean all season. That offensive line has been a top three offensive line all year. And for them to completely shit the bed, for lack of better words, in one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game for the Cowboys of the year, it's unfortunate. 
I was pretty high on the Cowboys about midseason. I kind of stopped watching them as the season went on because their schedule got insanely easy. I mean, if you look at their schedule in the past month, I mentioned it on last podcast, on the last podcast. The reason I picked the Niners to win is because the Cowboys outside of the Cardinals haven't been challenged in like a month and a half. And they lost to Arizona without D Hop. And we saw how it how embarrassing of a performance Arizona had against the Rams. That's why I wasn't very high on Dallas. The Cowboys are that team that we all look at every single year and we fall in love with the talent on the roster. But the truth is, it's not what it's cracked up to be. CeeDee Lamb was disappointing. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, as much as everybody likes to crown him as the next elite wide receiver in the NFL, I mean, he didn't have a good game. How is he? He had one catch, you? but he, he had, had one catch. But he had some plays that were called back. Just like, seemed like every chunk play they exactly. had got called back. I mean, you're right, but I I was disappointed with Cedillian's performance. Not only just receiving because he didn't even do much there. I know that some plays got called back, but just his run blocking, his effort in there. I saw some plays where he was lined up as a tight end, and he didn't block anybody. And a, and, a, and a defender ran free to tackle Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, just his effort in, in run blocking was abysmal. Amari Cooper, where, where was he? Dalton Schultz was their only... Cooper had a touchdown. Real, but yeah, but I just saw a lot of drops. I saw some drops from Cooper. I, I just don't feel like you I want can a bit truly more from Cooper. Rely, from, rely on Cooper. And this secondary is not anything otherworldly that he couldn't have gotten his. I'll just say this. Just to start off, before I go on my monologue, Mike McCarthy shouldn't be fired. And, and I know that he has his clock management issues. I know it's plagued him this year. I know it's plagued him in the past. But the bottom line is that the Dallas Cowboys have gotten better from last year to this year. That's the bottom line. Next year, if he fumbles, okay, you fired him. Even if it's between, like, if I know the argument right now is Dan Quinn or Mike McCarthy, who should they have as head coach if they can pick one? I'm not too high on Dan Quinn either. Like, I know Dan Quinn has had a resurrection to his reputation this season, but the Cowboys are a turnover-reliant defense. And the Cowboys were flat. It's as simple as that. They got outplayed. They got outclassed. Kyle Shanahan flat-out outcoached Dan Quinn in that defense and— and D'Amico Ryan's flat out outcoached the offense of the Cowboys. Kellen Moore gets this praise and his reputation for being this offensive genius and guru, but his play calling is very stale. It, it's not. It's not great. It's not awesome. He has great weapons, so they have great production. But he's not a great play caller. I don't think so. He's a good one. He's not a great one. He's not a McVay. He's not that. And that's what he's been basically propped up to be Dak Prescott to me had a bad game and it's funny because I was talking to Serge about this in the discord about how I didn't think he played that bad that's because I just saw like the first four drives at that point and I thought outside the first drive from Dak was abysmal it was bad but the next three drives he was getting into a rhythm but Dak didn't have a chance the offensive line was collapsing there was no running game to speak of Dak just missed so many throws that he usually makes. And that was throughout the entire game. I thought he played worse in the second half because I thought in the first half, he had a lot of chunk plays called back. 
In the second half, he was just missing guys. Whether it was Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz, yep. CeeDee Lamb, he was just missing so many guys. The offensive line didn't play well. Dak was missing a lot of throws he usually makes. Connor Williams. He shacked at a fool. He was abysmal. Connor Williams was absolutely awful. I mean, I thought he got beat on almost every single rep, in my opinion. And the run game just couldn't get going. They had 21 carries for 77 yards. Pollard and Zeke combined for 45 yards on 16 carries. The run defense, at the 49ers run defense absolutely outclassed the Cowboys' offensive line and protection. It was so embarrassing to to the point that Kellen Moore on three different instances brought seven offensive linemen in the game. The five protecting up front and two right in front of Zeke that were lined up as like pseudo fullbacks. And on those plays, they ran it three times. The first two times they were runs. Pollard got like six yards on it with seven offensive linemen. The second time, Zeke got nothing. Then the third time, this is how I kind of, this is this is actually why I think Kellen Moore's overrated as a play caller. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a shot play. It was a play action, a shot play. And he had both offensive linemen run routes. I saw that picture on Twitter. I thought it was fake. Yeah. I thought it was both, photoshopped. Both were open. But, but you know, I mean, yeah, come, bro, you know but that but they're they're not options. Yeah, I mean it's a no. shot play. Yep. And knowing that the 49ers, they don't give up big time plays, to call a play like that was absolutely ridiculous. And I guess Kellen Moore thought that, oh, they'll think we'll run it this time because our seven offense, we, we brought in this personnel and we ran it before, but they didn't care about D'Amico Ryan's didn't care about that because they already proved they can stop your run, even oh, yeah. with seven offensive linemen. It didn't really matter. I do think big plays got called back. CeeDee Lamb had a big play that got called back. Um, I th- I still think Cooper and Lamb were disappointing, though. Micah Parsons had zero quarterback hits in his game. When he lined up against Trent Williams, Williams absolutely mauled him. I mean, w- Williams mauled everybody, yeah, especially no in the run game. No doubt. He, a- everybody, when the 49ers ran the ball, Williams had everybody... Laid, laid on the racks, basically. For sure, easily. And Trayvon Diggs got burnt multiple times. It wasn't just on that, and, and it wasn't just on that play to Ayuk, that I that kind of wheel, yeah, that wheel concept. Violated him. Trayvon got burnt a couple times, and that's because Kyle Shanahan designed plays specifically catered to knowing Trayvon Diggs is going to try to undercut this route. The next step for Trayvon Diggs is to be more of a lockdown corner instead of trying to jump everything and be aggressive. We know he has the ball skills, but now he has to work on truly solidifying himself as a lockdown corner and not allowing so many yards because he allowed so much this past season. But it just didn't show up in the in the score because they forced the turnovers. Dan Quinn, I think he did an okay job this year. Mike McCarthy, should he be fired? If the same trend with the penalties continues, of course. They had 141 penalties this year for 1,192 yards, the most in the NFL. They had a bunch of penalties versus the 49ers. If it continues, you absolutely have to fire Mike McCarthy. And the QB run, the QB run, the last play of the game, I really didn't think it was that bad of a call. I just thought it was bad execution because... How else are you supposed to execute that? 
this is how. Got to get down a little bit sooner. Knowing, knowing how much time is on a clock, 14 seconds left. If there's 14 seconds left on a clock, Dak Prescott has to understand, okay, I can't run for 15, 16 yards here. I can maybe get 10, and then we can get time for one more play. It was a good play to get some yardage because the defense was so backed up. I mean, there wasn't anybody even within the first down of it, but Dak got down too late. And just watching how the Cowboys operated that play, you can point fingers at McCarthy because they don't. Pra- you can tell they didn't practice that situation in practice. For one, you have Tyler Biadish. He's over there spotting the ball like two yards ahead of where they actually got stopped. The ref had to place the ball, mm-hmm. and it's just it was just a total mess. You can tell they didn't practice this, that situation in practice. And I th- I think after the game, the Cowboys talked about it and how like in practice they don't base they don't simulate that play like if it's a real game. They kind of just have the center place the ball. Yeah. Which the it, ref has to touch the ball. Which, ha- yeah. Dak has to find the ref. He which has is to just bad habits to build if you're a football team. And, and it showed. They have a lot of key free agents this year. Randy Gregory, Gallup, J. Ron Kurse, Van Der Esch, Connor Williams, uh, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz. So they have some decisions to make. But ultimately, I, I just didn't think Dallas was as good of a football team as the 49ers. I thought the 49ers, at least in the past month, have been battle tested. Kyle Shanahan, it wasn't surprising for me how he picked apart Dan Quinn's defense and just Debo Samuel. I mean, I know I was right about him before the season. Oh, yeah. But what he's done has even surprised me to the point that I knew that he had this ability, but the fact that he's finishing this year as a top four receiver, no less than a top four receiver. You think so? I think everybody consensusly will have him as a top five receiver this year. There's no doubt. After this season, when we rank our receivers, he's top five. Probably. I mean, I was saying, uh, in the offseason, I said he's better than DK, and that was a hot take. Yeah. DK, he's not even top 10 right now. No. no. So Debo has surpassed everybody's expectations of him. I love Debo. The 49ers look scary. They are a great team. The Packers have their hands full. But the Cowboys, this was a disaster. I thought... There really wasn't something that jumped out to me that the Cowboys did that was good. I mean, Dak didn't play well. The receivers didn't play well. The offensive line didn't play well. The running backs couldn't get going because the blocking wasn't good. And the defensive line got pushed around by the 49ers offensive line. You look at their secondary, Trayvon Diggs got burnt. Anthony Brown was okay. I mean, there really wasn't anything that stood out to me that the Cowboys did on any side of the ball that was like, okay, this was good. And I know the blame is on Mike McCarthy, whatever, whatever. We got to stop trying to pick and choose who we blame. Kellen Moore's a play caller. Why are we blaming Mike McCarthy for the call? Kellen Moore's the guy calling the plays. Whenever, whenever things go right, Kellen Moore is a genius. Oh, my gosh. Kellen Moore should be a head coach. The Cowboys are going to lose him. Whenever something goes bad, oh, Mike McCarthy. See, this is why he's out of Green Bay. This is why Aaron Rodgers couldn't win. Oh, it's, stop picking and choosing. Kellen Moore is good. He's not great. He's not elite. He's not a guru. Mike McCarthy is good. It may be too late to work on his time and clock management issues because that's just been a reoccurring issue. I don't expect him. I don't expect the dog to learn new tricks. He's an old dog at that. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, in dog years, like eight, 18 years old or something. I don't expect him to learn any new tricks, but I just thought this was a flat out dominating performance for the Niners. The score 
is closer than what the game actually was. And the Cowboys were just flat. So why do you think that wasn't a bad play call? Because to me, it doesn't seem like a big difference if you have one shot at the end zone at the 25 or two shots at the 40. I'd rather get my two chances because the Niners are probably still going to play back regardless. Oh, and they gave them like three free plays of 10 plus yeah, yards. They're, that they're, the Niners are saying you can take everything over the middle, you know, and that's why obviously Dak had all that room because you know that you're going to take time off the clock and maybe you have one play if you execute it perfectly. Because I think Dak gets 10 yards there. They have time for one more play. They have know, time to spike a, it. It's still a end zone shot, no, like, just like it is it, at the forty. I, I think it, it's still an end zone shot, but from the thirty yard line, from the forty yard line, there's a difference. And especially when you okay. take when you when you take into account that the defensive line has been getting after that all day, and your receivers might not get to the end zone from the forty yard line in time for Dak to throw the ball to them, just because the, the defensive line was getting after him that much. Yeah, I, I think it, it makes some sense. You know, what what I called the play, I wouldn't have called the play. But I, I can understand the logic behind it. It was just poorly executed. If they execute that correctly, we're all calling them geniuses, you know, So, but they didn't, and that's why we're calling them Yeah, because even idiots. still, if you execute it perfectly, then you still have to get, it's not a Hail Mary, but... It's one shot at the end zone. The Niners know you have to score. You still have to somehow figure out how you're going to get that. And who knows? Maybe they do send pressure because that QB scramble, I think they only sent three you know, three uh, defensive linemen. It's not like they blitzed him or anything. I was going to say that was the one play on defense that the Niners were actually protecting the outside routes. So in that sense, yes, I can understand. Because I was really trying to analyze it and see if Dak could have tried to run out of bounds. But no. he had two guys to his left. He had one guy in front of him. It was really tough for him to try and break to the sideline. But I, if you're going to run that play, I agree with what you're saying. You have to get down sooner. Give yourself another chance to at least run one more. Ultimately, though, I can't see how it was still the right idea. Even in hindsight, there's no way that you have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, who was your best option in the game this past weekend, and you don't even give one of them a chance. Again, Dak Prescott is getting a ton of money. We can look at Kellen Moore. We can look at Mike McCarthy. But end of the day, Dak has to have the the brains and the the understanding of the scenario of what's going on around him and adjust on the fly. And it's going to be hard to move off McCarthy because they're going to be in a bad division. Like, who are you going to pick next year to win this division? It's probably going to be the Cowboys, unless the Giants go and get Russell. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it can happen. And you said that is or is it? It, it can happen. No, but Deshaun, if Flores goes there also. Even still, but... He's going to be in a bad division. He's going to win game after game. And you don't want to be that spot in the NFL where you're just good enough to get into the playoffs and never make a run. So this is like, sure, the Cowboys can win a game, but I don't see this team or McCarthy's ceiling being the Super Bowl. And I don't know if there's a head coach you could bring in that really changes that, but I think you have to try something. One thing I'll say, and I'm sorry if I, you were going to say something. This was arguably the worst game Dallas had played all year in terms of discipline. And the most and important t- game, though. Agreed. And they still almost came out of this game with a W. In my opinion, I don't think you should panic. I don't think you should hit the panic button. I don't think McCarthy should go. Kellen Moore and, and Dan Quinn, they're, they're probably not going to be here next year, and that's going to hurt them. Maybe Kellen Moore stays one more season, but it seems as if he's going to get a head coaching opportunity. You think he is? I don't think he's going to be a head coach. I think it's possible. Not this I, year. At least and not this listen, year. And if I'm the Cowboys, I hope not. Yeah. I hope that I keep the, the three that I have. I hope that I keep them together because as bad as they played, 
They still almost came out of this game with a W. You have the personnel. You may not be a huge fan of it, but me personally, I think that Cooper significantly underperformed this year. I think that was due to some injury issue that he had lingering throughout the entire of the year. I think he'll be back. CeeDee Lamb, regardless, he had a bunch of plays that were called back because this offensive line was atrocious. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to take a huge dump next year as well. Dalton Schultz, I think it's in their best interest to bring him back, given the fact that Dak and him had such a great chemistry this year. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, that's one of the best duo running backs in the league. Offensive line's one of the best offensive lines in the league, and they had their worst game of the season and when it mattered most. I don't see that happening again. Defensively, you can always tweak things. Trayvon Diggs is going to get better. Micah Parsons is going to get better. Whether you're going to bring back Van Der Esch or not, I think you should even though his injury history has not been the safest, I think you need that middle linebacking option. I think he definitely provides that. He was great this weekend, at least in my opinion. I just don't think, given the talent on this team, you should hit the panic button and by any means. It's also the first full year of Dak, and you know they exactly. he was out the whole year last year, so maybe I'm a bit premature there. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I don't think they should press the panic button right now. I, I actually, the only guys I think they should bring back, honestly, are... J. Ron Curse, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz. Leighton Van Der Esch can go. Randy Gregory, I, I think, because Micah has shown he can be a pass rusher, an elite one at that, it, it really isn't that big of a deal if he goes. You do lose that versatility with Micah playing a linebacker role and in coverage. Was Randy Gregory the one holding on a run play? I don't know if it's 97. Tell me out. Who's number 97? It's probably Randy Gregory, or it was... Uh, Osa, I couldn't tell you how to pronounce his last name. Oh yeah, Osa. I mean, he got dominated. He's a rookie defensive tackle, though. Man, that holding. But was he was crazy. good. He, he's he's been good all season, though. But that was this, a bad this year, mistake. This this game, he wasn't that good. Um, it's funny because before the season, before the Dallas Cowboys paid Dak Prescott, I actually said that if I was Dallas, I wouldn't pay Dak. I would let him walk and I would draft Mac Jones at ten. And you still feel that way. Couldn't disagree more. I don't, I don't oh, say yeah. I still feel that way, but I also don't think it's the worst idea in the world. It's Dak and Micah, not just Mac. You know, you could get now you get Micah well, Parsons well, well, too. To, to, to be fair, I thought Micah was going to Denver, and you guys did have you guys do have Pat Sertan, but I mean, come on, Micah should have been the pick. I don't wish I had Micah. I would like Micah. Of course, doesn't. I have Pat Sertan. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm not. <laughs> Micah, right? Micah's Pat Sertan he was going to be a top three conversation one day potentially. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying though. I understand what you mean. I, I, I'm I don't think that that should have went down like that, but I'm not opposed to the idea. A rookie quarterback rather, on a rookie contract and your boy looked like Micah. But say your boy looked like dude. Okay, this but past you ha- you have to. Mac Jones wasn't bad. He looked like dude. And we'll, we'll talk about Mac Jones. Because, <laughs> you just be hating on Mac Jones. Okay, <laughs> um, we'll talk about Mac Jones. It's because you can't you can't. Just, I know it's Dak and Micah, but with Mac. You get to sign top tier free agents because you have a lot of cap space. You're not paying forty million to a quarterback. But who would you have signed? Maybe Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, you could have signed some corners. Maybe Pat issue, this game was, it was penalties. Yeah, it was literally like, their offensive line, which is literally it's their penalties, only non-hole. But the, the Dallas, they have holes on their roster. They're flawed. They're a flawed team. They still don't have very good corner. Like Trayvon Diggs gets turnovers, but he allowed so he allowed yeah, so many yardage. Fine. He can't be your number one corner if he's allowing that many yards. And next year, it's a make or break year for him because this offseason, coaches are going to start to 
game plan around his weaknesses. He put everybody on notice this year. So next year, he has to come and prove himself as a lockdown corner or else a lot of coaches are going to scheme up for him undercutting routes and they're going to pick him apart. And he he could very well go because if he doesn't have 11 interceptions this season, if let's say he had three this year, if he had three this year, Oh. He's one of the worst. He's yeah. one. He's a, he's the bottom half corner in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. But because he had those many, like, do we expect him to have those many nah, picks? No. no. So he has to really work on his game this offseason to become more of a lockdown corner. It's easier said than done. I understand that. Do I do I think they made the right decision uh, bringing uh, keeping Dak? Yeah, but I you, think you the Mac. I think the you Mac Jones Dak. idea was good. And to talk about uh, Dak Prescott's tweets a little bit. And his comments on the ref. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, I just don't think that's who Dak is. No, I was angry. He was angry. He never like that's so unlike him to go up there and say anything bad at the mic. Like he's, I he feel like his whole fuming. career. I don't. Of course, yeah. He's, you know, your gentleman still pumping. He's thinking he should have another chance at the game. So I, I'll be honest though. I just think the Cowboys do have a loser mentality. Ugh, I then can't agree mean? with that. It, they have a loser mentality because if all your all year long it's been them blaming the refs whenever they lost. They have blamed the refs versus Arizona. They blame the refs. I understand Chase Edmonds fumbled that ball. That was a bad call. It should have been a fumble. But there were a lot of reasons why they lost that game. Versus the Niners, they got dominated the entire game. Not you didn't the lose the game. you didn't lose the game because the ref failed to spot the ball you didn't on play time. A complete game. They didn't. They didn't. And you're playing a good 49ers to say they team. They got dominated. The I understand, whole game but crazy. you want to you want to know what's the difference? When I watched New England, when I watched Bill Belichick. After a game, post game, give his interview. You know what he says? They outplayed us. Yeah, because they, they got they dominated. They, they outplayed they clearly us. Got that, that, that's what they he did. said. Yeah, but it's. I'm not even talking about that specific instance. I'm talking about through his history when yeah. they've lost. He said we didn't play our best. We got out coached. They out things like that. I understand with Mike McCarthy and Dak, your leader. Oh, it's the refs. Oh, good for the fans throwing stuff at the refs yeah, because it was it was bad. I mean, they're all they're doing is blaming other people for their faults yep. when the penalties <laughs> they were egregious. They were like the offsides Every on the drive. offensive line, it was evident it was offensive line. That wasn't something the refs had against Dallas. No. They're just an undisciplined football team. And the fact that they're not taking accountability for being undisciplined to me is a loser mentality. It's fair enough. Ultimately, I just can't look at them and just say because they're complaining makes them losers or has a, a, a loser type mentality. If you're going out there and you're getting embarrassed and you don't care, that's a loser mentality to me. I but look, I, you know they're using them as keep, scapegoats. Look, you ultimately. you keep saying that Dallas almost won. I think they got embarrassed. They did not. They didn't get they, embarrassed. They did not. It wasn't a blowout. Like I said, the they Cardinals got, put, got embarrassed. I know it wasn't a blowout. No, no, I know it wasn't. Cardinals a blowout. got embarrassed. The Patriots got embarrassed. The Steelers got embarrassed. Okay, one hundred percent. I understand what you're Dallas saying. Dallas and the Raiders did not get embarrassed. Dallas got pushed around. They did get pushed around. They did. The Ra- and hold, they hold, still hold. almost won. There, there, they there's they a played difference. their worst hold, 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 game of the season there, there's and a almost won. There's there's a difference. The Raiders and Bengals game versus the Dallas and Niners game. Yes, it was a one possession score when the game ended, but the Raiders throughout the game showed fight, showed grit, showed heart. They deserved to be in that spot they for that to. final. No, but they deserve to be in that spot on that final play. The Cowboys only had that spot because of mistakes the 49ers made. But that's it, fine. So that's I, Cowboys I, made I understand mistakes what too. you're saying. I understand what you're saying. The Cowboys didn't play their way back into the game. 
The Niners let them come back. The 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 Cowboys didn't, so they didn't get dominated. The Cowboys didn't find a key and open it. The Niners opened the door for them to to win to, to exactly, come back in this that's game. That's exactly what I'm saying. But they got part of the game. That's exactly what I'm saying. I think the Cowboys got embarrassed in this game, and it showed. They played their it worst game of 2021-2022, and they lost by six points. The defense was embarrassing. Theirs the, the, penalty, or the Cowboys' defense was embarrassing. Embarrassing the, is crazy. It's the, like Debo Samuel. Who's been able to stop him this year? Who? Debo's different. I know what you're saying. But that that he was... Jimmy G played a great first okay, half. Okay, but Second the defense half, got the mid. defense got the defense got cooked. They brought them back in this game. So they you're telling they made defense, a play on so, Jimmy G, uh, got an interception. So you're telling me that Jimmy G interception was the Cowboys and not Jimmy a G lot throwing of Jim, an egregious you still pick. Have, you still have to capitalize. I mean, come on, it, it's an egregious pick. It was it he was egregious. Three it was yards. Like, it was that's a, also it was a part of Jimmy G's game. Like he every once in a while he'll and throw he was one of those put, balls. he was also pressured into making that throw. Come on, really? I'm being honest. I'm telling you what happened. That's part of the 49ers, though, Dak, is they have to overcome Dak, Jimmy G at times. Dak wasn't good. The running game wasn't good. Correct. The Cowboys got dominated. And they on still the de- almost won. The Cowboys got dominated on the defensive and offensive line. To me, when you combine their performance with all the penalties they had, it was embarrassing. They were embarrassing, and they still almost won. I'm not saying they they still didn't almost win. I'm just they saying they played their worst I game they were of the year, bar none, and lost by six points. To a really I, good team. We just look at it differently. I'll say this though: I've seen embarrassing. I games. thought I've seen forty-five to three. No, <laughs> embarrassing was the Steelers versus the, the Chiefs. I, embarrassing was the the Patriots versus the Bills. Yeah. That's embarrassing. I'll say this: I think the Cowboys' best chance to win the Super Bowl was in 2016 when they went 13 and three in Dak Prescott's rookie season. Let me ask you this question: All that gear. All season long, when Tony Romo was finally able to come back from his injury, it was a growing debate of whether or not the Cowboys should start Romo and bench Prescott. Of course, we know they didn't do it because Dak Prescott was playing lights out. But hindsight is twenty twenty, And going back to that moment, do you think Dak Prescott would have given that team a better chance to win the Super Bowl that year? You're saying Romo? Yeah. You can't ask me that question. No, I cannot be asked. I cannot be It's hard because, I mean, Dak and Romo have the same record in the playoffs. Is Romo coming in and, and making a huge difference? Dak was incredible that season. And Dak played incredible versus the Packers, too. We've seen Tony Romo have a good run, though. That we year did. against Green Bay, yeah, he should have won that game. Yeah. As history has shown for Tony Romo, it's not beneficial for him. It seems as if Tony Romo is this notorious choker. That being said, Tony Romo pulled off some crazy comebacks in his time. That being said, you put him on that Dallas team with Dez, who was, that was like his last year of being in his prime. Ezekiel Elliott, 1,600. The the best offensive line in the NFL. One of the better defenses in the NFL that season. They went 13-3, and and they lost on... Aaron Rodgers putting together a, a, like one of the best two-play drives Rogers, yeah. in the history of football. I think either way you shake it, truthfully, I don't know if it really changes anything. I don't think it does either, but it, it's a fun thing yeah. to think about. I actually wish Tony Romo got that chance. I love Romo as a, as a player. I love yeah. Romo. I love him. I love him. You so see? you've been a Cowboys fan for the longest. I yeah. see. Low key. He has like the Cowboys for a minute. Did you see... Um, it was during the first game that uh, the I guess it was the Cowboys or the uh, Eagles game. Aikman was sick that he wasn't uh, commentating the Cowboys game. Did you see that? He was on TV. They were they were like who um, likes Aikman? Who? I know. First of all, I was like, thank God Romo's on exactly. it. Romo, Romo, and Michaels are the best. 
But yeah, Aikman was like, oh, I really wish, you know, I would love to call that game. Like he said on live TV twice. You could tell how sick he was. But listen, bro, like Romo's the guy right and now. And he makes watching the games exciting. His yeah. genuine yes. reactions are the best. Yeah, Romo's, yeah, Romo's the best. I like Aikman, though. I, I, I Aikman's do just him. such like a boomer. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like he's just like the old head. You know, like he is. He is. But that that tandem is is classic. It is. Joe Buck and and yeah. Aikman. But Joe Buck gets a lot of hate. He gets a ton, and of hate. I don't know why. I I I, I think I, think I like fine. I like yeah. Joe Buck also. Yeah, he's fine. I like Joe Buck also. He's very professional. He's grown on me. That call that he has again. This is not football, but again in baseball when David Freeze hit the home run to to walk off, send it to Game Seven, and we will see you tomorrow night. It's one of the best calls I've ever heard in my life. Joe Buck, his voice does sound like you're kind of watching paint dry. <laughs> it is monotone a little yeah. bit, but he knows the game and he knows how to really work with his with so his partner. I'm gonna name you the group, the bet, the groups of commentators. Let me know who you think is the best one. Chris Collinsworth. Al Michaels, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck versus Romo and Jim Nance. Who you think is the best? I'm, Romo. It's easily Jim Nance and Tony yeah. Romo. Because yeah. Jim Nance understands how knowledgeable Tony is. And Tony is, is they have great chemistry immediately. Tony Romo will give his analysis, but understands when J- it's Jim Nance's time to talk. Yeah. It's so, like, the immediate chemistry they have is special. They need them in Madden. That'd be so tough. Yeah, who so who tough. do they Charles have? Charles Davis. Yes, yeah. they're not bad. They're not bad. No, nah, they're not terrible. I, I, like, not I, I don't know tough. why, but it would I, cost a fortune for them. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people world. talk about Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels and how they don't like them, but I I love their. They're probably broadcast. number two for me yeah, personally. I, I, I love their sure. because Chris yeah. Collinsworth. People don't like Chris Collinsworth. You got a guy here, bro. He's. I love Chris Collinsworth. I love Chris Collinsworth too. In Madden, no, it's Madden. He used to be in Madden, Chris Collinsworth, and you wanted to punch him in the face. To say the same oh five my, lines literally. over and over. Yeah. Nah, yeah, I think Chris Collinsworth, he always makes me learn about the game. That's why I like his He's commentary. very smart. Yeah, he's he's the founder of PFF. Facts. Yeah. That's a fact. So you said that the Cowboys didn't get embarrassed. We disagreed on that. But you do believe the Cardinals did get embarrassed. Unfortunately. Do you think Cliff Kingsbury is to blame for the Cardinals coming out flat? Do you think he's another coach, kind of like McCarthy, who's getting some hot seat talk right now if the Arizona should fire him or not so uh, what do you think Drew I'll start with you I don't think this is on Cliff I think the Rams are a better team than the Cardinals and that's what it comes down to they have more talent on both sides of the football than the Cardinals offensively Kyler Murray was running for his life and sometimes I feel like Kyler Murray does it to himself but this game he legitimately had no chance in that pocket the offensive line was collapsing what it seemed every other play Aaron Donald was enforcing his will Vaughn Miller was enforcing his will Leonard Floyd was getting to the quarterback these guys were making it a living hell for Kyler Murray on Monday night and Jalen Ramsey against a washed AJ Green and a mediocre to slightly above average Christian Kirk. It's not ideal. It, it was not an ideal situation for the Cardinals. Ultimately, I can't look at Cliff and, and, and ask him to do more than... I guess I could ask for more than zero points in the first half. Yes, that, that's pretty fair. That being said, the Rams played a perfect first half. They came out and they punched him in their face. Kyler Murray backed up in his own end zone. They just are. They put too much pressure on Kyler Murray. It was impossible for them to overcome it. I'm looking at this, and I'm just saying the Rams are a better team. Really, what what more can I take away from this other than the Rams played a 10 out of 10 game on both sides of the football, where Matty Ice really didn't, the real Matty Ice, excuse me, he really didn't have to do too much. I'm sorry, bro. It's the honest Matt Ryan's rather than Matt Stafford, bro? 
Right now, no. Oh, okay, oh, I was ready. I was to have ready. A stroke. I was ready. I was okay. ready to have a stroke. But you can't call Matthew Stafford the real Matty Ice. <laughs> Matt Ryan has a better career Even than Matthew Matty, Stafford. The, the, the actual Matty Ice had one of the greatest chokes in the history of football. He's got a, he's got a great point. Sports history. Yeah, not for real. Oh so, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Edelman making an acrobatic catch that should have been an interception is totally well, you just hand the ball line. off to Don should have been Devontae interception yeah, right. the Giants should never Super Bowl either and what do you I mean I understand what you're saying but let's not act like oh it's my, Matt Ryan who gave up the game he is he was MVP that year he's the quarterback of a team that was up 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl and lost what more do you want me to say I don't care it wasn't on Matt Ryan <laughs> he scored one touchdown the game's right over he only had to get his team in field goal range one yeah. time once he got sacked, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yes, Dante, uh, um, Dante Hightower, Dante Hightower. Whatever. I understand you love Matthew Stafford, <laughs> he's the real Matty Ice. You can't light a match to Matt Ryan, he's not huh? the real Matty Ice. Huh? Not light a Stop being disrespectful. Stop, Ryan Love is crazy. He's a really good quarterback, but you're making it he's seem a like... great quarterback, a Hall of Gr- Famer. Oh, oh. Bro. Matt Ryan is a, a Hall of Famer. He is, yes, sure. What is this fascination with everybody disrespecting but if Matt, Matt Stafford, Ryan? If Stafford goes to the Super Bowl, is he not a Hall of Famer too? Is he gonna go? <laughs> I'm saying if, he, if he's just a Super Bowl appearance away, not even a win, just an appearance he away. Matt Ryan has an MVP. Does Stafford have an MVP? He doesn't. Okay. He never had a good team. He had like one or two. Oh, and they were still okay. They and weren't even good. I, w- I would honestly say the Falcons have had the same amount of good teams as the Lions in the last ten years. It's a fact. No way. The same year you're saying. The Falcons in this the ta- the past uh, ten years in twenty ten. So hard. I the Lions were the Lions have been terrible. Bro, there was the a last firm amount of years. Three the Falcons good were years gone. with Jim Caldwell, bro. Two actually two. I lied. Two. The Falcons choked it up to no. They beat the Seahawks that year. That um, I think it was Russell's rookie season. That year that I think Sherman was a rookie also. That they almost lost to the Falcons. But all right, I understand. Look. This Matt Ryan disrespect is ridiculous. It's not a disrespect. Not, yeah, I'm you just, just complimenting him, Matthew I don't Stafford. I, don't, I just respect him. You can respect you him. You don't respect I him. I do respect him. He's a really good quarterback. You, you we, I literally showed you his help this year. And he had got to the Derek Carr debate, yes. Come on. But neither did... Bro, okay. All right, anyways. So you're telling me you put Matt Ryan on this Rams team. They're not doing the... He's not doing the exact same thing as Stafford? He's not. I think Stafford's yes, better is. than Matt Ryan right now. Stafford's definitely better than Matt Ryan right now. Matt Ryan would have threw for 40 touchdowns in his offense, no, he, bro. No, he wouldn't. That's a fact. Bro, it's he a fact. Looked, his arm well, looked dead at times this year. threw 40 touchdowns this year. He I know. He threw 41. 41. Yeah. And he was top three in yards this year. Okay. Yeah. It's, the offense bro, there was is great. time Matt, Matt Ryan looked bad this year. I understand the help. I'm just saying him specifically, regardless oh, of his help, where his arm just kind of looked dead. All right. Well, let's get back to the Cardinals. I mean, there's really not much else to say. The Cardinals just did not look good on all fronts. Rams, for the last time I'm going to say this, ultimately are better. Yeah. And that's what it came down to. Um, I think we have to take a step back here because it's easy to overreact to this one game, nationally televised. It's a playoff game. Everyone's watching it. But if you just take a step back, and I said this a few weeks ago, life's about expectations. When we're going <laughs> into this season, nobody in the world had the Cardinals above the f- a fourth place team in the NFC West. You're right. You have Seattle coming off a 12-4 and season, San Francisco getting healthy, the Rams making a huge trade for Matt Stafford. And when Cliff was brought in, this was after they fired um, Steve Wilkes after one season. They drafted Josh Rosen. Their franchise was in shambles, honestly. They brought in Cliff. To kind of set a foundation and have, you know, um, kind of like a culture setter there. Maybe he wasn't the best in terms of, you know, his past history. He was just a college coach in terms of working with professional players. But so far, it's worked out pretty well. And all you could really ask for year after year is just get marginally better. And I think the Cardinals and Kyler Murray have definitely gotten 
at least marginally better at, at as, a least, team. As, as a, a team. team. His first season, 2018, or excuse me, the, the year before he was there, 3-13, and 13, they got the first overall pick, drafted Kyler Murray. His second, his first season when they had Kyler, the Cardinals won five games, so just two more wins. His second season, they win eight games. Now his third season, they make the playoffs. I understand that the second half of the season, the Cardinals really fell off a cliff, and that's happened year after year true. with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, it's it's hard for me to sit here and say he has any reason to be fired when his main job was to come in, take over a, a somewhat dysfunctional franchise. You know, they were good in the Carson Palmer days, but, you know, you just fire a coach after one year and you get off your first round pick the same year. Everyone's looking at you like you're crazy, even how great Kyler Murray is. But it's hard for me to sit here, see the progress Kyler Murray has made from his rookie year, his second year, his first eight games, he was an MVP front runner before he got injured. And this year, too. So it is a bit hard because Kyler's got banged up in the middle of the season, back-to-back years, and it's definitely put a strain on this team. And with DeAndre Hopkins, too, it's apparent how big, how important he is to this team. But when you just take a step back and look what the Cardinals did, they completely overachieved. Not many people had them go into the playoffs. We thought there'd be three teams in the NFC West making the playoffs and the Cardinals being the odd one out. In reality, Seattle was the odd man now because Russell Wilson gets hurt. Maybe if he stays healthy, who knows? But even still, you start off the season... 8-0, Cliff Kingsbury looked like he could win possibly Coach of the Year, Kyler Murray possibly MVP. So they dealt with some injuries this year, but overall, Cliff Cliff was pretty good. You know, his first playoff appearance wasn't great. Kyler's first playoff appearance was not good, but, you know, now there was Josh Allen's. So I'm not going to say is this the end-all, be-all for Kyler and Cliff. They're going to be fine. I think it'd be foolish to move off either of them. Like McCarthy, Cliff for me gets one more year. That's oh, it. Oh, Jesus. One more year. And he's out, depending on how he does I'm for me. To hear this. It wouldn't be an issue if this was a one-time thing. But Cliff Kingsbury collapsing in the second half of seasons has been a nine-year occurrence. It has been a routine thing to happen to Cliff. He was 35 and 40 as a head coach at Texas Tech. 19 and 30 in the second halves of those seasons which means he was 16 and 10 in the first half in the NFL 15, five and one through the first seven weeks in the NFL in his first three seasons, nine and 19 down the stretch. Yes. You can talk about Kyler's injury and JJ Watt, Deandre Hopkins, but ultimately that's a part of the game. Injuries are a part of the game. He oh. has to get through that. Kyler Murray deserves some blame here. Also not for the performance against the Rams, but just, this is the second year in a row we've seen him collapse down the stretch. And somebody added me on Twitter or the podcast Twitter and said, tell Drew that never talk about Kyler Murray being top five again. He told you that. Can't wait to talk. It was he Am I allowed? Am I allowed to rebuttal? Well, not, not yet. You'll, okay. rebuttal, right. you'll rebuttal, rebuttal it in a few. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the it's dumbest stupid. thing I've ever heard. The Rams completely wiped the floor with Arizona. Completely wiped the floor with them. It was ugly. Arizona was down 21-0 at halftime. I mean, the energy at this... Look, being at a playoff game for the first time, I understood how loud the environment truly is. The TV broadcast doesn't do good, a good enough job at just capturing that. Yeah. Every single third down in my head, I just was like, there's no way this motherfucker's getting this. <laughs> like, I, I, like, the stadium was that loud was that rocking. I was like, yo, like, there's no way. Like... The, the, the stadium is too turned up. I was slamming the chair in front of me. I spilled some lemonade on a woman in front of me. I was like, oh, I apologize. It was so <laughs> loud. 
They were 0 for 9 on third down, which kind of matches what I thought they were. It was an embarrassing performance, but I also don't think that it's it was on Kyler. I thought Kyler just didn't have a chance. Uh, people are saying that it's because he didn't roll out enough. Cliff didn't design those rollouts for him enough, and Kyler, he ultimately can't see over his offensive lineman enough and stuff. I think that's just, I think that's foolish. I think that's a running joke. But you could maybe put two and two together. He is like 5'9", 5'10", so I get it. You do have like 6'4", offensive lineman. He's better than a lot of 6'4", 6'5", He's quarterback. So Yeah, yeah, no Tom. doubt. Kyler Murray's elite. The receivers didn't get open. I mean, AJ, AJ Green, he took that nasty hit early. I'm glad he's okay. I mean, Jalen Ramsey had his way with him. AJ Green couldn't do anything. Jalen Ramsey was a menace on Monday. Christian Kirk really wasn't getting open either. I mean, they were, there was a point that they were lining up Rondale more as their ex. I mean, he's 5'6". He's 5'7", 5'6", 5'7". He's a Darren Sproles. And even Darren Sproles, I think, is way better. Rondale Moore, he's just not somebody you can rely on consistently. They just couldn't get open, and Collar didn't have a chance. Everybody says Collar had a stinker, this and that. But whenever I watch quarterbacks, especially when I watch the All-22, because it gives me the view of the field, I always ask this question. What is he supposed to do? I watched Kyler that game. What was he supposed to do? I mean, there was nothing for him to do. And you can, you know, I didn't, I haven't dived deep into Cliff's concepts or anything like that. So I'm not going to really speak on that. But you can be a great play caller, have a great play. But if your players can't execute the game plan and get open, it's ultimately worthless. It's going to make any coach look bad. The Rams offensively firing on all cylinders. OBJ looking like prime OBJ. Cam Akers, really an amazing story, an amazing comeback. Really had a great game. I know Matthew Stafford got his first playoff win. I didn't think he was challenged or he had to do much, honestly. He didn't have to. He did what he had to do. I thought, I even told this to my cousin because. Perfect. I, I even told my cousin this. I was like, you know what? I think. The Rams dominated Arizona that bad that Stafford could have threw four picks and they still would have won. Oh, God. But the Ram- match he did throw four picks, what he would be saying on the show right now? No, oh no, no, God. for sure. But I, I think he could have threw four picks, maybe even five, and the Rams still would have won. Maybe even seven. That's how much of a beatdown it was over no, Arizona. That's how much it was a beatdown. Come on. They were 0 can for 9 on third down. Yeah, they were terrible. Only you can find a way to, to minimize Stafford's I just, game. I, I think Stafford— Bro, There was this one play on some real just— there was just one play. He is in the pocket, chilling. The safety's kind of backpedaling, but Stafford is yeah. hard staring Cooper Cup. The safety just bites maybe a step or two. No look, keeping his shoulder, just opens his body up, throws it to Van Jefferson. Nah, that was beautiful. No look pass in the yeah, playoffs. Come no, on. Stafford is a great quarterback. Bro, that was like 30 yeah. yards. Yeah, no, nah, he's nice. Stafford is a great quarterback, but I, I really didn't think. Elite. He wasn't elite an, in that no, game. No, he's an elite quarterback. You said he's a great. He's an elite quarterback. Right, yeah, I, I agree with what you. Is he? I'm not. He's an elite quarterback. There we go. I don't disagree nice. with you. There we go. Damn. I've always told you that? that my gripe with Matthew Stafford is I really can't trust him in primetime games. The Rams didn't bring Stafford in to win a game like this. Agreed. A game where they won all around. I agree with that. They brought him in to week. beat the Bucks this weekend. Yes, sir. That's what they brought wait. Matthew Stafford Ramley. in for. I think Jared Come Goff could have beat the, the Cardinals last week. He, he could have beat them yeah. on Monday. Yeah. 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 So Stafford was brought in to win the game where your running game isn't going, where you have to put the team on your back and make 
big boy throws and don't make bad decisions. Come on. So now. the jury's still out. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not leaning one way or the other. You know, I love Stafford, but I just can't really so trust one player. Bro, you're you not got, allowed look, to say you, a thing you, like that, No, no, no. Man. Because you just, this is the thing, this is the problem with you guys. You guys think just because I, I love a player, I can't critique him. I, I critique Stafford and it's warranted. It The critique is warranted. You can't say love. I've never heard you disrespect never. Derek Carr day in your life. I've never heard you. I can you trust dis- him in the fourth quarter. Really? Do an interception, lost in the game right there, right? That's the last play of the game. Hey, yeah, come I mean, on, you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, serious? I'm being very, very... Are you serious? Come on, I'm just saying. Stafford made... Bro, Stafford if Stafford, if Stafford did that, right? He Because ha- Derek Carr looked absolutely crazy on that last drive. If Stafford did that exact same thing and threw that interception on that play, Lord knows this guy would be chirping like... No, was, I wouldn't, bro. No, No, you 100% no, wouldn't. wouldn't. Because Derek Carr looked amazing. He was hitting throw after throw. That third down to, to, from, to Darren Waller was amazing. Every single time he was pushed against the wall, he answered. I mean, but he threw an interception and lost them the game. That's a that was if the that desperation was throw. Staffy, uh, it wasn't desperation. It was the last, the last play. play of the you game. have to get the ball. Bro, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. I it's the last it play. It was, he has to do. He has to no throw one's a open, ball. Someone's filming up. Throw. He I has understand. to just give a guy he, a chance. He had time. It wasn't like he just kind of just he had to step up in a pocket yeah, for he that. He was moving around. Was it really? He was. I feel like that's not how I remember it. Maybe listen. Both you guys are saying like I look. But I'm just you saying, can check my hold, track record. Hold the same this energy. Is, this is the thing because y'all think I just get up on here and I'm I'm just you trying do. to I'm just trying to flip up on Stafford. You do. I've been high on Stafford for the longest, bro. And then when he's you finally can, in the limelight, you can check. Nah. You can check my track record. You can check when he was on the Lions. My tweets. That has I have nothing to do with anything. Huh, no, it does. It you does. fell you, off you wanna, on it when it mattered. No, you want to know why? It does have to, a lot to do with everything because when Stafford was in Detroit, all I said about him was he's an elite quarterback. Whenever I said that, people would say, oh, playoff appearances, this this and that. I said, okay, but he's still an elite quarterback. He's just in a bad situation. I've always vouched for Matthew Stafford. In, 29, in 2019, I had a, a guest on the show, Facundo. It was with JC. We were on the show together. I picked the Lions to win a division. I don't know if it was in 2020 or if it was 2019. It was one of those. And they laughed at me. Of course, it was a bad pick. I said Matthew Stafford is elite. This guy was like, how? He does play offense. I was like, that doesn't matter. He's elite. I've I've always loved Matthew Stafford. But now that he's in this position, I'm just up in the air. In the playoffs. I know he's a great regular season quarterback. But just in these moments, I I have to see it. I'm just not all the way sold. We'll we'll see this weekend. Look, you, you think I enjoy doing this? Look. I do. I, I think you I, love you it, actually. No, I you're think a sicko. You enjoy because it. this is what's going to happen. And I'll tell you, there's two scenarios that could play out. Obviously, the Rams could go on and win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going to feel like a million dollars. Joel's going to try and say, oh, Matthew Stafford, man. <laughs> you're, you're oh, that's my guy. No way. Love him. Pick the division. Come on, man. I got his jersey. They lose. I told you from day one, you can't trust this guy. He's not like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not if, in the big if, game. If they lose and he, he, he throws a pick that's... Uh, like egregious. Derek Carr did, you would be on him. It's not an egregious pick. Stop saying it's an I'm, egregious I'm, pick. I'm not it saying it's egregious, egregious yeah. but I'm telling you, if that was Matthew Bro, Stafford. I've seen Stafford throw interceptions that just leave me just shaking my head. That, that's why a lot of quarterbacks have exactly. those moments, though. But that, that, that's why I am weary of him. I've seen it a lot in Detroit. So I have to see it. Detroit's if, different. If the, Rams, if the Rams win it all, am I going to be happy for Stafford? Absolutely, I'm going to be happy for Stafford. 
I love him as a quarterback. I love him as a person. He's a great dude. Love him as a man. Yes. Nice. He's a great man. Yeah. Great family man. <laughs> he is, man. Yo, he has the most kids in the NFL. Shout he out does. to him. I thought it was Philip Rivers. Well, he's not in the yeah. NFL. Cromarty has a ton too. Does he? Yeah. Antonio Cromarty? Yeah. I remember on the Hard Knocks episode, he had he had like eight or something. Like but that's that. what I'm saying about Stafford. I just because I love him doesn't mean I can't critique him. That's I, fair. I I, I critique bro. him. So I do understand that. So that's we're gonna leave it at that. Cliff Kingsbury, I think it's one more that was season. Great. That Five was so and great. ten. Five and ten and one his first year, eight and eight second year, eleven and six his third year. Now this fourth year, he either has to win more than eleven games, win eleven games, and right. win a playoff, playoff game. game. Yeah, that's next. He has to do one of those things. Even if he loses in the playoffs next year, it just can't be are, embarrassing. Are but he's made them all? better though. I don't feel like why yes. would one one year like because he's be been the coach for four right. years now. Like so I, he's I think only made them better. He took over a bad team. I understand that like they but were at some point they were scrounging think, for anything after Arians left. I, I know, but at some point you have to make a change if you're not getting success. Yeah. That, that's just what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a result driven business, and that's why I worry about McCarthy because we saw Jason Garrett be there for ten years, and you know they were it was the same story just about every single season. But I, are you guys worried at all? Because I'm getting a little bit worried. Kyler's a small guy. It's happened two years in a row that Ankle he gets injury. banged up, and he's just not the same. Like, sure, Cliff did have that problem down the stretch in, in college as well. But to me, I'm more worried about Kyler being able to stay healthy for a sixteen, a seventeen game season. This year was different for me because they didn't need him to come back and immediately, they were, and, and they forget, were winning. They were two and one yeah, with wins over correct. Seattle and San Francisco. Colt McCoy. It was once D Hop went down. They need more guys. They do need the rest, more guys. The receiver core outside that, while AJ Green had a good season, yes. Kirk has his moments. If if Hop goes down, you have a, a bad again. And core. this is not a victory lap by any means. This is not for me to come at Joel by any means. When we talked about the Ravens versus the Cardinals, D Hop is just this resounding name that is just so polarizing to to any football fan that immediately you think, all right, Cardinals have the best weapons. But in the grand scheme of things, Christian Kirk is not a proven guy. He is good because Kyler Murray allows him. He's a good secondary to, option. And once you're backpacking off DeAndre Hopkins, who's getting double teamed every single play, it allows for guys like Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, A.J. Green to look better than they actually are. Yeah. They need I, I, another weapon. Yeah, yeah I, I understand that. Christian Kirk is a great. He's an awesome two, though. Oh, I agree. He's an awesome two. He cannot be your one. No, I agree he a whole lot. Be. But you know, All, it's I hard say to be he's a position. good. He's a good two. Like he's a Cedric, good two. Cedric Wilson yes. or Christian Kirk. Like I really would have to sit and think about that. Because I think that. like Robert Woods is a great two. I don't he, think Christian Kirk. I agree. A great That's two. that you is know? so well like, said. Yeah. That is so well said. Braxton Berrios too. <laughs> hey, you can't. You don't have to tell me, man. I'm in. I'm in. That's the thing. That's the reason why I also kind of have a gripe with Kirk. What I mean with Cliff Kingsbury because. We saw Michael Thor get the best out of a Jets offense, basically take Tampa Bay to the last play of the game with Braxton Berrios as their best option. Yeah. And Michael Thor can do that. I understand it was a meaningless regular season game. Yeah. Cliff being that flat, being an offensive guru, it is a bit alarming. So we'll see what happens well, with Thor's him. Thor's an outlier, though. He's one of the best offensive coaches in the league. I mean, they've been using his play call. Yeah, I know, bro. That's they've so been tough. using it. The laterals. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find all the clips of people using his play call so people know where it originated from. Yeah. Because say, we people, saw it a few times this weekend. Because people, Luther and Ford, nobody's man. been able to execute it outside of us. We executed it. Nobody's Cowboys been able did it. to execute it. Cowboys did it to, to CeeDee Lamb. No, no, no. That, that was a different play. That was. um. That was, I think, it was Cedric Wilson caught the ball. 
it was like a crossing route, yes. and then CeeDee Lamb came across. You're and just got saying it. like complete opposite side of the field that they messed up well, on. Well, the, the play the play is a is a pass. You know what I'm talking about? The play is a pass to a I'm receiver, sure. and then while the receiver's running, he throws it. He throws it backwards. I feel like that's what CD Lamb did. No, it was a toss. Similar, it was a yeah. toss. Okay, it was like right. a, it was a toss. Because I remember one play specifically where they did what you said. They it was threw like the receiver, and then it he was threw like it back the equivalent. Was a pass. It was like the equivalent to like a dribble handoff in basketball. Yeah, like he came, like they were this close to yeah. each other. He just tossed it back. Mm-hmm. Where like the play that Lafleur designed is. Somebody running a slant, a guy coming here, and you literally passing it to him yeah. like ten yards away from you and just uh, running. Okay. Bright, yeah, they they missed <laughs> that play. <laughs> they missed that play with Tony Pollard. I think t- somebody overthrew Tony yeah. Pollard on that. It yeah. went out of bounds. Joe Douglas, that's your guy. Of course. You'll kiss him. Yes. Real. Real. <laughs> Real. Oh man, where though? Oh, here Gee, we that, go, come on, bro. man! You don't have to do that. God you forbid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you kiss young girl on the cheek. It's, How you been doing? Could not, you know well, there saying, you go, bro? man. Hundred like, percent. That's a that's a that's, genuine that's gesture. A French yeah. kiss or no? French no, kiss no. French kiss is oh, with Jesus. tongue, bro. Come on. Come on. What's, what's what culture? <laughs> Italian. Italian. Okay. Italian. So you do that to Joe Douglas? Yeah, that's my guy, exactly. bro. He's turning around the Jets organization, bro. Come on. Yeah, yeah. not many have been able to do it, man. I mean, I'm glad I've always really. Okay, guys. Joe Douglas, that's my guy for sure. That's my guy. Come on, man. You came Forever up with the noise. title yourself. You got to ride with that. The pick a side? Come on, bro. Pick, pick one. I pick ain't picking a side. And it is. I never say which one. I'm picking, I'm picking a side, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair so, enough. You know, I, I'm actually interested in hearing what you have to say. Uh, the Eagles announced today that Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback in 2022 per Howie Roseman. Sirianni also voiced his support for Jalen Hurts. It looks like they're riding with Jalen Hurts. They're riding this wave out. Do you think the Eagles can successfully build a team contender around Jalen Hurts? He's your guy. He had an awful performance against the Buccaneers. How do you feel about that? (laughs) Give your two cents. Yeah, so did Mac. Um, So did... Cars, Mac so was Josh way Allen. better than Jalen Hurts. Um, okay, not, no, no, he was not. not. Y'all gotta stop. Y'all gotta stop. Y'all gotta stop. Y'all gotta stop acting like Mac Jones. Bro, the, the perfect like pass he threw wasn't just a great play by Micah, bro. Like come perfect on. pass. That was a How about that pass. wide open touchdown he had where he threw the ball at the ground for a touchdown? And that pick that he had. Listen, neither of them had a good game, but I don't care. It's their first game. They're both practically rookies. Mac was better though. If you want to say marginally better, sure. You literally could have that, but I don't. Really also, I, we'll, we'll talk about Mac. Just we will talk about Jalen Hurts. Stop hating on my boy Mac. Man. Stop hating my boy Jalen. Facts. Bro. I'm not hating on Jalen. He played awful. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like you literally said <laughs> every, everything. You had this at, beautiful but, intro. Then you say he played terrible. Go ahead, talk. Hold on. Answer this question. Last week, wild card preview. Did I or did I not say exactly what the Bucks needed to do to make Jalen Hurts look? Very the, the flawed, never and they chance. exactly did. They were completely didn't have outmatched. I, I said they weren't going to have it, a chance. It just though. didn't take so a rocket science to figure all that out. But, they didn't I, have a chance. But okay, I understand that. But I I also warned you guys about his his lack of pocket presence, yeah, and it, that's it, been a thing. It, yes, okay, he's but, also been banged up. But, he has an ankle hold, injury. Hold on, hold on. To be fair, y'all didn't think it was egregious as what you saw versus the Bucks. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, the pocket presence, the going through progressions, hurt was. 
Joel, awful. Hertz you can be a witness awful. to this. How many times have I said to you, I don't love Hurts as a passer? Yeah, how how yeah. is so adamant? You yes. don't even have to. Okay, I'm sorry for grouping you in with Thank this Hurts lover. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, God man. forbid, bro. I had to get God off forbid, that. His first full season, he hasn't been perfect. <laughs> Just but, but, but. like no fucking quarterback is. Outside I'm, okay, of like, I, I, get I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm not going to be too hard on Hurts. Just just uh, give your take on Hurts. Okay, I won't be too hard I'm on Mac. Sorry, bro. <laughs> so, to to recap, the question is can the Eagles build a successful, you know, championship roster around Jalen Hurts? And this is what it comes down to because we did I did my quarterback tiers list a couple weeks ago. It comes down to who are my other options? Yeah, cuz Hurts is with in that category with my boy. I'm just saying. Uh, oh, really? That's he's he's in the saying. tour tier? That's what I'm saying. He wasn't in the tour tier for me. Um, that's what I'm saying, because you were chatting, putting my boy in that dead last yeah, okay. tier. Okay, bro. Two, I'm telling you right now, Mac couch. is in that category, and so is him. No way. Nah, Mac um, is a tier above both. No, he's those not. Okay. Yes, he is. Here we go. I'm the two. I'm the Hurts guy. Am I allowed to talk? You guys are going back I'm, with two and Mac Jones. Like, you guys are mad defensive. Two is better than both of them. Anywho, um, it depends where your other options are. Because if the Eagles could have, they have three first round picks. If the Eagles could use two of those and somehow get a Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, it's probably not going to happen. But if you can upgrade, I 100% always say Jalen Hurts, he's not a top 10 quarterback in the league, right? He's not going to backpack this team to Super Bowl in this year or next year, right? I understand that he's not there yet in terms of his progression. Not there yet. Not there yet, and who Not knows? Who knows? knows? I never Easy. said he was going to be a top right, five quarterback. All right, All right. I'll stop being a, He could be a franchise guy, <laughs> potentially. Because when, when we look in his first full season, he had just under 4,000 total yards, 26 total touchdowns, only 11 turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Wouldn't you say that's pretty damn good for a quarterback who doesn't have, you know, maybe the perfect situation? You got Jalen Rieger out there. He might be the worst wide receiver. He's not good. But when you, especially because we talked about it with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, can you get better year after year? Jalen Hurts had obviously made a step from his rookie season, although it was only four games starting, to his sophomore season. From, 21, from 2020 to 2021, his interception percentage dropped, his sack percentage decreased, his quarterback rating increased, his QBR increased. So when you look at all these stats overall, and you could just tell just by looking, he has improved as a passer. His completion percentage has gone up drastically as mm-hmm. well. And then I also think he's been pretty good under pressure. While you do talk about his pocket awareness where it could definitely improve, I think he has been pretty decent in terms of being under pressure with not the best weapons on the outside. Devonta Smith is going to be a stud. But outside of that, I've made my what I've said about Quez Watkins and, and Jalen Rieger, these guys they're, uh, bro, I don't know about Quest because Quest got open a couple times and Hurts yes, missed but, him by yards. Yes. Oh no, they, I know there was a one yard. Pretty good missed. deep threat. Yes, but regardless, they're not. I wouldn't say I, either of these guys are special. I agree, but at the same time, it's like. Make but when you look throws. at Hurts under pressure this season, which is, I mean, that's where going to be seventy percent of your throws. You're not always going to have a clean pocket. Damn near never in the NFL. He was under pressure two hundred four of his dropback, which is eleventh most in the league. During those dropbacks, he had 1,046 yards, which is eighth most. He's able to make those completions. 63 touchdown interception ratio. Turnover-worthy play on 4% of his throws. 10th best, about the same as Kyler and Kirk Cousins. We like those guys, right? We like Kyler and Kirk Cousins, right? We like them. We I like, like them. Kyler oh Kirk. God, these stats are He's, driving me crazy. Well, what's wrong with these stats? I can I can just tell you spent hours looking this up. <laughs> this took me 10 minutes, bro. This took me Wait, 10 well, minutes. Bro, you what was the stat you just said? I'm sorry. With Kyler and Kirk? Um... Turnover worthy plays while he's under oh, yeah. pressure. Four percent of the time. I hate the t- I hate the turnover worthy plays. I, I think it's a great stat because it doesn't just you know. No, I'm not. A, I'm not opposed receiver. to it. You're in. You're I in. just know that all you. Well, I mean, it's your job. <laughs> it's your job to basically. I gotta um, stop laughing. I'm sorry. It's your job to make the case for Hertz yeah. as being 
what you think he can be. But I so also, I, I appreciate the stats you got. I also but, I know, do think he I'm has to where he does have to improve. Like Drew mentioned, yeah. is passing down the field. Correct. This season he has was not good passing the ball down the field. Only completed thirty four percent of his passes of yeah, twenty plus yards horrible. and had ten turnover worthy throws, which was you know top three in the league, top three most. So. He's improved across the board statistically outside of those deep throws, which is fine. It's his first year starting. I still have I still have faith. But he also brings the elite rushing ability that a lot of quarterbacks aren't going to bring. You know, he's in a very small category of guys with Kyler and Lamar in terms of being able to just build the offense around his ability to rush the ball, RPO, read options. And he's also a great leader. Everyone buys into him. The organization, the players, they all know he's the guy. So you have three first-round picks. If you're not going to go and somehow get it to Sean or, or Roger, someone like that, you use those picks. You build around Jalen Hurts. Maybe you move down, get some picks in the future because it's not you know the the best class in terms of offense, offensive weapons. But he's still a pretty deep class. Maybe you could pick up a guy like a Drake London, a big body. Um, you know, maybe you have to move up probably for a Garrett Wilson or someone like that. But I think Jalen Hurts. He made the playoffs. I know the schedule wasn't great, but you still got to play your schedule. He did what he had to do. He got into the playoffs his first year. Rookie head coach as well. So there's nothing that I really took away from this game. If you hated Jalen Hurts after this game, you still hate him. If you're a Jalen Hurts believer, you still believe in him. So I didn't take anything away from this. They never had a chance. We said that in the preview last week. We None of us gave them a chance to win this game. The, the Bucks and Brady, they're by far the better team, better coaching staff. They've been there year after year. So... When it comes down to it, I'm a still believer in Jalen Hurts. Okay, I appreciate all that you mentioned. These stats were pretty good. Uh, not that I really care about it. That's like so rude. The the oh, Kyler up in the park. He talks about Matt. Kyler, oh, he's on one, bro. Me he's too. Kyler, I agree. I agree with everything he's about to say. Go ahead. The Kyler versus like you mentioned, he has some stats that you know are with Kyler and Kirk and all. You know, they're. I'm great. just talking. Okay, it's I, a very I get. Small I, I, I understand that. Okay, whatever. Let's talk about the game first. This was just a complete embarrassment. This was yeah. also an embarrassment. Um, Two touchdowns. They lost. They, they were. It was embarrassment. They were down thirty-one to zero at one point. They Had it well. not been for the garbage time stats that Thank Jalen Hurts put up, <laughs> this would have been his his just stat sheet would have looked so. You gotta play awful. four quarters, bro. I'm sorry. What do you want? You mentioned the Jalen Hurts rushing ability. Yes, it's elite. Yeah, that's the only thing that's elite about him. And his leadership and the way he dresses too, I would say, is a leader. He's fly. fly. Yeah, he is fly. And he's handsome. Look, yeah, yes. He's a good looking yes. dude. For he sure. does have a great jawline. I do agree. That, that takes and into account, waves. bro. Look at Jimmy G. There was a point in the game where they, the Eagles had nine drives, they had seven first downs. I came on this show last week, and it's actually been a reoccurring theme for the past couple of weeks that I've been telling you guys. That I've been thinking Hurts has been getting overrated because of this season. I said it last week. Everybody thinks that Hurts backpacked this team. When it wasn't like that, the offensive line is elite. The weapons, yes, they're not elite. But the Eagles scheme didn't the Eagles scheme didn't ask for the receivers to be elite. Because the backfield, they were a run first team. That's what they were. With patchy running backs. They brought in Jordan Howard. I, I don't think they signed him in the offseason. They were good though. I, I know, but you got Jordan. I, I don't, I don't care. Sanders. I don't care about the names if they produced. A majority they produced. of their yards were from Bart Scott, uh, Boston Scott's one rush for thirty-four yards. Yeah. If yeah. not for that, they'd have under Nothing. sixty yards. Yeah. I just want to preface this by saying, I agree with the decision for the Eagles to stick with Hertz's quarterback next season. I agree. This is 
a stopgap, though. And the Eagles will very quickly learn that he's not a franchise quarterback. My comparison for him out of college that still stands today is Tyrod Taylor. And whenever I say that, I get so much slack. Like Tyrod Taylor didn't make the make a Pro Bowl in his first year as a full-time starter with the Bills. Like he didn't lead the Bills to the playoffs. But he is a career backup spot starter. That's what I think Jalen Hurts is going to be. He's good. He's just not great. Those traits that he has as a quarterback, yes, can he get better at reading defenses? Absolutely. Um, but he doesn't have elite traits as a thrower. He just doesn't. He has a good NFL arm. I'd say it's about average, maybe a little bit above. He does have an elite rushing ability, but when that's taken away, you saw how he looked. And when I was re-watching the Bucks and Eagles game, not the playoff game, but the original one they played in a regular season, these are all things that stood out to me. I don't I, I I don't put too much stock into the completion percentage. He completed 61% of his passes this season. Most of his passes were run pass out. The, the scheme was run pass RPOs, bubble screens, short passes, and he completed 61%. The Eagles stopped throwing the ball outside the numbers and specifically in the middle of the field because Jalen Hurts, he just was not good in that area. That that's that's exactly why. He's an okay quarterback, but his pocket presence, he sees ghosts out there. He runs away when nothing's in front of him. He doesn't have great pocket presence. He doesn't go through his progressions very well, which he can get better at, I understand. He's just an okay NFL quarterback. And the reason why I started to get pissed off about Jalen Hurts this season is because people have started to categorize him as baby Lamar and compare poor man's Lamar and, and compare he's, he's Lamar's Lamar. and compare Lamar's first 16 starts to Hertz's and stuff like that. And all these numbers show they're similar guys and stuff like that when that's not the case. And that's why I made the comment. I did that. I think he started to, he's starting to get overrated the Buccaneers performance. <clears throat> Jalen Hurts has been that quarterback all season long. It's just no team, due, due in a large part to their week schedule, was able to really make Hurts play a way that he's not comfortable playing. And versus the Buccaneers, it just got exposed. I know it's only a second season. That's why I'm not going to be too critical. I do think he has a limited ceiling. If he surpasses it, will I be surprised? I won't. Donovan McNabb has a lot of faith in him. He's he has said that the Eagles have their QB, that they should be patient. And it's really about the Eagles just building this team up because regardless if Hurts is the long-term starter or not, they have to build a team that can contend. So if Hurts is not the long-term starter, you can bring in a guy who can just fill in right away and, and then have success. They have three first-round picks, the pick number 15, 16, and 19, three picks in the first round so in the team's area. And in, in this and draft, use it to move up. Also. In this draft, the top ten isn't that great either. True. So That's this is the perfect spot to be true. in. They have twelve million dollars in cap space, so they can play around with it a little bit. But hurts to me has a lot of flaws, and I I'm just not the the problem with hurts <laughs> is that he has these flaws, but he doesn't have the upside. Zach Wilson, he has flaws, 
but he has the upside that if he gets over the flaws, he can be a top 10 quarterback. I don't think Hurts has that type of ceiling. I think he's just an average quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater-esque, Tyrod Taylor-esque, and that's totally fine. I mean, this is a guy that was a second-round pick that was called a running back that nobody thought had an NFL future. So he's surpassing expectations. Without Can he surpass more? Probably. We'll just see what happens. But th- that's what I think about Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry, King. Usually we see eye to eye. Unfortunately, not on this one. I think he's a solid quarterback for sure. He's not bad. He's by no means a bad quarterback. Do I think he's a franchise quarterback? I don't think so, personally. I think I need my quarterback to be a great passer or at least a... This is going to sound mean. I don't think he's a good passer either. I think he's at best okay. I think that he needs to work on his accuracy. He needs to work on his pocket presence. And I think that like we all can agree, I think we can all agree he can get better at pocket awareness. That being said, it's really tough to become an accurate thrower in the NFL if you aren't already. He has the offensive line already to protect him. I agree he does not have the best weapons. But that being said, this past weekend, he had some guys open. Quez was open deep twice, and he missed him twice by yards. And that's been my whole gripe with Jalen Hurts basically this entire year. I can trust him on the ground without a doubt, but in terms of actually letting the ball fly, that's where things get dicey. And this was going to be a script. From day one, we knew this. This this game was going to be a script where Jalen Hurts was going to, if he had a chance to win this game, it had to be with his arm. And that... That's where I could have no confidence in the Eagles winning this game by any means. If Jalen Hurts does not get better accuracy-wise as a quarterback, I can't see it happening, personally. You know I like Hurts? Because he's always been doubted. You know, he got benched in the, <laughs> That's in the why you championship like Lamar, game. But I feel, I feel similarly with Lamar also. It's I Do I think Lamar's a great quarterback? Yes, I do think he is. Yeah. Do I ever think that he'll get over the hump and win a Super Bowl, personally? Un- until he works on his accuracy and is consistent as an accurate passer, I, don't know, man. I will always have my I've, reservations. I've seen, I go. I've seen Jimmy G go to the Super Bowl. I've seen Nick Foles go Lamar's to the Super Bowl. Lamar's a great Bowl. passer. But Jimmy G was a great a great passer? He's a great passer. I can't agree with that. He's a great passer. I can't agree I don't with even that. Know if I can't go great. I can't. I can't. Because you tell he's me great, great you're telling me he's like a top five, seven passer in the league. No, he's not there. He's No, that's elite. He's a great passer. Uh, here we go semantics. I know, what do you semantics. mean? Come on. It is semantics. Elite, <laughs> top five, it's top six, top seven. He's, he's, he's a good passer. All right. All right. So let's name let's name guys. You said five, top five. Who's the better do you passer? Think, do you think? I think. Okay. Okay. This is what I'm saying. All right. Name players. We'll talk about Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron. Tom Brady. Tom. Josh Allen. Allen. Mahomes. Mahomes. Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Derek Carr. That, Lamar. Matt Ryan. Lamar. Oh, wow. right now. I'm shocked. Come Russell, on, bro. Russell Wilson. Let me bring up a... Russell. Joe Burrow. Joe. Herbie. Herbert. We're nine d- names deep, That's deep eight, now. Eight. eight. I count. Dak I count. Prescott. Lamar. I disagree. Just passing? Kyler. Kyler. It's even. Oh my God! Bro, that's Kyler crazy. Was leading the league in that's crazy. The that's crazy. No, that's it's crazy. Just, I I see that's their scheme. It, it it warrants for his complete but, percentage. But it, see, but we we already went over that. We debunked that because he lets the ball fly. He had and one, he's, of the one of the highest A dots in the league com- and leading the league in completion bro, percentage. I just think Lamar Jackson. He's a great passer. He's not. He's a. He's again. He's a. Listen, go- I'm one of the biggest Lamar fans. I can't say he's a great passer just yet. I think he's a great passer. I think this year was an off season for him. I'll, I'll admit that. 
you guys know I'm not the biggest Lamar fan. And I'm the biggest Lamar fan. That's why I'm shocked exactly. right now. No, but I, I just think that, yeah, I, 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 he, Lamar, I don't think will win a Super Bowl. That's, okay. I don't think he'll do that. I don't, why not? But, so? I, but I, because I think once, once he gets paid, the roster is going to be decimated in. I mean, it's what happens. The Ravens are such a good organization. They, they are. always had good players no matter what. They paid Joe Flacco huge money. And plus, I just think the the yeah. lifeline of running quarterbacks is very short. Yeah. But, I mean, he's going to last one contract, definitely. Yeah. Cam Newton got drafted in 2011. He lasted until 2015. Basically. Cam was 2015, also... 2015, 2016. I feel like Cam also was just Bowl, taking... So it was a few years after that. Cam was taking, no, but he, like he dropped off hits. after that. He, he, made the, he made the playoffs in 2016, but after 2017 and, and over, he dropped off. Cam, Lamar, has to, Lamar has to take a page out of Kyler's book because Kyler doesn't get hit often. Lamar still gets hit often, but Cam, I feel like, thought just since she was always such a big body, he could withstand all those hits, and eventually it caught up to him. But, but I mean, Lamar is better passion than Cam. Yeah, he is. So he's got that going for him so too. He, and yeah, I think he's yeah, better. I, I, I mean, he's a he's a faster runner. Obviously, Cam was more physical, probably the most physical we've is, ever seen. Is Lamar? You don't think Lamar's the best running quarterback? He's the seen? best running quarterback no, no. of all time. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. But okay. in terms of everything, and I'm taking into account. No, yeah, Lamar. Because you Cam said Cam is a better. Pa- you said that Lamar's a better passer than yeah. Cam. Yeah, and he's the best rushing quarterback. Cam had a 35 and 10 season and still rushed for 10 touchdowns that year. I I think Lamar's MVP year. I think he actually ran for 15. He had 50 total touchdowns. Lamar's MVP year is better than Cam's MVP year. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. If we're talking about regular season only, Lamar had yes. thirty six and nine. Thirty six touchdowns, nine picks is Lamar. Year. Correct. Yeah. If passing, you look at if yeah. you look 30, at thirty six and, and nine and nine interceptions. He had All right. his right. If you look at Lamar's MVP year, regular season, he was Seven. far better. He was better than Cam. So forty three total and but nine. because Cam had six thir- six thirty six and ten touchdowns. He had fifty total touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, Lamar had forty three. I mean, on the goal line, though, they use Cam a lot of more. Of course, too. of course. You know, I'm just saying, like I think the playoffs is what separates Cam in that season because he made the Super Bowl. Lamar got embarrassed in a divisional round. Yeah. It is what it is. That's, that's a good debate, though, Lamar versus Cam. I think so, too. That's yeah. actually was going to be a question of mine. You kind of just beat me to it. Yeah, we had that debate on the podcast before, actually. Really? Was I here? No. That was when this room was still red. Really? Yeah. That's a really good debate. Yeah, yeah we had that debate. Who's MVP? I'm a, I'm a huge Cam fan. I know you are. I love Cam. Yeah, I've no, always I'm not. Been. It hurt me to see him go against my Broncos. It really did. <laughs> hey, you'll take it. Are you kidding yeah, me? Easy- like, one of the easiest, most relaxed nights I've ever had. You know who nice, is bro. better than Lamar, though? And who's proved it already? Who? Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Y- y'all want to see in the playoffs, and he did it. I said it. Nice. I said it. He did it. Nice. I Joe said, I, will, I will say Burrow is better. In the future, no doubt, I can 100% see it. I did not see it happening two games after we had that conversation. Yeah. Burrow's disgusting. It's over. It's I no love debate. Joe Burrow. It's no debate. That's my guy. He's so cool. He's he is so cool. Yeah, he's cool. Joe. All right. Now let's really get into it. Let's really get spicy. Really quick. Is Joe Burrow top five? Coolest player? No, 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 no. Best quarterback oh. in the league. Top five. He's not top five yet. But he's if we're, right outside. If we're talk, honest. If we're talking about top five young quarterbacks, he's definitely yeah. top five he's young quarterbacks. Are you taking Three. Burrow or are you taking Kyler? I'm taking Joe Burrow. Burrow. Just the injury with Kyler, probably small. That's really it. That's, that's really it. it. That's the only thing that's That's really me. it. I think are you taking top, Herbie or are you taking Burrow? I'm t- Herbert. 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 The top, these are the top five young quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. Number one, Mahomes. Number two, Josh Allen. And even though Josh Allen to me is number two, he has a case for number one. I agree. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is not the clear-cut best young quarterback in the NFL anymore. Josh Allen is just as good as him and even better on some games. Josh Allen is flat out amazing. It's Mahomes. It's Allen. I think there's a gap. Justin Herbert 
I'd put Joe Burrow four. And then Kyler five? Kyler probably would be five for me. I agree with that list. Either Kyler or Lamar is five. Yeah, that's fair. Kyler's better than Lamar, man. With all due respect, he is. He is. This is the first time we've seen Lamar get hurt. If Lamar didn't get hurt, I would push back there. But Lamar did get banged up this last season. And Lamar, Kyler's just small. Kyler That's why mi- it worries me. Lamar's Kyler, a bigger guy. Kyler missed games this year and almost threw for more yards than last year. He's, he's a beast. I just there's a I say there's a gap between Allen and Herbert just because yeah, no, you, you don't have to explain. No, no, I, explain. I understand. I understand. But maybe some TikTokers. You're right. Because that's going to get clipped <laughs> and they might want to see this. You don't okay. think Herbert could be as good as Josh Allen? Yeah, he can. Okay. He oh, can I, be, I'm he, saying right oh, now, though. Herbert, right can, now. Herbert can be just as good as Mahomes, too. Yeah. Correct. I just, I just want to put that I think out there. All th- I think those three, those three are in that top tier for me. In terms of talent, it's Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, and there's a gap between those three and Burrow. Yeah. I can't agree. I will say this, though. I will say this. Joe Burrow has the ability to be on their level, not because of his physical talent, but just because of his understanding of yeah. the game. That's why just his feel for it. Leadership. Leadership. Even Swag. though I, 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 I mean, yeah, those I'll, glasses I guess. are yeah, crazy. Yeah. Joe Burrow, I just think is he has a lot of Tom Brady S traits. Yeah. And it, cool. it's, you that's know, fair. it's very unfair to compare a guy like that to Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a goat, but Joe Burrow has that ability where, I wouldn't be shocked if one day we're debating he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, maybe in my words, I said he was a tier two guy, but he's definitely tier one. Yeah, Joe Burrow's my guy. Yeah, Joe Burrow's definitely. What other young quarterbacks are there in the NFL? Because I feel like we might be missing one. We're definitely missing Zach Wilson. I was going to say, from this this whole draft class. Zach Wilson's going to be that fifth. He's going to be over Kyler Lamar next year. I, I just want to let you know that. I don't think so. Next Not year? Not Kyler. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know, bro. Zach. <laughs> I love Zach, bro. But to say he's going to be better than Kyler and Lamar next season's crazy. Zach. I hope I hope you're right, bro. Because if he does that, we're in the playoffs. If he's rather than Kyler and Lamar. I, I said, we could be next year's Cincy, bro. All right. Your boy, Mac Jones. My guy, Tua. Oh, well, yeah. They're not. That <laughs> yeah, they're not. That's what I'm saying. I Those like are Mac the only too. young guys, yeah, though. Yeah. Those are really uh, the only young guys. Trev, Fields, Trey yeah. Lance. Yep, yep, yep. We don't think anywhere we're just out on these guys one bad year. No, we're not out on them. It's just a rookie season. It's too yeah. soon to even have that conversation. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But you're not too soon to say it about Zach. Because Zach is unbelievably different. Okay. Two is six, personally. Two is six. And he has the most beautiful smile. He does. He also gifted his offensive lineman tickets to, to go fly anywhere they wanted. He might have broke up with his girl. I saw something on Instagram. They like Joel's some, about to hop in. <laughs> dead ass. He's about to slide in his DMs. Like, yo, bro. What's up with that BMW ad or whatever he's got? Yeah, maybe. I might shoot my shot at that, man. I saw some report. They like, I don't know. It's Instagram bullshit. But like they got rid of all their pictures together. Who knows? But I just saw that. Drama alert. Yeah, some TMZ. Yeah, probably. bro. Who are we? Keemstar? Yeah, I know, Holy right? Holy. We're a gossiping uh, podcast now. We, we talked about Jalen Hurts uh, briefly. Now we're going to talk about Mac Jones. The Bills beat the Pats 47-17. And we'll talk about the wild card weekend briefly after we do our ad roll for DraftKings. Um, The Bills had the first ever perfect offensive performance. But we know what the Bills are. We're going to talk about them later when we preview their playoff game. What do the Patriots have to do this offseason for you to think that they can actually be a legit team? Because there was a moment in time where we were calling them Asleep. I was calling them a sleeper. They were the best team in the AFC at one point, but they slowed down. Max slowed down, and I mean, this game just it cut, totally collapsed for them. What are your thoughts on Mac Jones? Um, before you guys go, Mac Jones is my guy, so I I will start this one. Okay, I didn't think he played bad for, versus the Patriots. I mean, versus the Bills, and 
I know, yeah, they got embarrassed, but I mean, when the Bills have a perfect offensive game, the defense does not get a stop on them at all. What do you expect from a rookie quarterback in his first NFL game? Something. At least the Eagles stopped the I mean, the Bucs didn't have a perfect game. Even the Rams didn't have a perfect game. As big of an embarrassment that was. A defense in the Patriots that led by Bill Belichick to be embarrassed like this. And it's not like I didn't see this coming. Last week in my preview, I said the Patriots have been on a slump. They gave up 33 to, to, uh, to a led offense. That's embarrassing in itself. Then they gave up 33 to Buffalo, too. Then 28 to Indianapolis. It's just their defense has not been that good over the past couple of weeks. And it just showed. The Patriots had 89 rushing yards. A lot of that is due to being down so early in the game. They had to go to the pass. Mac Jones threw two touchdowns, two picks. One of the picks, I think it was just an excellent play by Micah Hyde. Honestly, that was a good ball. A little bit it, of both. That was a good ball. I thought uh, I thought that was a great ball. So it was a good play by the safety who intercepted Jalen Hurts? It's a bad throw by oh Hurts. Oh, my God. Here he goes. It was, yeah. I didn't, it was listen, a great play. Max should have overthrown him. He underthrew him, which allowed Micah the ability to make that play. Yeah. I'll say this. Mac Jones... He's going to be a solid quarterback. I think he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Not in terms of like a top 10, top 5 elite guy in the NFL, but he definitely can he definitely I think can be a consistent top 15 quarterback. The same thing we see with Derek Carr from Kirk Cousins, those kind of guys. I think that is Mac Jones tier and you can win in the NFL like that. Will you be able to beat the Josh Allens of the world in the playoffs if your team roster is that superior to the opposing teams? Yes. Will he be able to beat a Zach Wilson? Because he's coming up too. And I know that people laugh when I say this, but just trust me on Zach. Zach is going to be a great quarterback. Supposed to trust Joel with Zach, but you can't trust me with Tua. That's crazy. It's just a difference in talents with those two. There's a difference in talent. There is. There definitely is. One's mobile. That's it. That's all I see. Zach's arm is leaps and bounds better than Tua's. But the Patriots, but but Mac Jones had a phenomenal rookie season. 22 touchdowns to 13 picks. 67% completion percentage. He was awesome. Hunter Henry vouched for him. Said that he loves Mac Jones. He vocalized his support. Bill Belichick said that Mac helped us a lot. And he looks forward to working with him next season. Ultimately, the Patriots this year, let's be honest, who had them making the playoffs at the beginning of the season? Because I know in the middle of the season, they went on a little run. Who had them truly making the playoffs? Nobody. Who had them competing for the division crown? Nobody. I was higher on the Patriots than most because I believed in Mac Jones and I believed in just the team and the free agent acquisitions they got. But the Patriots, their defense, they don't have an elite edge rusher. They don't have an elite elite linebackers. Judon played well, though. Their safeties are getting older. They are. Their corners are good. They have a great cornerback room. J.C. Jackson's a free agent. Yeah, and if he leaves, now the cornerback room is decimated. They'll have to pay him. They let Gilmore walk they, walk, they have to pay him. Ultimately, the Patriots don't have a lot of elite-level difference makers on their defensive side of the ball. So their defense got exposed in that respect. And offensively, what do you expect Mac to do when his best weapons are Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and Nelson Aguilar? Kendrick Bourne had a good season for his standards, a, very, a great season for his standards, I'll say. Nelson Aguilar was disappointing. 
He he didn't even have 500 yards on the season. Jonu Smith had one touchdown on the entire year. A guy that I thought in John, in Jonu and Hunter Henry was going to be a great tight end duo, I thought that was disappointing. Hunter Henry came on this year later in the year, and that was a good sign. But they ha- this offseason, they have to make it a point of emphasis to get a difference le- a difference maker at the at the receiver position. That's it. Even get a Jamison Williams. He might fall to the 21st pick just because of his injury. You think so? Yes. They still have him as the number 1 projected receiver though. Yeah, but you know Who's draft this? day is always a Jameson. little bit different. Yeah, I think he falls. Draft day is always a little bit different. I would take Jamison in a heartbeat. I don't care about the injury. Well, where they're picking, he could definitely be there. I think he will be there. I like Drake Lennon. Like 20ish. Yeah, well, he just tore his ACL. I understand, but modern medicine. I know. And he's a beast. He's crazy. But even that Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, the Patriots. There's talent. talent. Patriots have to get a receiver in the first round of this draft. There's no doubt about it. And I just think they have to build up that defense, and they have to start building it with speed. Boomer Esiason made a great point about how the Patriots have a lot of slow guys on our team. And versus offenses that have a lot of speed, they get exposed. So they need to work on that. I think the Patriots will be good. I don't know what they're going to be next year because the AFC East isn't a laughing stock anymore. The Bills are a great team, an elite team. Yeah. The Dolphins, for as much as slack as we give Tua, I've said before, you can win with Tua. I've never said you can't. You can no. win with Tua. I've never said And that. the team can is only could only get better. The offensive line was the worst ranked in the league. And Zach Wilson is coming. I am. Being honest, I am being truthful. Oh, he, is. he is. I I We're feel Cincy, like with bro. I feel like with Zach, uh, we could be Cincy. Yo, that, I like Cincy. You don't have the weapons for me to say you're Cincy. I feel like with Zach Nick Wilson. Humber. I feel like with Zach yeah, Wilson, there. I have an orb, <laughs> and I'm just looking into the future with the Jets. I just see it. I see the vision. I'm all. I'm all in on yeah, Zach. We know. To be Cincy's crazy. Now I'm really thinking about it. It's crazy. Well, it's not the, obviously, the I understand Jamar what you mean. I understand what you mean. But just being... And Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. I know, but just being a sleeper kind of team that no one really thinks is going to win their competitive sneak into the playoffs. Well, that, could the I'm still, that could be the Cardinals. What's the difference? They're, I feel like well, Cardinals and Bengals completely different. But I'm just saying they're like their regular season story. Now they're saying they're expecting I'm saying them to... the Bengals came up after one season. This is Joe Burrow's last season. He played seven games, so he played yeah. a decent amount. But this year, that took the third year for that, exactly. Okay. And Kyler, it went and five were, games, eight, eight games, yeah, playoffs. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel more Cardinals than Bengals. That's fair. I'm still high on Mac Jones. This game didn't change anything about that. I thought he played well considering the circumstances. Uh, I will say this though, I do think he probably ends up becoming the third best quarterback in this draft class. Um, I think Zach is going to be the best one. I think Trevor probably ends up being the second best. I think Mac is three. And that's kind of how I had my rankings beforehand. Could I see Fields or Lance being better? Yeah, absolutely. I could see Lance being the second best. I, I'm I, high I, can, on Lance. I can make a case for a lot of these guys. But I don't. Mac Jones had the best rookie season out of all these guys. So I think he's going to be the best rookie quarterback. No. I think this rookie quarterback class is going to be good. I think they're going to have good careers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we still have to see what happens and what ends up happening, but I still like Mac Jones a lot. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so I think the keyword you used were, was difference maker, and I know I was saying I was going to talk shit about Mac. I like Mac too. I think I think you have a good you know understanding like a top fifteen quarterback. He's. 
there's going to be a lot of matchups where he's the second best quarterback, especially when you know when you're going to face those elite guys like a Josh Allen, Mahomes, Dolphins twice a year. Anywho, um, it, it's going to be it's going to be obvious that Mac is the second best quarterback in, in a lot of games, but. The Patriots need a number one weapon on the outside, an X receiver, because I talked about it. You guys want to pick a side with the Patriots receivers are good or not. I said they're not. You guys were telling me about Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, whatever. You guys, you guys told me this we was a, a pretty good Kendrick receiver Bourne core. Sucked. You just you said, I said Kendrick Bourne sucked. No, I said they're guys, which they are. They, they are, are guys. They are depth wide receivers at best, and that's exactly what they are. This is why. They need to go and get a true number one wide receiver because I don't even love them as number twos. I will if you have a real number one, sure they're fine. But you look at look at the talent of wide receiver in the NFL right now. Agreed, fair. I mean, they're threes point. on a lot of teams. They are so they full. This past offseason wasn't great for them. I don't think any of their signs. I mean, you gave John o. Smith fifty million dollars. He had twenty nine catches, less than three hundred yards, and one touchdown. That's an, an utter disgrace. Hunter Henry was a really good red zone target. He had nine touchdowns. But even still, is he a true difference maker at the tight end position? Probably not. There's a lot of tight ends I would still be taking over Hunter Henry. It's tough. And even still, he doesn't open up the offense at all. You know, mm-hmm. he's a really solid possession type tight end. But he's not He's not a game changer. And that's really what the Patriots need. Um, so in this offseason, you, you stayed a point. Draft, but I also think we'll get into Calvin Ridley a bit later. I think that's another area they can go where we've seen the Patriots make splashes in the in the past to go out and get a big wide receiver, obviously referencing Randy Moss. But even if they could go and, and maybe sign an A Rob or a Mike Williams to a one year deal just to get just infuse that room with a little bit more talent. I know A Rob's coming off his worst season ever. I still think there's something there. And Mike Williams, we were talking before the show. You think he might get upwards of 16, 17 million dollars, which is very similar to what Kenny Galladay got last year. I don't know if any team is giving him a, a big financial commitment over, you know, three, four years. So I could kind of see him getting like a two-year, $30 million type contract. It's Most of it's guaranteed in that first year. And I think that's a great situation where, where the Patriots can go as well. And I just think the second half of the season, they kind of got figured out, right? The offense, the defense kind of came down to earth. The offense did as well. They had 50-plus points against the Jaguars and Jets, but it was the Jaguars and Jets, you know, two, two of the, you know, bottom teams in the NFL this year. They had some good moments, 45 against the Browns, 36 against the Titans. But like I mentioned, after um, second half of the season, especially after the bye, they scored 17-21, had that 50-point performance, but then 24-17. and 17. If you take out that crazy outlier, they're averaging about 20 points per game. You know, that's bottom 10 in the NFL. So the Patriots got some work to do on the offense side of the ball. Defense, for sure, they can improve as well. I just trust Bill Belichick to, to make it work. They were, you know, at one point in the season, the best defense in the league. Kind of came back down to earth. Resigning J.C. Jackson is going to be huge for them. He's been one of the best corners over the last few years, especially ball hawking. Um, Losing to Falcon Gilmore early in the year, too. So Bill's got some work to do. But I think number one has to be building. Patriots. Patriots what? had some work to do. Yeah. Yep. You said, yeah. you said Bill's oh, I meant, I meant Bill. I, and Bill. Mean. I meant uh, Bill Belichick. Bill. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> they got some work to do on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. But I think the number one priority is getting actual difference makers for Mac Jones in the offense. Couldn't agree more. You guys hit it right in the nose. You look at this receiver group, it's not the best by any means. I think that it's – I don't know if wide receivers are going to want to come play for New England, though, personally. I am – under the belief that, one, the Patriots don't want to spend that money on a wide receiver. I feel like they had a really strong chance to go and make a splash with an Odell-type player uh, this offseason. Blink off the top of my head. Kenny I guess G, what, Will Corey Fuller, Fuller Kenny, Kenny G. G. Yeah. But Will Fuller was unfortunate where he, he kind of put a guy. Corey Davis was free. Corey, Corey Davis was another one. They I mean, all those guys would have been bad signings, though. They're better than Nelson. In Aguilar hindsight, I mean, I understand, but like, come on, like, 
Kenny G didn't do anything this year. Again, we opened Pandora's box. Who knows what happens if they go into uh, and they sign with the Patriots. That being said, I don't see Bill spending money on a wide receiver, personally. I feel like if he's going to spend money, it's going to be on a defense. This was the first offseason, though. They went hard, they, and they, they spent a lot of money but on the they, offense. They spent a lot of money in a lot of places. Yes, they brought in Nelson Aguilar, but that was like $24 million two years. They brought in... Um, they brought in Kendrick Bourne. That was a three-year, twenty-four million. They brought in decent contracts, but these are like little. We're not saying like Judon, Jalen Mills, but there was like I wouldn't say these are big. Like these are like little bullshit contracts. If I'm just using different words, you know what I'm saying? It's like these are again. These are they're not different. They're like C plus grade wide receivers. I couldn't agree more. And they're getting whatever contracts. I don't see Bill going out and paying. A seventeen million dollar contract for a wide receiver. I feel like he would rather spend that money on J.C. Jackson, who really could change a game. Unlike, in hindsight, again, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller. But now this this wide receiver class is a little bit different, or this free agency class is a little different. Calvin Ridley, but can you trust him? In in the sense of this is mine going to be too. correct? Uh, you have Allen Robinson. I'm. I agree with you. I am still in on Allen Robinson. However. It's a risk to give him the money, especially this was a prove-it year, and he definitely did not prove it. Mike Williams is another player that I'm skeptical about. Do couple, Can he be a number one guy? Yeah, a couple other guys. Chris Godwin's free agent, Juju. Um, oh, yeah, I Chris Godwin, <laughs> I, I honestly Odell. think that he comes back. I honestly think he comes back. Yeah, I think so. I think, that to, I, I think he stays until Tom Brady leaves. Yeah. If, unless some team comes and it's like, we'll give you a multi-year contract. Like, we don't care about the ACL. We'll give you a four-year deal for $100 mil. You know, like For sure. But ultimately, this team ran, a, ran out of steam. Joel, you said it perfectly. Defense just kind of collapsed towards the end of the year. They gave up a bunch of points to mediocre offenses. I mean, outside of the Colts. But the Colts even started to cool down towards the end of the year also. I just think in this game specifically, the Bills are one of, if not the hottest team in the NFL, they're playing perfect football. And it was borderline unreasonable to expect the Patriots to come into Buffalo and win this game. It was a different script. It was not It was not cold enough where they could not throw the ball. It was not windy enough that they couldn't throw the ball. And clearly, that didn't even... Even if that was the case, Devin Singletary was damn good. 16 attempts, 81 rush, uh, rushing yards. He was great. And Josh Allen is a freak of nature with his legs. He made the defender touch silly. earth. Oh, God. He is like that. He arguably, you could argue, he's the best rushing quarterback in the league. You could argue it. In terms of everything that goes into it, he's the best. I don't know if I'm there yet. He's do, damn good. Do you understand what I'm trying yeah, to yeah, say? Yeah, I'm not yes. saying he's the best rusher. I know. That's Lamar Jackson. It isn't close. In terms of everything and, and passing... Running the ball, ball security. Are you talking about complete quarterback? As a, oh, and okay. that, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's better than Lamar. All right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, without a doubt. Anyone's debating that. But I'm saying like Kyler Murray or um, uh, Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'm grouping Josh Allen with those guys. In terms of rushing ability? Correct. At this point, he has shown that. I think he leads his team most games He's in a better runner than Hurts. Yeah. It's, he's a just more play different offenses. Like Hurts is, they're designed for him to make runs, and Josh Allen just does a lot more off script. And he's amazing. Correct, at it. correct. I agree with that. So, all in all, it was unreasonable to expect the Patriots to really come out and win this game. I think they could have put out a better fight, without a doubt. However, Mac Jones, unfortunately for me, is not an A plus guy or an A guy. I don't think he'll ever be an A to an A plus guy. I think that. 
how you compare Tua to Jim uh, to Jimmy G, I feel like that's more reasonable for Mac Jones. I feel like that's his ceiling for me, Jimmy G. He is not going to absolutely take over a game with his arm. The reason why they were not able to really dominate this game was because they could not get Damian uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson really going. They, they couldn't. Were, they were they down couldn't. Three touchdowns in a blink. And that eye. also has to do with their defense. But mostly, the where we saw the Patriots have their most success was on the ground, and they never really got going. You had Damian Harris nine for thirty. You have Ramondre eight for twenty-seven. Brandon Bolden didn't even get a carry, but we've seen him have a little bit of success when he got some opportunity. I just think that they need to either surround Mac with more weapons to maybe prove me wrong, say that he could be that A guy, even though I don't I don't see it personally. Or or the second option is really just go all in on defense and and try and have Mac Jones game manage his way to a Super Bowl. Is Mac Jones not better than Jimmy G right now? No. Why do you say that? No. What makes you say no like that, that emphatically? Jimmy G really has taken huge strides this year, where early in the year so, I was I was skeptical. He's really heated up. Mac Jones has better stats than Jimmy G this year. Jimmy G this Correct. year. And Jimmy G has been Play, on playing in an offense that is not the offense Jimmy G's playing in. If Mac Jones and San Fran, he's probably he's probably he probably throws twenty six touchdowns this year. Easily. Plus twenty six plus touchdowns this year. I think in the grand they scheme, both have the same yardage on the year. I think in the grand scheme of things, Debo also takes a lot of passing attempts away from Jimmy Garoppolo. He also helps him out. He had fifteen with, with without he had, without a doubt a hundred percent. But we saw a shift in the, in the game year. plan where you had Debo Samuel be that receiving threat, and then suddenly out of nowhere, he had games where he had zero receiving yards, but he had eighty rushing yards. I mean, there was just a flip in the game plan come a certain point of the season where you weren't really relying on Jimmy G to win you games. However, when his number was yeah. called, he was stepping up to the plate. I mean, we're talking about Mac Jones, who is working with a bottom five receiving core, but one of the best run games in the NFL. Four Niners are better. Yeah. Yeah. 49ers offensive line is better. Well, the personnel is better. Put, put, oh, that's facts. Put that's Mac facts. Jones with Kittle. Put Mac Kittle, Jones with Kittle, Debo, Debo oh, no, no, and IU. No, running, run back, run, a running back class. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Mitchell is mad good, he's, too. It's close. Mitchell is better than both those guys. crazy. Mitchell is better than Harris and Stevenson. They don't use another back. It's just Mitchell. Mitchell is better than Stevenson and Harris. I don't think he's better than Harris. Him and Harris are neck and neck. I think you could slice it out. And then you have Ramondre to add to that. Their secondary running back is Debo. I think I no. think Mac Jones, if he's not just as good as Jimmy G right now, he's slightly better. I made the two a comparison with Jimmy G because two is not as good as Jimmy G. He is. No, he's not. He is. He hasn't done anything to prove that. I don't know. Well, neither bro. is Mac Jones. Mac, is Mac Jones. Than Tua. He's had a he had a better season than Jimmy Mac's G. better than Tua. If Tua plays the whole year, they make the playoffs. So I don't want to hear this. Why? Yeah. How? How is that? How what is do you that mean? How? What, he missed three games? He played the he most missed, important game of the games. season in Week 17 and lost. He played the number one seed in the AFC. Oh. He, was, he couldn't win that one? Number one seed in the AFC. They were, what are you about? Against the Titans, he's saying. Oh, oh, word. Yeah, I was thinking Bro. Week 18. Yeah. No, because he All absolutely right. came out and dominated. He did. Oh man, <laughs> Mac Jones. I mean, I, whatever. No, I like Mac, bro. I it, I think Mac Jones is just. As good I like as Jimmy him too. G. And there's nothing wrong. With, so look, look, as you tell me, him. there's nothing wrong with Jimmy G. But do you see how it felt when I said Jimmy G? How did it feel? Because, did it feel good? <laughs> I think you just did that to stab my heart. I did. I don't. Exa- think you I wanted did that. you to feel that. Be, no, but but because I do feel that way. though. The difference is that 
I feel like you're wrong. <laughs> or I'm more right about well, it. Like, also feels I, like you're wrong. I feel, exactly. I, I understand that. But like, I think for Mac Jones, the more reasonable ceiling is Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr than it is Jimmy Ooh, G. I don't when know. He's, he's just as good as Jimmy G in his rookie season. Mm. Tua has not had a season as good as Jimmy G ever yet. Yeah, I mean, season's been a year. Mac Jones like, as yeah. a rookie has done it already. That's what I'm saying. All right, whatever. You know, <laughs> numbers don't lie. I guess like like Lil Wayne said, men lie, women lie. Numbers don't. So that's a fact. I thought Logic said that. Lil Wayne said it too. <laughs> Is it? I, okay, I could have sworn it was a song. Let's yeah. just say it's Lil Wayne because uh, he's cool. Yeah, no, 100. I was just throwing Logic out there. Before we go on to the next segment, shout out to DraftKings. You can use promo code TBPN. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers counting down to Super Bowl 56. New customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team, bet just $5, and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get it on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It was a great betting weekend. I ran up DraftKings. Shout out to y'all. It was it not. was a great weekend. Unfortunately not. Cowboys absolutely ruined the I weekend. had to parlay with all of my picks before I switched to the Raiders. So I that, actually that nice wanted to ask you guys, were you guys underwhelmed with the wild card weekend? Um the games, I mean, listen. We had some really a lot of yeah. the games the how they ended up was how I expected it to Because the first game it started off amazing. The Raiders and Bengals was great. But again, we knew that that was going to be a solid game. Did we see the Bills and Patriots game being close? Me personally, I thought I thought the it was going to be more competitive than that. 47 oh, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a little bit. Cards and Rams, the Rams just were so glad. I was expecting them to be more competitive, though. Because it's a division game. What was game. your records for the predictions? I was. I think we were all 5-1. Yeah. and one. I let you get in my head. That's why, bro. I let Thank the emotion, bro, he, I let the emotion was, get to He me. was supposed to be 6-0, and oh, but he switched yeah. his pick to the Raiders. That's yeah. why you always got to pick a, a side, man. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Who's your pick? Who's nah, your L? Nah, Who's your L? Nah, you, you know what's funny? Who's yours? Nah, uh, my L was the Raiders the and Bengals. Nah, yo, you know what's I funny? Know. When he had, if I knew he had the Raiders, just didn't remember. I wouldn't have taken it. Nah, nah, him. you know what's funny? He only switched his pick not because of the Raiders, bro. He switched it only because he switched it out of spite. Yeah, bro, of me saying Matt we were Ryan was better for like than an Carr. Hour, bro, on Friday about Derek Carr and Matt Ryan. I that was is, like, just, that because, is why. just because he wanted to prove me wrong about me saying Matt Ryan is better. He picked the Raiders and I Carr and was again. riding with him. That must have been crushing. It was, bro. It was a good ass game. It was, mad, bro. Nah, bro. I was pretty mad because I've been on. I've been high on Joe Burrow all year, calling him better than Lamar, and the fact that I bet. Against him, it left me sick to my stomach. I was on the plane watching the game. Kinda I actually had a little bit of juju with the Bengals. Yeah. It's like ah, but you I, trust I knew, him, but you really didn't. But I knew, Tate's better than oh, Jamar Chase. But I knew that it, you know, I knew the game was going to be close. I'm glad it was that close because it wasn't that bad of a prediction. Uh, I was. I, I asked you guys that because I was talking to my cousin about it, and he told me he thought the wild card weekend was really disappointing, 
And I told him, like, I understand that, but, like, if you think about it, it's the first round of the playoffs. When you watch the first round of the NBA, last year, like, more than half of the series ended up in five. Mid. They mm-hmm. ended in five. So the fact that people are expecting these games to be super close, I just don't agree with. I know right now they're talking about um, should we have really let seven teams into the playoffs because that seven team basically got embarrassed. But it's an absolute yes. The Steelers were the seven team. They got embarrassed. But if we're all being honest, that seven team should have been the Raiders or the Chargers. And if we. Dolphins? It, if we had oh, no, the, if the Chargers yes, I agree. if the Chargers were in the playoffs, it would have been wildly entertaining. Yeah. And Very. for the for the NFC, if the Vikings would have got in, oh, it would have been good. Seven, I don't know, man. Oh, the Eagles I don't win. know about that. But you're yeah, they, they right. weren't they weren't a beat. Char- Chargers, Chargers they and put Raiders. Up a fight. They would have, yeah. Yeah. It would have been a better game. This is Captain Kirk. Yeah, from no, but it would have been the Raiders versus uh the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, they probably kind of do get embarrassed, yeah, I think, yeah, too. I think so too. So maybe yeah. all and end, you know. Yeah. All and all, not, I don't know. Not, actually, would they? Have, I mean, the Raiders have been playing really good football. Uh, they just I they, they gave Chiefs. they gave a high powered offense a really they they I got molly whopped against the Chiefs when molly they faced them. Oh, no, no, like no, <laughs> no, no, right. no, they did, right. they did, they did, they did. Like week four, no, he means just saying the word, the, the word, the phrase, yeah, yeah. the word, <laughs> molly wop. Yeah, it's yeah. Just something you don't hear every day. Yeah, no. shout out Colt, shout out man, shout out who, Colt, Colt. We'll leave it at that. Molly wopped, Colt molly wopped, yeah, Colt molly wopped. That was some IPs. Shout out incredible youth. Yeah, facts. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. Come on, bro. Are you a hackensack head? Come I don't on, know what that man. means. What? My, I just said, Yeah. No, no. What? I know who he is. Uh-huh. I just didn't know Molly Wap was a phrase. Oh, like, oh. Oh. you just used so you just, it. I no, I use it, but I didn't know. <laughs> if you used it correctly? No, 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 no. I know I used it correctly, but when I used the phrase, I didn't expect you to give him the cameo. Uh, oh, absolutely. He's, yeah, his name is Colt he, Molly Wap. He's been like that forever. Yeah. The Raiders fired Mike Mayock. <laughs> um, they fired him after three seasons, even after making the playoffs. Twenty-five and twenty-four record with him as the GM. So now the Gruden and the Mike Mayock regime is done and it's over with. They <laughs> interviewed Dave Ziegler, which is the Patriots director of player personnel. Still yet to be determined if he is going to be the GM. Rich Basaccia, who hand wrote letters to all his players. Who knows if he's back as head coach? What do you think about the Raiders, the direction they're moving in after firing Mayock? This is tough, truthfully, because the Raiders really came together once Gruden went out, or I would say these last like four or five games, they really impressed me. I had been extremely down on the Raiders, and I don't know if that's my Broncos hate or my genuine analysis of the Raiders. I just felt at a certain point I was watching the Raiders game and their defense just was not what they were these last couple of weeks. They really came together against the Colts. They put up a great performance. Against the Bengals, they put up a really solid performance. And against the Chargers, it was a slugfest without a doubt, a a true division game. But ultimately, their offense, as good as their defense was, their offense came to play, and and they put up points to, to, to beat the Chargers. And then to come in against the Bengals and give arguably top two, top three hottest offenses in the NFL... They didn't stop them by any means, but they gave them some fits. Down the stretch, they had some big-time stops. They got to Joe Burrow. They definitely made him feel the pressure. It does not help that Joe Burrow has one of the worst offensive lines in the league, but they definitely got to the quarterback, and they definitely made Joe feel it. Do I think this was a good decision? This is hard. I, I lean more so, yes, given the fact that his draft history 
he hit on the 2019 draft to a degree. He got a, a Cleveland Flair with the fourth overall pick was a bad choice, in my opinion. I don't think that that was would, would have been my choice yeah, by any means. Terrible. Wasn't Josh Allen not the quarterback, the defensive end available at that that point in time? Yeah, I feel like that and, would have been my route. No, yeah, yeah, Josh. Allen. Yes, Josh Allen. I was gonna say and Quinnen, but he was the third pick. So then they took Josh Jacobs in the first round, but late first round. Josh Jacobs was. To a degree, one of the main reasons why the Raiders had so much success against the Bengals on offense, Josh Jacobs was flat out awesome. I'm very happy with that pick. Me and you, we kind of debated, is he a top 10 back? He's not a top 10 back, but he's just outside. He has that explosive ability. He has both the ability to catch the ball and run the ball, both at high levels. I really like his game. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy or not. Then you bring in Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram's a good ball player. I just feel like he's too risky with the way uh, his play style is too risky for my liking. It's been underwhelming. Max Crosby was a late pick for them. I th- was he a third round pick? Fourth, I think. Fourth third or third, third. Either way, you either way you shake it. A Pro Bowl player, amazing, amazing talent at the edge rush position. Yeah. He was Crosby a great pickup for them. And you have Hunter Renfro in this Round draft five. also. He was their best wide receiver this year. And then you just look at his 2020 draft, and I feel like that's the one that really stands out for me. Henry Ruggs, it's very unfortunate what happened with, with that situation. Who knows what Ruggs could have been. He'll never play football again. He'll never play football for the Raiders at the very minimum. I doubt we ever see him in the NFL. Damon Arnett, not a good pick by any means. Lynn Bowden, not a good pick by any means. Brian Edwards, if I'm looking at these four, I he's an average pick. He's very average. Yeah, he's a guy. And then you draft Alex Leatherwood in the first round this year. He hasn't been good. I wasn't. No, he was. He's been awful this yeah, year. Yeah, he was really like bad, he, especially he, against the Bengals. He got moved from his natural position to guard because he was that awful, yeah. and he Had was awful guard. at guard. <laughs> and and you took him very early. I thought Leatherwood was a late first round at best. And I, Christian Darrisaw should have been the pick. There. Correct for sure. And you bring in Trayvon Morrig, which definitely helps that safety position. But other than that, you really didn't have any true studs. I mean, you had Nate Hobbs, who was a starter. And he has a little bit of potential, He's but I, I, we'll, we'll see how that shakes up. A late round pick, you definitely will take it. And then free agency signings, who did, who had he brought in that really was a difference maker for them? He went out and, and made that A-B trade. That's unfortunate the way that it shook out. And again, we spoke about it on our, our Zoom podcast that that trade ended up being Deontay Johnson. Now imagine Deontay Johnson on this offense. That'd be pretty great. You bring in this offseason, Kenyon uh, Drake, excuse me, uh, to... To have some death in that running they gave back him a room. Lot of money too. Hey, how much was that contract? It was like it might have been like ten million oh, a year. Yeah, or I was, like I'm that. looking at it now. I'm sorry. Two years, uh, eleven million dollar contract. Now I understand Kenyon Drake was solid with Arizona for a year, and it was like four games down the stretch. But even that last season, he wasn't anything to to really boast about. Yeah. And then this year, you bring him in to kind of take away touches from from Josh Jacobs, given the fact that you know Josh Jacobs is injury prone to a degree. I remember there was one point in the season where his injury tag was everything and and that did make me laugh. However, Josh Jacobs has the talent to be the guy. He showed it down the stretch and it got to a point where Kenyon Drake was really irrelevant. And another great signing by him was Yannick Ngakwe. That was a really good signing for them. He was really solid for them this year. And it's just unfortunate that nothing else really worked out for him. You brought in John Brown. He really didn't do anything for them. Brought back Carl Joseph. He was okay. I just don't think that he did enough for me to say he could he should be their long-term GM, but he definitely had some decent picks for the Raiders that at least made them a playoff team this year. Yeah, I mean, the reason he got fired because he was John Gruden's guy. You know, Gruden, he picked, Gruden picked him at the end of the 2018 season to say, this is the GM I want. And there's been reports back and forth if, was it Mayock making the final decision on picks? Was it John Gruden? It was so, John. So, he had the final decision on picks. 
Uh, the owner Davis. Al Davis or Mike? Uh, not Al. He's no, it's old, not Al Davis. It's uh, the, yeah. his son. Yeah, search the name of place. I, I, I want to say it's Mike. But he he said that the decision making was fifty one to forty nine. Gruden had final so say stupid, on every bro. decision. Yeah. Okay. Regardless of you want Mark, to do it, Mark Mark Davis. Mark Davis. Um, yeah, and, and he's fifty one to forty. Yeah, like at that point, like what's what's the point? Like you guys are doing this together. I guess if Gruden wants to have the final say, I mean, you know, he's the coach, but Gruden's a very outlier coach who got this ten year contract that we really don't see at all. But no, Drew hit it on the head. I mean, at the end of the day, you're gonna get. Um, you know, the blame or the praise, depending on how you got on these draft picks. And he didn't really hit on many. You got Max Crosby in round four, Hunter Renfro in round five, and those are really your two standouts. And they're really good players, don't get me wrong. But when you have you had 13 picks in the top 100, and you have two for-sure starters, it's Josh Jacobs and Trayvon Morig. Those are your only two. You have 13 picks in the top 100. I need Merrick. a little bit more than that. Was Merrick. Trayvon Merrick. Merrick. And even still, I, Josh Jacobs is a really good running back, but I think he's replaceable. I don't think he's someone that is a once in a, a generation or someone that, you know, a team's going out and like, oh, we'll go and trade a first round pick for Josh Jacobs. So I don't think he just didn't make enough difference making picks at the position. He gave out some bad contracts like Trent Brown, who gave big money to trade him the next year. Rodney Hudson gave big money to trade him the next year. And even though Kenyon Drake had his moments, I still think he was overpaid and Gakwe had his moments too. And even if you look at that 2020 draft with Henry Ruggs, I know he's super fast, and the Raiders have been known for always wanting their fast players. Um, I forgot the receiver. It, it just slipped my mind. Who? Tyra Williams. No. He was a first-round pick by the Raiders. He was, should have never gotten the Darius first. Darius Hayward Bay. Yes. He's just fast as hell, and the Raiders just wanted speed. But it just kind of reminds me of that, and maybe that's just a Raiders, Al, or Mark Davis kind it of ownership It was Tyreek Hill being in that division. Seeing him two times a year, they wanted that type of player. Yeah, because you no, see, Henry Ruggs did. He... he Gave their offense a different element to it, though. Yeah, you but know, it's just sad what happened. It was a crisis. It, it was, of course. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of people probably still had Judy Lamb. Maybe not Jettas, but even still, I, I think Jettas. Uh, yeah, he's become the best. But I think a lot of people, taking, at least Judy and Lamb over them taking rugs. If we take the crisis aside, which is hard to do, but just on production, he, he has been better than year. Judy Lamb. Like if you put rugs on Dallas, I mean, was he better than Judy? I think he's better than Judy. I was going to say well, last year. No, but I'm saying numbers-wise. No, last rookie, year rookie, his rookie season, Henry Ruggs didn't live up to didn't the do hype. anything. But this year, he was on pace for 1,000 yards. Was he? Yeah. He was yeah. on pace for 1,000. So, at the end of the day, like I said, Mayaki just didn't make enough difference-making picks or moves. They did get better you know, each season, but at the end of the day, it's because he was John Gruden's guy. Mark Davis wants to bring in his own guy. Probably bring in a new coach, too, I would imagine, if you're also hiring a new GM. Um, so, it doesn't surprise me to see him go. I mean, I agree with what you guys said. I think um, he's missed on too many early round picks. That's really what it's about. Um, missing on that many first round picks, he's basically missed on every single first round pick. John Gruden and Mike Mayock. 2019, they had two first round picks. They drafted Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abram. Josh Jacobs, I'm okay with the pick. Jonathan Abram has been disappointing. And it's um, when you're drafting that high and that was that pick was part of the Khalil Mack trade, you are expected to draft the difference maker there. And Jonathan Abram has been anything but that. He's a hard hitter. He plays hard, but he's just, he's average below average. Colin Farrell, that was the biggest missed off. He's one of the biggest busts that we've seen in a while. Like he is, that's just what he is. It's just the bottom, it's the bottom line. He was a healthy scratch. I'm pretty sure opening day to that this year, especially having so many options at that pick. You could have went with Josh Allen. Um, 
I believe there were other picks as well around that area. I just want to look back to it. There, there was a ton, I'm sure. I mean, Quillen Farrell has eight sacks in three years. He's a special teams rotational guy at this point. Just about anybody who could have taken F4 is going to be better yeah, than him. Clint Farrell. I mean, look, Clint Farrell, he was drafted over Devin White, Josh Allen, TJ Hawkinson, even Ed Oliver would have been a better pick. Devin Bush, Jonah Williams, and Sean Gary, Christian Wilkins, Brian Burns, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, obviously, it's hard to really judge, judge this in hindsight, yeah. but they had three first-round picks in 2019, and they drafted Farrell, Jacobs, and Abram. Jacobs is the only one that hit, and you just had to really draft. Yes, Jacobs hit. Bro, no, no, I'm saying really Abram's good. not bad. He's not bad. He's not He's, good. But first-round pick yeah, worthy, facts. come on. Like, I agree. No, no. I, agree. Like I agree. I agree. I agree. So I think this was the correct move. Yep. I just think that the Raiders are, this year, they had a Cinderella story. I think next year they're going to be back to being dysfunctional again and not making the playoffs for years Still to come. <laughs> Unless they get John Harbaugh. I think John Jim. Harbaugh, Jim, or yeah, Jim, yeah. Right, Jim. Unless they get Jim Harbaugh, I think Jim Harbaugh can bring stability to the Raiders organization. Does he want to go to the Raiders? I'm not sure. There are reports linked to him maybe taking the job. He's the favorite to take the job right now. He's the favorite to that. be hired. I don't think that happens. I think Jim Harbaugh. He went to the 49ers. They were abysmal. Alex Smith was labeled a bust. He turned Alex Smith's career around. They cool. made an NFC championship, then the Super Bowl the very next year. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has had success in the NFL. I trust him as a coach. I would love him with the Raiders, but, you know, who knows if he's going to go there. Do you guys think um, – sorry, what were you going to say? I'd love him to the Broncos. Oh, You're you going to be devastated if he Dan goes Quinn. to the Raiders. Oh, man, You're getting no. Dan Quinn. That'd Can we crazy, not manifest bro. that? That'd, That'd be bad. Let's manifest – there's no way you Listen, could fire Kellen Fangio Moore, and hire another defensive coach because Fangio is a phenomenal defensive coach. It's like either, it's hard to get better than him. It's either we get Nathaniel or we get Flores. I don't want. I wouldn't mind Quinn. Abel. Uh, Bills. Yeah, see. yeah. I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah. There's been rumors that him and the Bills assistant GM are both going to go to the Giants. That'd be pretty cool. Very. Yeah. Turn if they get around. Russell Wilson, yeah. maybe. Oh, they could. As long as Pete Carroll stays, bro, Jones. Russ really might leave. Yeah, I was what I was going to say is, what do you think happens to Derek Carr this offseason? Do you think Derek Carr gets moved? He's been rumored in, in trades. I think if they do, they're the dumbest franchise ever. Uh, <laughs> unless Derek Carr asks to be traded like a Stafford situation, you don't trade him. I agree. He's the only thing going for the Raiders right now outside of that pass rush, honestly. Yeah. like Derek Carr is the, he's the pillar for that team. And he's a top 10 level quarterback. Like, you know, trading him or letting him go is just flat out ridiculous what he did this year is insane being able to get through your head coach and your number one you know receiving threat and just like yeah we'll still go to the playoffs that's and losing that half your old line before the yeah. season started also just made yeah Derek work. Carr losing Darren Waller for five weeks yeah. yeah so yeah turning Hunter Renfro into a wide receiver one yeah oh. that was ridiculous that's crazy you're, so you're on my side again that he made Hunter Renfro because last week you guys said no no Whoa, he I said it's a little Hunter bit of 50-50 I, I never said he made Hunter Renfro I think that's ridiculous well, you, just, you just said yeah to him no, I said that's ridiculous. Oh, okay. I was just saying, y'all love to not pick sides. Whoa, whoa, me? I'm the king and of I, picking I, sides. And, and you and you saying that last week really... Hunter Renfro's good. No, it, he's, he's good. it he's really good. made me disgusted in what Who? you said. Me? Yes. What did I say? Because to say that Derek Carr made Hunter Renfro that number one option when versus the Chargers, they were literally double teaming him. I don't he think had 17 that, yards. I don't think they were double teaming. Him. I they, were, they were giving him De, Devontae Adams. Yes, because treatment, who are you bro. supposed to cover? Darren Waller played. 
First game first back. Game. He <laughs> like, didn't do anything. Oh, come on, bro. Like, he played, though. Hey, he, like, do, he had two catches. When a defense is giving you that respect, it's because you're a great player yeah, no, on your own. Good. Not just sure, Derek sure. Carr is your quarterback. Derek Carr is also mad good. Yeah, I know he's good. That's what I'm saying. Why are you looking at me? He's the one that said that Derek Carr I made the him. One who said it. Like what? Am, uh, that's what I'm I was also you no, you're that the one that said it. No, no I said it to sell. No, no bro. I said it to sell. Last week, Drew said it. No, bro. I did I'm not. telling you, I said it. Drew said it was. It was like fifty fifty. No, <laughs> bro. Does it you that said it? I said it. No, yeah. I don't remember I was it that disgusted. way. Disgusted. <laughs> that's why I was like, why is he calling for Drew? <laughs> like what? The, no, no, what no, no. I was like, ah, if you want to go for it, bro. No, because I, I. Vividly remember Drew on Zoom last week during the preview saying the fact that Derek Carr has made Hunter Renfro. Oh, that was me as hell. I don't know if that was you. Was that you? Bro, I, a thousand percent it was me. Yeah, He's I'm disgusted in what you said, bro. <laughs> All right, there we that, go. That really disgusted me. There we go. I almost vomited, vomited in my mouth, bro. <laughs> Again? Again, yeah. And you saw the comments. They was on you about that. Yeah, they were. I just think I, I look at it as Derek Carr is a borderline top 10 quarterback and Hunter Renfro is like, what? Mate? He's not even a top 20 receiver. He's like... 25. So did Dak make Cole Beasley? Dak? Yeah. I mean, Renfro is better than Cole Beasley. I know. Did Dak make him? No, I mean, but I think Hunter Renfro is better than Cole Beasley ever was. So Easily. Like, yeah. I know. So why are you saying that Derek Carr made Renfro a viable option? I'm, I'm confused by the question. I'm This Cole Beasley thing threw me off. I understand. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, a little bit. He's trying to say that if, if are you going to say that Dak Prescott made Cole Beasley what he is? What was what was Cole Beasley's best year in Dallas? Eight hundred yards. He was all right. He's a great option. Iraq, though. I mean, he? he was a great security blanket. He was. Then he had a thousand yards in Buffalo the very next year. Yeah, got to play with Josh Allen. That's nice. Yeah, did Josh Allen make him, or was Cole Beasley just good? I mean, he, he was the second option. I mean, Josh Allen uh, plays a huge part in it. I know, Josh Allen. John Brown. And but why? Why are we saying that Dak made Beasley? Because Beasley no, 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 wasn't no, supposed no, no. to be like a. Good I don't. Player. I don't believe he made Beasley. No, I understand. But why is that the question? Because Beasley because wasn't if, a if you prospect. if you don't think that Dak made Beasley, how can you possibly think Carr made Renfro when Dak is better than Carr and Beasley's worse than Renfro? There's a lot to unpack here. I understand what you're saying now. I understand <laughs> I, what you're saying I do, now. I do know what you're saying. And it's just. They when were double-teaming him, bro. Yes, I know. The Chargers. When I just think of it, like, my logic is... Bro, he cooked Kenny Moore. I, I understand. A Pro Bowl slot corner. Can I talk, bro? Yes. When I think of it, <laughs> we, we agree that Derek Carr is, like, a borderline top 10 quarterback, and we don't even we don't even talk about Hunter Renfro in the top 20 receivers. He's there's a, a lot, good receiver. a lot of really great receivers, Yeah, though. that's fair. And there's still more receivers than quarterbacks. Oh, he had yeah. nine touchdowns what this year. What team wouldn't Renfro be the second, third option on? I can't think of any. I mean, before this year, was Renfro a, a no. strong number two, number Hell three? No. Nah. What do you? I mean, number last, year, two, yeah. last year was his rookie. No, no I would no, say number year three. Was year two for him. Yeah, or was it rookie? Or no, last he, year? it was his third year, I believe. Because let's year. be real, it was Waller's the one, regardless yeah. of whether you want to see him as a wide receiver or a tight end. He was the first option. Then nothing. you had Rugs. Last year, had Renfro had six hundred fifty-six yards. Yeah, it's mid. Yeah, this year, he had one hundred three receptions, a thousand thirty yards, nine, nine touchdowns. touchdowns. All right, that was rude. Sorry, sorry, Renfro Hunter. <laughs> Renfro comma Hunter Calvin Ridley has been making the news cycle Because there's talk about a potential trade for him Now this is really quick We can make this really brief And then get into our preview and predictions For the divisional round Let's do it What do you think is the best destination for Calvin Ridley We know he took a break from the Falcons Due to mental health issues There hasn't been an official report yet Made from the Atlanta Falcons That they want to trade Ridley 
but there's been a lot of rumors circulating that they would love a second round pick, a conditional one that maybe could turn into a first rounder. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2023. There would be a lot of suitors in the market. Now, who, what team do you want to see Calvin Ridley on? There's a ton of teams that there's could use lot. him. I there's mean, I, I have like 12 listed here, but there's <laughs> there's just a couple things you have to think about. One, you know, hopefully all of his mental health is good. You know, that's first and foremost. Got to make sure that he's back, fully commits to football, and he's ready to play. That, that's first and foremost. He's also a bit older, I think, than a lot of people imagine he is. He's going to be 29 at the end of next season. What? Already. I know it's it's insane, but he was 24 years old as a rookie. That's why he, he was a very old rookie. What in God's name? And, I mean, for reference, Jamar Chase had just turned 21 in this mm. past season. So he was an old rookie who came in. And then, as you mentioned, he's a free agent in 2023. So you'd have to trade a second-round pick, like you mentioned, possibly conditional. It turns into a first. He's going to be 30 you know, in 2023, and you're going to have to pay him $20 million. So I know we've talked a lot about the Jets potentially getting him. I would love it. I, it would be really cool for Zach and us to finally have a wide receiver one again. It's been since Brandon Marshall, since we really had like a dominant wide receiver. Um, Antonio <laughs> Holmes. So Antonio Holmes, even those in those days. <laughs> Eric Decker? He was a two to Marshall. No, he, he, was, was, he, he was. was. He was. I just, I don't see Dustin Joe Keller. Douglas. I don't see Joe Douglas giving up premium draft capital to go after a 29-year-old wide receiver and then having to pay him $20 million. I don't see Joe Douglas doing that, even though it would help Zach Wilson. Do you think so, he deserves 20? Kenny Galli got 17. Okay, but a couple other teams that are ready to make a Super Bowl run, even though we love the Jets, we're, they're not there yet. The Patriots, as we talked about earlier, is one of those teams. They're ready I, to make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, sure. Who? Why not the Patriots? Yeah, the Pats. If they get a true wide receiver, so. one you have Bill Belichick coaching up that defense. Why not? That defense got smoked though, bro. Like I know, but like their I defense have, I think is not as good as we think they are. I have all the faith in Belichick it's, it's to be able Belichick, to make it work. So I can understand where they were the best defense from. in the league. For, like, you they can had argue that. Do I agree with you? No. Do I? You can. Do I see what you're saying? Can sure. they not win a playoff game next year? And, yes, and, but like you know, Super then you're right in the hope. Yeah, Super Bowl runs crazy. There's a. There's just you can go down to the final six teams. Like you're pretty damn good. It's just like who are you going to project to be better for the future? The Bengals or them? Bengals. There you go. That's but at the end of the day, it's a one game playoff series, and you have Bill Belichick going up against all these teams. He's gonna be the best coach every time. The Dolphins are getting. I don't know. Too. He I'm got outcoached with Sean McDermott. Bang, bro. Uh, bro, it's a once in look, a lifetime. And Brian <laughs> Dable. Brian Dable outcoached them. Regardless, teams that are getting better. Okay, quickly. if you don't want to give it a Super Bowl run, He's a 70. playoff run, a team that needs a wide receiver and is ready to make a step, and at least think the Patriots are going to go into next season thinking Hungry. they could go for a Super Bowl. I agree. Okay, so Patriots are one of Patriots. Your options. Another team is the Ravens. I think if you add him to. Uh, Marquise Brown and Bateman and Andrews. All of a sudden, you have a top five weapons room in the NFL. The Colts would be another one who yeah. have always seemed to be like a For receiver sure. away. You get Carson Wentz, another weapon to pair up with Michael Pittman. So those are at least the um, you know the contenders. There's a bunch of other teams that could use him, but those are just kind of top of my head that I think he would go and make a difference and be able to you know go on a playoff run. Okay, now what team do you want to see Ridley on? I mean, I want to see him on the Jets. Come on, uh, I want to see him on the Jets, but I also understand the hesitancy. Unbiased opinion. Unbiased opinion. Ravens. Like, you want to see Ridley on the Ravens? That'd be so cool. Okay. I love Lamar. Are you? Are we? My turn now. One hundred percent. Miami. They need that number two option to pair with Jalen Waddle. That would also give Mike Kosicki a little bit of leniency as well. He's a free agent, I believe. And I think they bring him back. Mike Kosicki is one of the better tight ends in the league. That's not saying much. That's he can't tight block ends. though. He cannot block to save his life. There's not many guys. He on doesn't that even line up as a tight end, bro. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're. You're not like telling me much. I don't know. Yeah, listen, bro. I'm with not you. Not a lot of tight ends get paid to block. Yeah, no, especially nowadays. I mean, Kelsey's the best tight end in the league, and he's not the world's best blocker by any means. 
However, mm. now you bring in Calvin. What? He's good. That's wrong. I think he's, he's a, a good blocker. He's yeah. not. He's not. A, he's a good blocker. I'm, he's not an elite blocker. He's yeah. not Kelsey. Kelsey he's, I'm, excuse me. He's not uh, Kittle or he's not Kelsey, Gronk. Kittle, and Andrews don't get paid to block. They get paid to make big catches. And that's Kittle, what Gesicki does. Kittle was. But Andrews is a great blocker, though. Kittle, yeah, Kittle was labeled better than Kelsey in, Kel- I think, the year that Kelsey broke the record for receiving yards <coughs> because Kittle could block. Yeah. yeah. But but, I'm saying Kel- Kittle doesn't yeah, get a huge K- contract. Kittle, Kittle, Kittle is Fair. an elite blocker. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. I don't think Kel- Kelsey probably is not an elite blocker, but he's, he's a great one. Yeah, though. he's really good. He's great. He's just, I think he's so. a, he's let, me, big. let me hit the film room, and I will let you know if he's, if, if, if he's great. Blocking that's film. it, right? That's, <laughs> that what, that's what I got to do. However, like I was saying about the Dolphins, they need... Another option on the outside. Will Fuller, Will Fuller coming into this year was supposed to be that guy. You paid him $10 million for one year, and he only played barely a game for you. I think he played a, a quarter, I think, something around those lines. Will Fuller barely played for them. And the Dolphins were one of the league leaders in drops this year. They were eighth in, in total drops in 24. And I, as much as I like Devontae Parker as a ball player, he's not he's not an option that I want on the outside. Calvin Ridley showed that he can do it by himself. Uh, given the fact that Julio was not on the field a, a good portion of last season, and even still, Calvin really had over 1,300 yards and a, a, a boatload of touchdowns. He's had double-digit touchdowns in in his career already in a season. I just think you bring that to to that extra factor to Miami's offense on top of continuously building that offensive line. They have the cap space. I believe they have the most cap space in the NFL, so they could pay him if that once that once his contract expires, they would would be suitors to give him a contract as well. I feel like that's probably the best destination for Calvin Ridley. I'm looking at his PFF grade. So, he's a good run blocker, probably below average. This year 59.7 run blocking grade. 2020 it was at 79 though. For his career, he's been around like the 60s to 70s area. I felt that's what I wasn't saying that he was bad. Yeah, I just he's not a a great blocker to me. At least the numbers back in Dutch. So you want to see him in Miami? I would like to see him in Miami. I feel like I would not be opposed to the Jets because I agree with you. You need you bring Zach Wilson a true number one option that, that just opens elev- up everything beyond belief. The box you can't and you put him with Lafleur. Really, yeah. they could just really do some dynamic you got things. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and Calvin Ridley. Oof. But now you bring in the Alabama crew of Ridley, Waddle, and Tua. That really that really starts to get me excited. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded. I, you know what? I'll say it again. You bring in Waddle. Uh, t- excuse me. You bring in Ridley to pair with Waddle and Tua. It really ge- it, it gets me it's excited. hundred yeah, percent. Sure. One of the fastest, most explosive, clean route running duo wide receivers in the NFL. Wow. Kind of got stuck. Little parts, in my throat. Bro? Yeah, I kind of got like something that stuck in my throat right now. Mm. Uh, what about this? Calvin Ridley. <laughs> what team I want to see him on? There are a couple options. The Dolphins are one. The, the Patriots, the Eagles are another one that are, that's a sleeper. Browns are huge too. We haven't mentioned um, the facts. The Browns are huge, I think too. The Saints could Saints. use one, but you know their cap situation is is ridiculous. Yeah. The Colts, I would love that. They need a they need a true number one threat. Definitely. I want to see Ridley on the Jets. If the Jets want Zach Wilson to take that. Leap next season to take flight. They need to bring, yep, they need to bring in a wide receiver number one. And what better guy to bring in than an all pro in Calvin Ridley? I understand his age, he'll be 29 at the end of next season. But I look at the Jets if you can have a receiving core of Elijah Moore, Calvin Ridley, Corey Davis, 
Braxton Berrios not even in the mix, but, you know, come in as a replacement guy here and then on some snaps. We get a tight end. Dalton Schultz. I think this offense becomes scary. And Ooh, I like that. I do. I like that. And I think Zach Wilson takes a gigantic leap to the point that the Jets are in playoff contention next year. Might not make it. But we'd be in the mix, and if there and if it's a and it's if if it if it comes down to a week seventeen week eighteen game, I know for a fact he won't do what Tua did. And Zach (laughs) will get if he's playing the best team in the AFC. I have my doubts. He beat the best team in the AFC. Who? Zach. He beat the Titans and the Bengals. But they had no Derrick Henry. They had no AJ Brown. They had no Julio Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they didn't have Derrick Henry either. The, no, the, they did. They the did Jets have Derrick Henry. The, the, you guys did have Derrick Henry. Derrick Facts. Yeah. Yeah. You they did. Have the receivers. Facts. They didn't have the receivers. Yeah. Bro, fumble. The Jets have to be having Facts. meaningful right. games because Derrick Henry had like a thousand touches. Yeah. Next, exactly, next bro. December, bro, we have to be in meaningful games. We have Yo, to be damn. eight wins. Like we have to be ready to <laughs> yeah, fight for the playoffs. <laughs> and I love that. I just don't trust Douglas. To make and that that's move. the thing. Uh, the re- I, Joe Douglas is very smart and calculated with his decisions. So. I don't know if he'd go out and trade for a guy like Ridley, but the reason why I believe he will is because you look at the free agency crop of wide receivers this offseason. Mike Williams, I wouldn't trust him. I'd rather trust Ridley. I'd rather tr- I try- I'd rather pay Ridley than Mike Williams. Allen Robinson, I'd rather pay Ridley than Robinson. I don't think there's a chance in hell we get Devontae Adams. So nah. he's just off the table. Gallup, torn ACL. Godwin, torn ACL. I think those are more riskier than Ridley, and I would take. I don't Godwin see over Ridley. Easy. I don't see. I don't see a top wide receiver in this draft outside of Jamison Williams that the Jets should spend the tenth overall pick on. I don't think Joe Douglas is going to spend the tenth overall pick on a receiver. I agree. The only way to get a game breaking one is by trading for Ridley or signing one, mm-hmm. and I think the Jets are going to be uber aggressive in doing that. We have the 35th pick and the 38th pick in the draft. Two second rounders. We got one from the Sam Donald trade. Essentially, we traded Sam Donald for Calvin Ridley. The Falcons just won a second round pick. Let Trade them the, the pick Carolina gave us. Essentially, we traded Sam Donald for Calvin Ridley. I take that 10 times out of 10. We'll handle whether we pay him or not later. Let's just get him in the building. Let's get Calvin Ridley in there. Get a weapon for Zach. And I told you guys through text, man, Zach going to get Ridley's mental real right. He's a great guy. He's a good dude. I I think he has the brightest smile in the world. (laughs) And just that alone, I think Ridley's going to really shine in New York with Zach Wilson. He's a perfect fit for Michael Ford's offensive West Coast scheme. Perfect route runner. This was a match made in heaven. I think the Jets inevitably trade for Calvin Ridley, and they will be the surprise of the NFL next year, and Zach Wilson is going to show all of his haters while he's the best quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft class. There's no doubt about that. I'm glad there's no Zach Wilson haters here. Yeah, of course not. I can't hate on him. I'd be stupid, too. Yeah. I really do think he's nice. Yes. He he's nice. I'm excited, bro. Yeah, he's I'm excited. He's so good. Dolan Schultz, that's I'm really quick. Do you think it's a contract year type situation where he played very well because it was a contract year? Or this do you really believe his first opportunity too? Correct. Correct. Cuz uh I mean, yeah, Blake Jarwin got hurt last year and then they had obviously Dak was hurt, so I mean, mm-hmm. it's completely different. The Jets have room for error. We have cap space, we have a ton of picks. 
I would still draft the tight end, even if I do sign Schultz. But what's that contract going to look like? Are you going to give him? I don't John think it's going to be. Are you going to give him Janu money? I, I don't think it's going to be insane. He might be worth more than Janu at this point. But I, I will say this though: anything is better than Ryan Griffin. Agreed. Tyler Croft. I sure. agree. So Dal- Dalton Schultz, he would have the same role in New York that he had in Dallas, essentially, if we do get Ridley. Ridley and Moore, our first two options. Corey Davis now becomes our third option. Even Corey Davis could be our second option. You never, you really never know. Yeah, we can move off that contract after next year. And then we have Dalton Schultz. And the way that Joe Douglas structures his contracts, he's very calculated. He always puts the Jets in the best position. I think, I think we'll be fine. So Goddard's year. making fifty-seven million. Are you giving Dalton Schultz sixty? He's going to be around that fifty million dollar range, probably. Would you give Dalton Schultz sixty mil? Yes. Yeah. How many years? <laughs> didn't seem very. Uh, probably four, four, four years. So fifteen a year for Dalton Schultz, bro. That's what I'm saying like it's a that's lot. It's a risk. expensive. I don't think he's gonna get more than Goddard though. Goddard is better. This year Schultz was crazy good. He was. Mad he was good. crazy good. He's also a very you know high powered high offense, pass happy yeah. offense. But if you bring in Ridley, you sign Dalton Schultz. Corey Davis is your number two again. Elijah Moore actually would take that number two. Yeah. My, I think that would be more beneficial. Yeah. Maybe it, it gets worth it, but I don't know if I would take that risk. It's a, a lot, lot of, of money. money. It is. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm down. I don't really care. <laughs> I I'm going all in. I'm going all in with my chips. Fair enough. It doesn't for me, the Jets have to go all in. They you have to put to all healthy. the chips. Are you gonna project you Zach healthy. to be better than Zach next year? Because if that's the case, I'm fine with the Dolan Schultz signing. Do I project Zach to be better than Dak? Yes. Ah, that's tough. No. Not it's a loaded there, question. Yeah. It's a loaded question. And but I will I'm putting say this. you on the spot. I'm sorry. I will say this. The Jets had the 13th ranked offensive line this year. And Douglas is thing. Surprising. I, I know people are going to. Without Makai. Yes. I know. But George Fant was awesome at left. True. Time. True. I know people are going to take that stat and use it to knock Zach Wilson. Oh, man. He had great protection. Oh, and he was mid at best. All right. Whatever. You can use that. The reason I won't use that and the reason why I think it's a positive is because you know what that tells me? That tells me the Jets aren't a dumpster fire. I'd much rather Zach be bad with our supporting cast good than him be bad with an awful cast like Darnold because now I can truly gauge what Zach is. Okay, okay, this isn't working because it's Zach, right? But he got better as the season progressed, and the fact that our offensive line is the 13th-ranked offensive line, Joe Douglas built it up from the last one to 13th. It's only going to get better. I agree. We are going to, he's going to draft an offensive lineman early in the draft. We F4. know that's what Joe Douglas does. Yep. He's probably going to sign some, some, um, some depth at that position, if not a, a primetime guy like a Brandon Scherf. You never know. We, we can really do that. You'd love that. If we'd have a top five line. Yeah. Elijah Brett Tucker is a Pro Bowl level guard. Yes. Connor McGovern is a starting center. If okay. we get, if we get, He's a Pro Bowl level left yeah, tackle. Our yes. left side of the offensive line is great. Even if it's George Fant starting there, it's great. Morgan Moses it's bringing really him good. back at the right tackle, that'll be fine. We're going to have a great offensive line. We're, I think we're going to have a top 10 offensive line next year. We just get the weapons. I would even draft a running back another to compliment Mike Carter. I, okay. And, and, now, around, and so. now we're talking. I think Zach's going to have a breakout season. Like, this... You can knock him for having a better situation than other rookie quarterbacks this year outside of Mac Jones. Okay, I agree. I would say Mac and Lance had better situations, there's no doubt. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, I guess theirs was slightly worse, even though the Bears offensive line wasn't bad either. Like they were like middle of the pack, and so were the Jaguars. They were all middle of the pack. So all these guys had similar situations in a sense. 
I think Zach takes that leap next year, and I, I'm glad that we're not a dumpster fire. The Jets are heading in the right direction. We got the right coach. We got we got the right play caller. We got the right GM who makes smart trades. I think I, I love this. I think we're trending in the right direction. Oh, without a doubt. I'm very high on you guys. It's about Stop. staying healthy. That's going to be number one. It's been year after year we got hurt. We yeah. saw at the end of this season Elijah Moore go down, Corey Davis go down. We've um, most of we have, I think we're the number one team in terms of injury, our salary uh, cap in the on, on the in IR, the IR yeah. on the IR. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and we're year, looking into it like with the medicine and you yeah. know all this performance stuff. Uh, I believe in years past we were looking a lot at ACLs, and this year we had a lot of Achilles injuries. So that was something that Douglas said in his press conference that that's one thing they're going to look at because Carl Lawson went down, Marcus May went down. Why are they getting you know these huge you know uh, Achilles injuries that you know ends your season? Um, so the number one thing is going to be stay healthy because I think if our defense stayed healthy this year, we wouldn't have been this bad. If Carl, if Carl Lawson was able to play and Marcus May was able to stay healthy, like our defense wouldn't have been ranked 32nd. Look, we can be, a, a, I think next year we're realistically, we're like the 21st ranked defense in the NFL. I was going to say, you got to fix the rush deep. Our offense, I just think, has to make that jump to be like a top 15 offense. Which and you then can. Be fun. Yeah, the pass offense was there. So on to the, 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 the divisional round preview. There's going to be... Four games, four awesome games. Let's start out with the first one. The Bengals versus Titans. The Titans are three and a half point favorites in this one. Fun fact, the Bengals beat the Titans 31 to 20 in 2020, Joe Burrow's rookie season. The Bengals with the roster they don't have now beat the Titans. So maybe that takes uh you take that into account in your answer. So what do you think about this game? Who what do you what do you think is gonna happen and who do you think is gonna win? Another fun fact. Zach Taylor coached Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, for 12 seasons. Both at college in, at a and uh, yeah. and in Miami. Didn't know that. Um, so when I'm looking at this game, the biggest question right away from the Titans side is, what is Derrick Henry going to look like? He looked really good in practice. He had a, a contact practice, they called it. I saw some highlights on Twitter of him just kind of running through guys, and he looked like Derrick Henry. I mean, he, he looked damn good. So there's I'm over down Derrick Henry. I think he's going to come in. He's going to get 20-plus touches. He's going to look really good. Um, and while while the Bengals' rush defense on paper has been really good this season, they were especially um, from weeks 13 to this last playoff game, they up only one 100-yard rusher or total 100 yards. So their rush defense has been really solid all year, but they have a ton of injuries that they just sustained in this previous game. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi and Mike Daniels have already been ro- both been ruled out and one of their top uh, backups as well. Josh Tupo, I'm 100% butchering that, um, is also questionable. And then uh, Trey Hendrickson, too, is also dealing with the concussion. So their entire defensive line has been pretty much depleted for this game. And if all of these players are going to be out, plus you're getting Derrick Henry you're going to have to go against, I know they've been great all season, but you're missing three, four starters. It's going to be really hard to stop them. In terms of their passing attack, A.J. Brown, not worried about. Julio had a really good Week 18 game, 50 yards and a touchdown. This is the best he's looked in a while. And there was also a couple other plays where he was open where Ryan Tannehill kind of just missed him. Um, you know, he hasn't had the best season this year. Um, but then when I look at the Bengals side of things, it's going to rely on Joe Burrow, just like a majority of the season has. He's been magnificent over this last month of the season. I mentioned earlier he's made me eat my words. He's 100% a Tier 1 quarterback who can, you know, overcome basically anything and lead his team and backpack his team. Jamar Chase, doesn't matter what you do, he's going to get his unless you're just going to completely double cover him on some Cooper Cup, you know, Arizona stuff where they're saying, we don't care what happens, you're not beating us. So if the Bengals want to win this game, 
they're going to have to get pressure. I'm sorry. If the Titans want to win this game, they're going to have to get pressure on Joe Burrow. And I don't see that as a um, as difficult because the Bengals offensive line this year has been atrocious. They let up the most sacks in the NFL while the Titans were tied for the ninth most sacks in the NFL. I think it's going to be a really solid game. I just look at the Titans. They're the healthier team. They've been able to get after the quarterback. So I got them winning over the Bengals. Relatively low scoring. Got them winning 20-17. This stinks because I like both these rosters. I love Derrick Henry. I like what's going on over in, in Cincinnati. Unfortunately, I just don't think the Bengals have enough to overcome what's going on in Tennessee. I think Tennessee is one of the best well-coached teams in the NFL. Mike Vrabel does an excellent job year in, year out, and he needs more praise. We say it every single week. We talk about the Titans because the fact they were able to to stay afloat without Derrick Henry, without A.J. Brown, without Julio Jones, without a, a great offensive line by any means in terms of pass blocking, they've still been able to win games and not just win games, be the number one seed in the AFC. So that's all credit to, to what they have going on in Tennessee, specifically with Mike Vrabel. To break down this game, you mentioned all the injuries that they have to that defensive line. If Derrick Henry's back, it's about to be a field day. Hendrickson, I think, will play. Concussions, I know that they're 50-50 on. But come playoff time, I think they'll clear Trey, especially the fact that he is their best defensive line player. I think he will play, and obviously he will leave his mark on a game. He is a He's a special ball player. And I'm happy for him because he, we were, they were doubting him. They were saying... He was probably the most risky free agent signing at the defensive line position. He came in this season. He absolutely did his thing. So shout out to him. But um, you're going against Derrick Henry, the best running back in football. And regardless of whether he's coming back this first week and and we're going to see him be a little bit rusty, star players come alive in big moments. And Derrick Henry is one of those guys. Derrick Henry is a future Hall of Fame running back. He is the best running back of our generation. If you want to count AP... I'll push back. I'll say Adrian Peterson's better than him if you want to count him a part of our generation. But Derrick Henry's right behind him, in, in my opinion, at least. And I just think with A.J. Brown, with Derrick Henry, with Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has done an excellent job this year of being a game manager. And I would think he can, he will continue to do so against the Bengals, where the Bengals really, they, they looked dominant to a degree against the Raiders. It got ugly. And the Raiders have been hot, and of course they've been playing really good football, but it was not the most safe win by the Bengals. And this was at home with all their fans going absolutely crazy. This is their first win in 31 years. So they had a lot going with them in this game to help them feel a little bit extra motivated to give them that momentum to beat the Raiders. However, now they're going into the Titans. Uh, excuse me, they're going into Tennessee against a, a great Titans, a great, well-disciplined team. I just think that they're going to to have difficulties moving the ball a little bit. I think Joe Burrow will have a great game, given the fact that I'm not in love with their secondary, but I think Joe Mixon might struggle on the ground. That front line that the Titans have is for real. Jeffrey Simmons is arguably top three defensive tackles in the league. I think I would have Jones over him and obviously Aaron Donald, but other than that, he's probably right there with with those guys. I think it'll be tough for, for the Bengals to be to assert themselves the way that they've asserted themselves against other teams. And especially in Tennessee, it's going to be tough. So my score prediction, I don't think it's high scoring also. I think I'm going to lean 24-21 Tennessee. This is the toughest game for me to pick a winner for. Man, this is tough for me. I'm almost tearing up as I say this. <laughs> Getting emotional. 
the season the Bengals have had to win their first playoff game since 1991, a text message wasn't even invented at that point. It wasn't even uh, the first text message wasn't even sent at that point. Send that what Joe Burrow has done, breaking records in his second year, what Jamar Chase has done, what Zach Taylor has done, it makes me emotional. And I love Cincy. I love their uniforms. I love their helmets. I love Joe Burrow. He's, man, love I, would, I would love to shake his hand one day. I love Auden Tate. Of course. <sighs> My mind is telling me no. My body's telling me yes. It's just super difficult for me to pick the Bengals in this one. It's tough. I wanted to pick them. I really do. I love the narrative. Joe Burrow in his last five games has 344 yards per game. Has thrown 13 touchdowns to zero picks. But Ryan Tannehill's been playing efficient. In his last three games, 205 yards per game. Yeah, the yards don't scream out at you. But seven touchdowns to zero picks, completing 73% of his passes. He's been very efficient. Larry Ogunjobi went out for the Bengals, who finished top three with the Bengals in tackles for lost quarterback hits and sacks. He's a huge impact player. The Titans have forced eight turnovers in their last three home games against the Dolphins, Niners, and Jaguars. I understand versus the Jaguars and Dolphins is not that impressive because they didn't face great quarterbacks or a great team. But the Niners, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very impressive because they're a contender. The Titans have 93 quarterback hits this season. Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Danico Autry have 15-plus. You mentioned Zach Taylor's history with Ryan Tannehill. I really don't give a damn about that. I don't think that does anything for the outcome of this game. I guess I think it's just a cool fact. The Bengals this year have been the Chiefs, Raiders, and Steelers. Those are the three playoff teams they've beaten. And the Chiefs are the only great win in that. I don't think the Raiders and Steelers were a great win they lost to the Niners. They lost to the Packers. You look at the Titans. They have been the Colts twice. You you picked them to make the Super Bowl. Jeez, uh, <laughs> how this turn into this, bro? Uh, they beat the Bills, who are the hottest team in, in football, arguably. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Rams and embarrassed Stafford in prime time. Going to be the Jets. The Niners, when they were at their hottest, Thursday Night Football, they beat them too without Julio. That was crazy. I, I don't even shocked. know if Julio did play. I'm not sure. I know A.J. Brown did play, though. He, no, he, Julio played. He he left the game. The Titans' defense is ranked 25th pass defense-wise, but they're 7th in touchdowns, which means that in the red zone, they are very great. They don't break. They bend, but they don't break. And they're 6-1 and one when, when both Julio and A.J. Brown play. I Even if Derrick Henry was out, I probably would have leaned Titans just because Deontay Foreman has been that great. You look at the Titans offensively, there really hasn't been a drop-off in yards per attempt and efficiency-wise yeah. when Henry's been out. The, the key guys are really Julio and A.J. when they're out, and especially A.J. When A.J.'s out there, Tannehill, his passing down the field, it just skyrockets. His efficiency skyrockets. I have the winner written down here at the Titans. But as I'm saying this, my heart is swaying me in a different direction. I can understand. Joe Burrow, we've talked about it. He's our, he's the fourth best young quarterback in the NFL. He is. He's better than Ryan Tannehill. That offense is explosive. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd didn't even get involved versus 
the, the Raiders. It's going to be tough going into an away atmosphere like Tennessee. Like that, that is going to be a tough game on the road. <sighs> this is so tough for me, man. I knew this was going to be I, this. This <laughs> pick to me was a game time decision on the show. I knew I wrote down the Titans, but something is telling me I can't doubt Joe Burrow twice. I doubted him last week. I can't doubt him twice. I'm picking. Cincinnati to win this game. I respect. I'm it. picking Joe Burrow, Joe Cool. I like it. I'm picking Jamar Chase. I'm picking that defense. I know that it's not outstanding, but I think their run defense is pretty good. I think they they can maintain Henry somewhat. Defensively, I like their corners in Awuzie and Hilton. Those are pretty good corners. Hilton can do a good job on their receivers. I think Awuzie is pretty good. Jesse Bates has really been playing better as of late. He has. Logan Wilson is a very good coverage linebacker. I I just, my heart is going with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going with Cincy. Who say who they going to beat them Bengals? Who they? Who they going to beat them Bengals? Who they? Love it, bro. You who going to beat them Bengals? It's a good pick. Who going to beat them Bengals? Titans, unfortunately, man. Who going to beat them Bengals? The to win, I don't want them I don't want them to win. I would love to see Joe Burrow. But I just think those this injuries one, to the this defensive one being line an analyst kind of stinks. I will say this though: I think it's just too because I've been down the Titans all year. When Derrick Henry, honestly, that's the reason why I went Titans too. I'm tired of doubting them. They have been week in week out proving teams wrong. When Derrick Henry went out, it? I said that the Titans are done. They will probably get out the first round or lose in the first round of the playoffs. They got the bye week, but I'm sticking with my guns, man. I don't care that I doubted them. Your gun said Titans. Man. I'm picking the Bengals. <laughs> all right, all right. Who's gonna beat them Bengals? Who they? Who they? What's the score? I think the score is. I say I'll give a weird score. Okay. Twenty twenty six to nineteen. Ironically, that was the score of the Raiders game. And it the was. Bengals. No, wait, wait, it was? It well, was. I'm, exactly. I'm, switching, my, I'm switching my score. <laughs> I'm switching my score. It's too uh it's too ridiculous. Twenty-three to sixteen. Okay. Joe Mixon, man, he's been sketchy lately. Like he hasn't surpassed sixty-five yards in the last like five weeks. Yeah, Burrow's just been he's been backpacking. Yeah. But seventeen attempts, forty six yards. I will, I will last say week this against a rush defense that's not really good. I will say this. It took Joe Burrow. A little bit more than halfway through the season to truly feel comfortable in his knee. And you saw the difference in his movement and his slipperiness, his slitherness in the pocket escaping guys. Just smooth. I I think that he's just playing at a different level and he's an I elite agree. quarterback. He is. I think he look, the Bengals have never won a road playoff game in their history as a franchise. Joe Burrow and that team has already shown they've done the impossible. They've done things the Bengals have never done. Who they going to beat them Bengals? Who they? You see why he wasn't bragging about their first playoff win? Because it about to be the new norm. It was so hard to choose Tennessee, man. It was. It was the, so The Bengals hard. have the cool factor. They're so cool. Sure. They are. I hope Tennessee loses. I hope I'm wrong. You're going against your guy, Derrick Henry, though, bro. But that's why I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Right. I hope I'm wrong, though. What's Derrick Henry's stat line? Oh, 80 at least. Okay. On to the next game, the 49ers versus the Packers. This is also going to be a great game. All these games are going to be great. Hope so. The Packers beat the 49ers 30-28 in Week 3. 
The Packers are a six-point favorite, and Aaron Rodgers has seven consecutive games of two-plus touchdowns with zero interceptions, second-best in NFL history. They're getting healthy. We know this matchup has history behind it because in the NFC Championship, the 49ers completely wiped the floor with the Packers. They ran all over them, 285 yards on 42 carries, 6.8 yards per rush. Now, are any of you calling an upset? And if you are, step to the plate. I'm not. None of you are calling upsets. I'm not. Nope. This is about to be a smoke show. Are you? Are you? No. I have the Packers in this one. So do I. I'll be honest. This isn't going to be a good game. You think the Packers are going to? I think it's going to be pretty easy. They have a revenge game two years ago in the NFC Championship game where they got absolutely torched on the run. They got dominated. That being said, they'll probably get exposed on the run as well. But I think that the Packers' offense is going to be too much for them. Aaron Rodgers is playing perfect football of late. He's done four interceptions this year. Two of them came from week one. He's been absolutely spotless this season. And you look at these guys that they're going to be getting back. David Bakhtiari is probably going to play. He's expected to. Jair Alexander has logged two limited practice. I do believe he's going to play. Devondre Campbell practiced in full. He's on the injury report, but he practiced in full both days. I don't have any worries about this game at all. I really don't. After what I saw against the Niners, excuse me, against Dallas from the Niners and from Jimmy G, Jimmy G has to be a 10 out of 10 this weekend. He does. And I asked that from Kyler Murray against the Rams. He needed to be a 10 out of 10. I don't even think that was a 2 out of 10. It wouldn't have happened. Even if he was a 10 out of 10, it wouldn't have been a game. Now, I'm asking Jimmy G to play a 10 out of 10 if he wants to beat the Green Bay Packers right now, and I don't think it's a possibility. Look, um, here's where we're going to disagree. You think it's going to be a a smoke a smoke out? Packers are going to scrape the I, Niners. I do, partly because your analysis on the Niners is wrong in the Cowboys game. They in what sense? Because you act as if they didn't totally dominate that game. Oh no, my analysis is spot on. They totally dominated that game versus Dallas. Because my analysis basically right now is Jimmy G has to be perfect, they, and Jimmy they G was well, the reason they, why they almost they didn't lost. Put them away. Jimmy G they doesn't have around. Jimmy G doesn't have to be perfect against the Packers. He does. He doesn't against the Packers because he does. in the NFC Championship he only threw for like eighty yards. I think less. He had like less than ten pass attempts, and the Niners still won. But that defense was way better than it is right now. It's not their secondary not. is is nowhere near what it was. They don't have Sherman. Look. The, the Packers, Bakhtiari, Josh Myers, they should play. Lucas, the, the, the starting uh, offensive lineman should be Bakhtiari, Myers, Lucas Patrick, Runyon, and Billy Turner, most likely. We know Jair's coming back with Zadarius. The 49ers do lead the NFL in defensive pass interference calls. And I think the match versus Devontae Adams, I mean, he's a mismatch for anybody. I don't know how they're going to cover him at all, whatsoever. But he's really the only guy the Niners have to worry about. And that defensive front is going to get after Aaron Rodgers. And I think that defensive front is, in my opinion, quite obviously a a step above the Packers offensive line. The Packers offensive line has been middle of the pack this year. It's nothing special. I understand Bakhtiari has been out, but this is his first game in in a year. Like I thought he played against the Lions. No, I don't think he played. I'm pretty I, sure he got some snaps. He did? Okay, yeah, ch- so. ch- check that for me. But if, if he did, I mean, it's still, like, he's going up against Nick Bosa. 
Yeah, he's going up against some really great pass rushers in this game. But like you know, I've mentioned so many times before, great players and great moments step up to the plate. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not regular, and Nick Bosa isn't regular either. He will step up to the plate. Okay, agreed. But at worst, Bakhtiari is the second best. And you got to worry about Eric game. Armstead too. Who's going to block him? It's going to be a good game. It is going to be a good game, but the not Packers, as good as you guys think. The Packers are 18th against the rush, allowing 115.3 yards per game. But they're 31st in yards per carry at 4.8. That's why Jimmy G doesn't have to have a perfect game. He played 40%. Jimmy G doesn't have to have a 10 out of 10 game for the Niners to win. He can have an 8-7 game and they can still win. I 100% believe in that. Because... Shanahan is going to run the football. There's no doubt about it. He's familiar with LaFleur. He's familiar with Joe Barry. He's familiar with these coaches. And the Packers have not been good against the run in the past couple of weeks. Versus the Ravens, they allowed 143 rushing yards and, and they averaged 5.5 yards per carry. With no Lamar. Versus Cleveland, allowed 200 plus yards, allowed 8.8 yards per carry. I think the Niners are better than Cleveland as a running team. The Packers have ranked... 21st or lower against the run in the last five seasons. And that's what's held them back from making a Super Bowl run every single year. Positive signs, though, versus the Vikings. Dalvin Cook Cook only had 13 yards on nine carries, but Sean Mannion did play that game. So they didn't really have, and it was like a cold weather. I mean, Sean Mannion, he wasn't a threat. They could stack the box. I don't think... You can do that against Jimmy G, especially with Debo and Ayuk out there. You just can't end Kittle. The Packers also, and this is very scary for me. You talk about coming out hot. The Packers are ranked 25th in first quarter offense this season. They get off to slow starts. And if they get off to a slow start against the Niners and they're running the ball and they're chewing clock, that really that's a recipe for the Packers to lose the game. What's killing me is he's talking like he... Picked the Niners to win, but he already told us he picked the Packers to win. So that's what I'm understanding. This is going to be a great game. I'm going to tell you why the Packers are going to win. Okay, right now. that's what I'm waiting for. The Packers, I think, are different than previous years. I think LaFleur has been a better coach. I think Rodgers is not who he was in 2019. He's been better in 2020 and 2021. He's been borderline flawless. He doesn't make mistakes. I think they run the ball better now with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. They run the ball way better. Defensively, Devondre Campbell has really been a, a, a cornerstone for them as a linebacker. Without a doubt. Getting Jair, Jair back is huge. Razul Douglas has been huge. Eric, Eric Stokes has been awesome. They have a great roster. There's no doubt. And with Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary taking that next leap this season, mm-hmm. Kenny Clark's Darius Smith coming back, That is a very good defensive front, a great defensive front. The reason why I'm picking the Packers to win is because Jimmy G has a bum shoulder. And I think Jimmy G, like like I mentioned, I think he can have a seven. He can have a a B minus game and the Niners can win. Unfortunately, I think he's going to have a CD game. I think he's going to have a D plus to C game. I agree. Because of that. I'm picking the Packers to win, but it's going to be a very close game. And if the Niners win, I will not for one second be shocked whatsoever. Isn't aren't the Packers your Super Bowl team though? Yes. So why would you not be shocked? 
because the Niners can make it to the Super Bowl. Even though the Niners should have lost to Dallas. Should have is crazy. You got to stop crazy. saying I that. I apologize. You, they they the, could have <laughs> easily lost to Dallas is what bro, I meant bro, to How say. could have they easily lost? The Dallas Cowboys played their worst game of the season and lost by six points. On They had a chance <laughs> to win the game on their last drive. Wait, wait. Okay. You know, it's funny. What you're saying is really funny. It's actually hilarious. The reason why is because you act like Dallas's last play of the game was from the distance of where Derek Carr's last play of the game was versus the Bengals. They were at the 40, and they got to the 25. If they would have spiked it, if they would have really ran it Derek perfectly, Carr like and the Raiders five, were in the red zone. Uh-huh. They were within the 10-yard line. Okay. Dallas Cowboys had to forget about the QB draw play because you disagree with the decision, so you thought... Dallas had two possessions in the last two minutes of the game. So you disagree with the decision, so let's... Cancel out the QB draw play. They should have won on a Hail Mary. Could have. With all the defensive backs back there. I said should have. I meant could have. It was an honest honest mistake. Come on. The Niners completely dominated the Cowboys. There's no... They dominated them. What are you saying? They dominated them. I don't know if you believe that. We had this debate two hours ago. I don't think we have to get into it again. They dominated them in every single phase of the football game. 100%. 100%. And they still almost lost. So, Drew, what's your score prediction? You don't think it's going to be close? No, what I do you, actually don't. I think touchdowns? it's going to be 28-14. Okay. Well, I'm I'm on Joel's side. I do think this game will be a bit closer. I don't think it's going to be a two-touchdown game. I don't think Jimmy G has to play perfect, but it's going to be very important for the 49ers defense to slow down the Packers in the first half. Because if they're able to have the rushing attack with Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel, anything's possible. Because if you keep Aaron Rodgers off the field and you're able to attack this pretty poor defensive uh, defensive front, just in general, like you mentioned, they're the second. They give the second most yards per carry. From there, Jimmy G just has to be Jimmy G. Play well against play. Uh, play well off play action. Hit George Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, all of these guys. They and played- Juwan Jennings. I told you about him. He's nice. He's he good. made some great plays. Yeah, I he told did. you he he's good, man. He I like Juwan Jennings. He did. Um, the Niners and Packers played earlier this season. It's not really fair to look at it because Trey Sermon was a leading rusher. Elijah Mitchell was either injured or just hasn't come, didn't really come into his own until later in the season. And the Packers and the 49ers, they made an interesting game. You know, the Packers were up 17 at one point, but the Niners were able to come back. They, um, you know, they scored in the, in the last couple minutes of the game, but Rodgers does what he does. He came back, led a game winning drive. Mason Crosby hit a 50 yard field goal and they won the game. It was interesting in that game because the Packers were missing both Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari. So Nick Bosa was having a field day against the left side of that defense of that offensive line. You said Elton Jenkins? Jenkins, yeah, left okay. guard. Um, He's not going to play, though. Yeah, um, just in, in, in general. I'm not sure who their backup was at that point. Um, but Bakhtiari, obviously, coming coming in this, this game is going to be huge for them. Rodgers, in that game, had his quickest time to throw in his career. So their game plan was, we're just going to get the ball out. We're not going to let Nick Bosa beat us, even though he had five pressures. He had a sack. He played a really good game. Um, Devontae Adams was ridiculous. 12 catches, 120, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Targeted on 56% of his routes, highest of his career. So they just said, we're going to feed Tay. You can't stop him. They weren't. I don't trust him to stop him this week again. I, I've seen too many years of Devontae Adams being excellent that I don't trust anybody to stop him, even if it is Jalen Ramsey. But I'm looking at this game. Ooh, Ramsey's not stopping him? He'll contain him, but no. I agree. He'll still go I for agree. at least 80. I, that very fair. At least 80. Yeah. And Ramsey's also not going to shatter him every play. I think he might. I don't think he will. We're talking about a matchup that's not happening. I know. I know. But it's going to happen. It could. It definitely could. But when I look at this <laughs> game, like I mentioned, Elijah Mitchell is going to be in. Jimmy G has been a lot better 
the second half of the season as he was all the way down in back three. If you're the 49ers, you have to figure out some way to slow down Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I mean, that's the story basically about every team was going to play the Packers. How are you going to stop arguably the best quarterback and the best wide receiver in the game? In the first matchup, they weren't able to. I really don't see where they do it in this matchup. And if you're the Packers, it's pretty simple. If you're able to pressure Jimmy Garoppolo, force him into throws he doesn't want to make, you'll win this game. When Jimmy G throws interception, they're 2-6. and six. When he doesn't, they're 7-0. and oh. So for the 49ers, protect the ball. Somehow get pressure on Rodgers, even though he has one of the quickest time to throws in the league with some of the best weapons in the league. A couple things I do want to mention. Number one is weather. In their four previous matchups, it never got colder than 58 degrees. This matchup has a low of three. It's going to be freezing. Green Bay is used to that. San Fran does play in some inclement weather, but Green Bay is definitely have the home field advantage here. It never getting lower than 58 is crazy. So it's going to be a big change from their previous matchups. You guys mentioned the injuries. Jimmy G with a shoulder and a thumb injury. It was interesting because the line opened at, I want to say like four and a half, and then it jumped to six once the injury report came out. So there might be a little bit more than just a shoulder injury that Jimmy G is going to be able to play through. And then the Packers right now are just getting healthy at the right time, while the 49ers aren't. Nick Bosa also in concussion protocol. Packers are the healthier team. They have the better quarterback. They have the better overall team. I do think it's going to be close, but I have them winning 24 to 20. I think the score is going to be 33 to 28. I will say this. Aaron Rodgers has to have a perfect game. If he doesn't, they will lose. Yes, it seems like it's a perfect game every game. That's why I'm not worried. I know, I know. That's why I'm not too worried either, but I'm just saying, like, I think he throws one interception, they lose the game. Like that that's how that's how that's thin so of a margin of error I think it's gonna be for the Packers. This just isn't a good matchup for them. It's as simple as that. It's not a good matchup. This is nobody wants to face the Niners. Nobody. Not the Rams. They already beat them. Not the Bucks. Not the Packers. Everybody's scared of the Niners. Rams aren't scared. I don't think the Bucks I don't think the Packers care. No, not at all. I'm telling you, Packers are about to wax him. Yeah, no, nah, I think the Packers do care. I think I think they're over there. They're pretty scared. I don't think any of these matches are great for the Packers, but I think they'll be like, "Fuck it, we'll play anyone." We have Rodgers. It's a fact. I mean, I guess you're right to a degree. I have the Packers in this one, yeah, so we're all on the though, Packers. Oh, you picked the Bengals. Okay, never mind. I picked the Bengals. Yeah. So I, this is gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be very tough. Sorry, just gonna love that. Very next game, <laughs> the Rams versus the Buccaneers. In week three, the Rams beat the Bucks thirty-four to twenty-four. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites. Drew, you're picking the Rams. You picked them to go to the Super Bowl. You're Ramley, and the chant they were cheering at the Rams stadium. Let's hear it. Was whose house is this? Rams house. <laughs> I like that. And this towel it says champs here. But sadly, it's NFC West champs. So not NFC Championship champs, not Super Bowl champs. It's NFC West champs. So will they be more than just NFC West champs? 100%. 100%. They're going to be NFC champions, Super Bowl champions, TBD. I, got, I need my time. Bills have been playing great. Chiefs are the Chiefs. You never know. That being said... This is an easy one for me personally. Ooh. Is this for me, bro? Yes. You're really, this guy spoiled me this weekend. He, did. he, he did. spoiled me this weekend. I got to say thank you. I won't say what you, what you blessed me with because they don't need to know all that, but thank you, bro. That being said about this game, I look at the Buccaneers 
and I worry about their weapons. Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in football. I won't hear any other any other corner. I don't care who it is. If it's not Jalen Ramsey, I don't want it. Because forget about his lockdown coverage. And open field tackling, Jalen Ramsey might be the best tackling cornerback I've ever seen in my lifetime. There's no one I've seen that is more willing to make contact with the opposing player than Jalen Ramsey. He wants to hit the the uh, the offensive player. He is so special when it comes to to play recognition and just adapting on the fly. Jalen Ramsey is just a special cat. I love his game. And he only has to worry about Mike Evans this weekend. And that's all the Eagles had to worry about this weekend and didn't matter because Mike Evans absolutely destroyed them, had over 100 yards. He had 117, nine receptions and a touchdown. He was amazing. But it's a whole different ball game when you're going against Jalen Ramsey. And you look at this game against the Eagles. They did not have to throw that much. But there was not another receiver on this team that had over 40 yards. And in the run game, Keyshawn Vaughn played a good game for Keyshawn Vaughn's standards, but he had 17 carries for 53 yards. He had Gio Bernard rush for 13 carries, 44 yards, which is a little bit better efficiency, but still not great. Both of them scored. But it was because they were both really close to the red zone when they had these opportunities. I just can't see a way that the Buccaneers win this game. I think that they don't have the personnel to match up with the Rams right now. I don't think that we'll see a game that we saw from from them early on this season where the Rams absolutely dominated the Buccaneers. I personally don't see that. I do think this will be a competitive game, arguably the best game this weekend. I'm lying. Bills Chiefs is going to be the game of the week. That being said, this is going to be a very close second. I just think Rams right now, forget about how they're playing. I think personnel-wise, they are just more talented overall. They're just the healthier team overall. And I think they're, we're seeing a lot of injuries on that offensive line from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past weekend. I'm not sure what the injury report is right now, but you're going to see a banged-up Wurfs. And that is going to be an absolute field day for Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald. Vaughn Miller, excuse me, Tom Brady was sacked four times against a good, a good defensive line in the Eagles. But it's not the Rams' defensive line. The Rams' defensive line is the best in the NFL. And if Tom Brady doesn't have his guy... Protecting his his right side, I think that it is going to be a long day for the Buccaneers. But I stu- uh, it's Tom Brady. I'll give him that respect that he deserves. It will be a close game, but ultimately Rams are winning this game. And my final prediction is going to be twenty seven to twenty one. Real quick before you go, um, the Athletic is reporting that Jim Harbaugh would accept the Vegas job if it was offered to him. Okay, yeah, that, that's great news. Um, <laughs> I love your boat of confidence, Drew. I mean, you have to stick with it at this point. It's too late for you to back down now. Again, so I can understand. Me. That's I, not me. I can understand. Anyone that watches the show knows. We got the I Rams can, fan. We got the Bucks fan. I can I understand. Ramily, we're gonna <clears throat> we're going to ride into the sunset. We're gonna be on the horns, holding on the whole way. We're going, baby. Trust. You know, last year, as I repeated on the show all the time, I picked the Bucks to win the Super Bowl, and. It was like my June pick. I'm very happy about that. I'm going to bloat about that for the entire entirety of, Rest my of your life. life. Yeah. Yeah. I would too. That, that was, that was a great pick. Um, they're not the same team from last year. They're not, they're not definitely not. Um, being a Rams fan for one night when I went to the playoff game, oh, best, night, best night of your life. It was great. You know, I got the, I got so the cool. chance to feel what winning is like in a playoff game. The Jets have never given me that. Oh, I, no, no. 20. Yeah. It's 2010. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You were in middle school. I haven't, in middle yeah, school. I haven't felt it's that in a while. while. And I've never felt that in a stadium, but I felt that energy in the stadium. But 
My main concern with the Bucks is Matthew Stafford. Shocker. In that game, Matthew Stafford didn't have to play beyond himself because everything was really there for him. I mean, he had 343, four touchdowns. He, those those passes, <laughs> those passes to, wait, what, 343, what are you talking about? In this game. No, I'm talking about the last week versus the Cardinals. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, because when yeah. they played the Bucks, he absolutely went bonkers. No, oh, yeah. I'm talking about the Cardinals. The throws to OBJ, they were phenomenal. There's no doubt. Van Jefferson. But there were also some throws I saw Stafford making that game that, oh, that's a little bit of an underthrow right there. You're lucky the guy was open by six yards because it could have ended up bad. In their first matchup, the Rams beat the Buccaneers handily. But the Rams didn't do anything defensively that really phased Brady. Brady threw for over 400, had a touchdown, had zero picks on the day. It was really the Bucks' defense. That game, Sean Murphy bunting didn't play. Carl Davis didn't play. Jamel Dean didn't play. Their top three cornerbacks, they're playing in this game. Um, also in that game, the Rams had Deshaun Jackson, who had over 100 yards in that game, who was huge in it. They had Robert Woods still. They don't have a deep threat like that now that the Bucks really have to worry about. And I do think Woods is a little bit better than OBJ. Van Jefferson isn't a deep threat? Uh, I don't really. He he is their deep threat, but he's not a Deshaun Jackson level deep threat, in my opinion. He doesn't scare defense like Deshaun Jackson. Even at Deshaun Jackson's old age, he doesn't. I feel like that's a good thing because then you catch him sleeping. And that's been Van Jefferson all season. Yeah, you're not going to catch the, the Bucks sleeping. And Cooper Cup is still a great down. I don't know. I look, Quez Watkins was wide open multiple times down the field. They get caught sleeping. 31-0. It was 31-0, bro. Again, but he, there was opportunities. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Rams okay. are exactly okay, Rams. better but than this, the Rams. This is, this is what I'm saying. Ultimately, I know that Trishan Wirfs is hobbled. He might not play. You mentioned Donald having a field day. He doesn't even line up there. I would expect I more. I said Von Miller. Von Miller, I would expect more Leonard Floyd. That he is the matchup, really. Leonard Floyd, and can I can I see the Rams really getting after Brady and making it really tough on him? I can see it, but I really am not expecting that. I think their offensive line is still the best in the league. Tristan Wirfs is a huge part of that, but you can have Gronk help in the chip to chip Von Miller or Donald. Von Miller is good. Uh, he can be great in certain plays. He's not the elite player he once was. Playoff time, though. Aaron Donald is the only elite player on that defensive line, truly elite player on that defensive line. They're co- you you mentioned the Jalen Ramsey versus Mike Evans matchup. Mike Evans, his last three matches versus Jalen Ramsey, has had six receptions for 58 yards. So he's been productive against Ramsey. You he, said last three times, that's his average. average? Yeah, 58 yards per game. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a pretty even-keeled matchup. I think... Mike Evans proved against the Eagles, against Darius Slay, that, you know, now that I'm the option, you guys can go to me. In that game, A.B. didn't play. Godwin did play, but A.B. didn't play, so I don't think that's that big of a factor. Leonard Fournette is probably playing in this game. The Bucs have the third-best rushing defense in the NFL. 21st against the pass, most of that is due to their injuries in the secondary all season long. The Eagles were the best rushing team in football by a wide margin. The Bucs shut that down. The Bucs will shut down the Rams' offensive running, rushing. They will shut that down. Matthew Stafford has to have that big-time performance, put the team on his back, and you know I don't expect that to happen. Ryan Jensen's playing, Sean Murphy bunting, JPP, Trisha Wirfs, game-time decision. 
Todd Bowles last year showed us he can scheme against Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes and be mightily successful. That defense is not injured. That defense is healthy. The offense, they lost Godwin. That's their injury for net worths. But Brady is that great. I mean, he he. it's more likely for him to make a Super Bowl than it is for Curry to make a three-point shot. And Curry's the greatest three-point shooter to ever live. Todd Bowles blitzes on 40% of his defensive snaps. He's going to get after Stafford. He's going to make him think. Stafford came up hobbled in week 18 versus the Niners. Because the Cardinals game wasn't a competition, he really didn't have to put stress on himself in terms of moving and creating plays outside the pocket, being mobile, and really being a playmaker in that aspect. The Bucs have allowed the least amount of sacks in the NFL at 23. Most of that is due to the great offensive line. A lot of that also is due to Tom Brady recognizing as soon as the ball is snapped, I don't have it here. And then just throwing it away, getting rid of the ball. The Buccaneers will win this game. Uh, <laughs> you don't beat Brady. You're hoping. You don't, I'm not hoping. You're hoping. You're hoping. I'm not. I really you're, feel confident. I genuinely have no hoping. stress about this game. The fact that Rams are underdogs <laughs> is great. I'm happy. We should all go to DraftKings and put a lot of money into the Rams. You know, you know what's funny is that people like you have doubted Brady so many times and have been wrong. I've never, I've never doubted Brady in my life. This You're is, doubting is, him now. This isn't doubting him. You're doubting him now. I'm not. You're doubting him now. This is not me doubting him. You said it was going to be a close game. Which exactly. And I said because of Brady, it's going to be close. But he's lost in his life. The Buccaneers will win this game. I'm interested in and the And it's score. going to be handily. It's going to be 31-17. Buccaneers Oof, will win. Two-touchdown game. I don't know if I see that. I'm riding with the Ramley. I'm riding with my Rams. Throw them up, baby. Throw them up. Ramley, yeah. I'm here. I don't come in here next week wrong. I like it. Throw up your index, bro. I mean, the oh, oh, yeah. Stop that stuff. That's it right now. there. Come on now. You that, wish you were gotta, part of that. That's got to be the, uh, the I, thumbnail. I felt it. Yeah, I felt it. Exactly. Don't want to be part of that more for, for more than one day. I'm good. <laughs> bro felt it, said it was one of the greatest experiences of his sports life, and said, nah, I can't experience this anymore. You, you said All a lot right. of good things, Joel. So a lot of good things about Thanks. the Bucks, you know, it. for sure. I've been one that I've had to deal with Brady my whole life, and I'm not <laughs> doubting him. He's he's somebody that I've I've seen win way too many times, and I don't want to see him win again. And I'm that isn't me being biased or anything. The Rams just aren't the 2010 New York Jets. I that's fair. No one's the 2010 New York nope. Jets. No one's got Rex. Um, when I look back though, at week three, because you know, like you said, the Bucks offensive line has been great, but the Rams were able to get after him. Aaron Donald showed why he was the best defensive lineman in the NFL that game. Five total pressures, three tackles for loss, and a strip sack. Talk to him. He was pressuring Brady the whole game up the middle. That's really how you affect Brady. If he can't step up in the pocket, he's not rolling out to the left or right. If you're able to get pressure up the middle in the interior, like the Rams were able to do in that game, you're going to have some success against Brady, even though he still had a great game. On the other hand, the Bucks' defensive line wasn't really able to do anything in that game. They didn't get a sack on Stafford until the fourth quarter with like five minutes left in the game. The defensive line in general struggled to generate pressure. And you mentioned that Todd Bowles likes to blitz, and he did. They blitzed Devin White and Levante David 15 times. That only generated two pressures. When they did blitz, Stafford ate them up. He completed 80% of his passes for 90 yards and a touchdown. Stafford also had zero turnover-worthy plays. He was great passing the ball deep, completing 60% of his passes, including one touchdown. So Stafford played spectacular in this game even against a really good Bucks defense who was still pressuring him, who was blitzing. 
And since the Bucks were trailing most of the game, they weren't able to establish a run. I think it'll be close. So Ronald Jones uh, and Lenny Fournette, who is expected to play, they're going to be more involved. So I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. If the Rams want to have success, it's got to be similar to what they did in week three. You got to keep Stafford clean. They did a great job really limiting the pressure for Stafford. And you got to pressure Brady internally. Aaron Donald, if there's anyone who could pressure any defensive, any offensive lineman, it's going to be him. He, like I said, he had an MVP type performance in that game. And from there, you got to be able to run the ball with Cam Makers and Sony Michelle. Cam Makers came out in that Arizona game. He looked phenomenal. He looked like he had that explosiveness, that juice, that agility, that twitch that we saw before his Achilles injury. And he had even had a few a uh, few plays that were called back, a few chunk plays that were called back as well. I know that the Buccaneers were able to shut down the Philadelphia Eagles rushing attack. But this offense is just more explosive. Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback Stafford is. They don't have the outside weapons that the um, that the Rams do or the running backs. Cam Makers is better than every running back that the Eagles have, even his third game back from an Achilles Miles injury. Miles Sanders is better than? Yes, easily. The guy that you always praise. Who, Cam Makers? When, do, when have I praised Miles? You pra- like last don't, year? Don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah, no, I, pra- I did praise him last year, but then you once I realized. No, I, uh, yes, you did. Let's be honest, bro. He's a guy. It's he's, Cam, he's Cam Akers is different. He, he is. Not against that Bucks defense. Nope. Cam Akers. Cam, I loved Cam Akers. Did you see story. him go deep on some balls too? Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. If amazing the, story. If the Bucks want to have some success in this game, you guys mentioned the injuries to this offensive line. I saw Werfs and Jensen are both going to be game time decisions. I don't think it's a sure thing that they're either of them are going to be playing. So <clears> Brady's <throat> going to do what he's been doing his whole career. Short passes, screens, get the ball out quick. And defensively, you're right. you got to make Stafford beat you. You cannot let this run game go in because if you're getting five, six yards a clip, this game is going to be over. From there, Stafford can feast off play action, hit some deep shots so Dell, Van Jefferson, get Cooper Cup involved as well. And and then the injuries, the Rams just the more healthy team. Andrew Whitworth did get rolled up on uh, in the last game. I, I believe he didn't play at all in the second half, but he does seem, uh, he's questionable, but he does seem likely to play. It's going to be close, and I don't want to bet against Brady because you're going to be wrong more often than not. Mm-hmm. But I just think the Rams are the healthier team, and that's really important in in a, in a playoff run when you're trying to compete for a Super Bowl. So I got the Rams winning narrowly. I have to, you, you picked 28-14. I also have 28-14, but no, the I, Rams. No, I'm 31 Oh, yeah. Did you have 28-14? I had 28-14 for Green Bay oh, and San okay. Fran. So, so whatever. 28-14. No, 28-24. Ah. No one picked that? Okay. No. Oh. Rams 28-24. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you guys are amigos on this one, and you guys are both gonna lose together. It's good that uh, it's good that you two are sticking by each other's sides because you guys have been very uh, pushy with me when I have criticized Stafford. So I'm glad that you guys are sticking by your guns throughout the entire year. Sadly, it's not going to <laughs> it's not going to end the best for you guys. Uh, I already I can already he can't feel, even get the words out he knows he's about to be wrong. i can already feel after sunday when it's already going to be the bills and chiefs the text message i send you guys like you know i'm sorry <laughs> you know i told you stafford couldn't do it in prime time all this other stuff but you know okay uh, i i hope that you guys find peace after the end result of that game we will all right man. i hope you guys find <laughs> we'll I, I feel like you guys have some fear in your heart over the picks that you guys picked I actually have not felt better about picks in a long time. I feel pretty confident about them. This is where champions are made. Uh, the wild card, we were all five and one, but the wild card, the favorites won five yeah. times out of one. Mm-hmm. So that was a very um, easy week to pick. This divisional round, this is where champions are made. I'm with you, man. This is tough. And this last game is the 
best game of the divisional round, the Bills versus Chiefs. They played in week three. The no, they I don't know. They played in week five or week six, one of those. The Bills beat the Chiefs 38 to 20. Chiefs are two and a half point favorites in this game. Now, you guys are all riding with Mahomes? No. I'm choosing the Bills. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again this week. The Bills are the hottest team in football right now. Both sides of the football. Defensively, I gave them a lot of pushback because their schedule was not the strongest. But that they showed, they've shown me it does not matter who they play. Outside of their rush defense, which I do have my concerns about, their pass defense is still great, even with Trey White being out. If the Chiefs want to win this game, their pass defense needs to be what it usually is. But we've seen Mahomes have some struggles this season, more so than any other season in his career. And we know come playoff time, Mahomes is a different beast, and he's been a different beast throughout the entirety of his career thus far. But I'm looking at the Bills, and I'm looking at how they have changed their offense. And I don't see how they lose this game. I can't see how they lose this game. It's Mahomes. However, I still feel that confident in the Bills to win this game, given the fact that Josh Allen is arguably the best quarterback in the AFC. I'll give it to Rodgers. I'll give it to Rodgers. Rodgers was perfect this year, at least, outside of literally week one. But other than that, he has been flawless. But I do think this season, Josh Allen proved that he was the best AFC quarterback this year, at least. And the run game really has been phenomenal these last couple of weeks. They've really done a great job in incorporating Devin Singletary. And I've been adamant on the fact that they need a run game if they want to compete for a Super Bowl. If they got that run game, they were a perfect team in my eyes. Now they're starting to incorporate Devin Singletary, who absolutely did his thing this past weekend, this past weekend, excuse me, against the Patriots, 16 for 81 and a touchdown. I'm looking at this Chiefs defense who it's been good, but it's been bad. Bad to start the season. Got really, really strong towards the middle of the year. Kind of cooled down, but was still relatively solid. But we still saw the Bengals really torch them. And I still just look at the Bills right now and just think, how are they going to stop Stephon Diggs? Gabriel Davis has been a great option for, for Josh Allen. Emmanuel Sanders is in this mix now too, and you have to worry about him. Cole Beasley is a solid option that you just cannot not at least scheme for a little bit. I understand Stephon Diggs is that 1A without a doubt. Cole Beasley isn't a slouch by any means. And we can't forget about Dawson Knox, who led the league this year in touchdowns at the tight end position. There's no holes on this offense at all. Any holes that they had were gone once they started to incorporate Singletary into this mix. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be the game of the weekend, without a doubt. It is going to be a high-scoring game. But I think the Bills right now are the hotter team, and the hotter teams win come playoff time. I'm going Bills 35-28. to 28. Oh, you want me to go? We're switching it up. You've been going second the whole time. <sighs> you just want to look me in the eyes? That was part of it. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can go. Okay, I'm gonna save my answer. All right, nice. Because I don't, I'm, I'm curious if we have different answers. Um, but I do have a different answer than Drew, who's wow. sitting across from me right Shocked. now. I'll give the Bills their credit. 
They were spectacular against the Patriots. They've been really good all season. I mean, the fact that you're able to have a perfect game, seven straight touchdowns against the Patriots and Bill Belichick, nonetheless, that might never happen again. I, I doubt it's ever happened in Bill Belichick's history. And who knows, even NFL history. I don't know if, if that has happened. What Josh Allen did last week is it might be something that will never happen again. I mean, you have 21 completions and you have 308 yards. It's 21 yards per completion. He's just... Whatever he wanted to do against that Patriots secondary and defense as a whole, he was able to do it. One thing that really impressed me, they only had seven third downs the entire game. For reference, the Patriots had 14, the Bucks had 13, the Rams had 13, the Chiefs had 12. So they were just, it was complete and utter domination from this Bills offense. It was the best they've looked all season and the last couple of years, really since Josh Allen has broken out. And given this is still a young Josh Allen, this is when Bill Belichick is supposed to be great against opposing quarterbacks. And the fact he's doing this is ridiculous. When we look the first two times they played, because you brought that up, it's it is hard to bring it up because of how different the Chiefs are now. You know, back in, back then, not only was their defense bad, their offense was still in shambles. In that game, Josh Allen was fantastic. He had 315 yards and only 15 completions. Um, he was five for six on throws, 20 plus yards. Two of them resulted in touchdowns. Darson, I think that was Dawson's Knox. Uh, really, is coming out party at over 100 yards and a touchdown as well. The offensive line played great. Overall, the Bills were just spectacular in that game. And then Kansas City, as they did for the first about month and a half in the, in the season, looked really bad. Mahomes struggled to move the ball down the field, targeted Tyreek and Kelsey 23 times, only resulted in 120 total yards. So overall, the offense wasn't good, including the offensive line, who allowed 14 pressures, eight of them coming from their right tackle, Louis Niang. Just a terrible game from Kansas City. But now we're not in week four or five anymore. We're in week, what's this, 20, I guess, technically now. And this isn't the same Kansas City team that played Buffalo in week five. They were two and three after that game. Since then, they went ten and two. They averaged thirty-three points per game, number one in the NFL. They're allowing nineteen points per game, top ten in the NFL. I know Buffalo is right up there with them. Both teams are relatively healthy. Tyreek and Ladarius Sneed both practicing full. Uh, Tyreek was doing like backflips in the Steelers game. I know he didn't have the best game, but he should be fine to go. Um, Clyde didn't practice, which was interesting, but uh, Andy Reid said not to really look too much into it. And the Bills really don't have many injuries to look on in their front too. So when I look at both of these teams, it's really hard to pick who has the edge in any position. Both their offense have been spectacular. Both their defense have been really good this year. But then, who do I want to bet on? Do I want to bet on Mahomes and Andy Reid at home? Basic. Or do I want to bet on Josh Allen and McDermott on the road? Cool. And that's really just the one thing that comes down to, that Kansas City is going to have that home field advantage. Those little things on third down when it's going to be really loud for Buffalo and it's going to be quiet for Kansas City. Those key moments where they're just going to have that slight edge being at home. But it's going to be a good game. I got Kansas City winning 31-27. Made a lot of interesting points right there. Josh Allen, five touchdown passes versus the Patriots. Flawless game. Mahomes saw that. And did it to the Steelers, too. Hell yeah. And when Mahomes did that, it showed me one thing. It told me one thing about it, about uh, him. He's looking at Josh Allen. He's looking at him through his rear view mirror like he's driving a car. This is and such he, facts what he's about to say. And he sees Josh Allen coming right here trying to merge onto his lane, trying to cut him off like a New York City driver. That's why Mahomes had that five-touchdown game. Kind of like Fast and Furious, kind of like Vin Diesel, just cutting him off. But Josh Allen is ferocious. He's a bill for life. 
Last year, when the Chiefs faced the Bills in the AFC Championship, I had just watched the Four Falls of Buffalo. Excellent E60 documentary on the Bills' four straight Super Bowl losses with Jim Kelly and that Bills roster that was built by Bill Polian. A soft spot emerged in my heart for the Buffalo Bills. Even though they are an AFC East rival, and maybe that came into your decision, even though I don't think you're that type of guy. I am. I said the Bills have just went through so much heartache. I'm picking them. I picked them last year. They lost. They were at home. Stephon Diggs watched from the sidelines as he watched the Chiefs celebrate and go on to the Super Bowl and then get embarrassed by the Bucs. The Chiefs' defense has been great. But over the past couple of weeks, they struggled mightily against the Bengals, struggled mightily against the Chargers, even struggled against the Drew Locke Broncos in Week 18. And they were trying that game as well. As good as the Chiefs' defense has been, the Bills have been better. Has been. First against the pass, 13th against the run. Trey White is not playing. Yes. Levi Wallace, Teron Johnson, Dane Jackson have all been amazing. And having two all-pro safety, all-pro caliber safeties, Jordan, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, really helps those guys out. Travis Kelsey has not been the elite tight end he's been this year. He's been good. Really good. Yeah, but I think he's lost a step. I don't think he's that same guy we've seen over the past couple of years. You said this about I Mike know. Evans, and you were so so blatantly wrong. I, I would not say that. Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills this season finished with the highest pressure rate in the NFL at 30.8% and a hurry rate at 15.4%. And they, they only blitzed 26% of the time. The Bills offense is averaging 32.3 points per game in their last six games. Buffalo has ran for 164 yards in that span. Josh Allen on the run. 14 touchdowns to one interception, 11.8 air yards per attempt. The best quarterback on the run in the NFL. Mahomes has the resume over Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the better quarterback right now. There's no doubt about it. I agree. Josh Allen has a case to be the best player in the NFL. The only person I'd put above him at the quarterback position is Aaron Rodgers. Josh Allen is that special. He torched the Patriots' defense, a great defense all season, even though they started to fall apart as the season progressed. Bill Belichick has never been embarrassed by that. No coach has ever been embarrassed like that because the Bills had the first perfect offensive game. All drives outside of the kneel down at the end, they scored on. Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. He outplayed him when they faced earlier this season, and he's going to outplay him again at Arrowhead Stadium because he's looking at Mahomes and he said, you beat me in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs, watching from the sidelines, in disappointment, disgust. They're coming with vengeance. They're coming ready. They're coming for war. Josh Allen is going to win this for the Buffalo Bills. I picked the Buffalo Bills to make the Super Bowl earlier in, earlier in the season, and that's exactly what they're going to do. And this 
This right here, the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Forget about all the divisional games this weekend. This is the Super Bowl. Whichever team wins this game is winning it all. And the Buffalo Bills are winning it all. Beautifully said. I'm with it, man. That's gonna, a, listen, yeah. what else is there to say? It was beautifully said. You're just going to be wrong. So. It's un- no. Nah, no, no. The He's Buffalo Bills will win. Can't root, I can't go against Mahomes and KC, bro. It's so basic, though. Like, it's come not, on, bro. These teams are neck and neck. No, thanks. Won't be caught dead rooting for that ketchup-eating bastard. Okay, yeah, and you wonder why I want to root for Josh Allen, bro? Um, Because his fan base jumps through tables, and they're so, kind of cool. So white. <laughs> Josh Allen is my guy, and he's very similar to another guy wearing number two in New York. Oh, That's God. coming soon. <laughs> Josh Allen's different, man. Josh Allen just got like 40 pounds on him in three inches. <laughs> jo- Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL outside of Aaron Rodgers. Josh Allen is the best young quarterback in the NFL. I'm with you. Well, There's I'm no not, doubt I'm about it. You just no, said Mahomes no early doubt, in the show. No doubt about it. You did say Mahomes early in the show. It. Okay. Wasn't me. Because there, no doubt about it, it's crazy. Like Mahomes is right there. You know who Shaggy is? Shaggy? Yeah. Like Scooby Doo? Yeah. yeah no, like the, the musician. Oh, I'm not informed. It wasn't me. No? <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't me. Josh, I said it's an argument between Allen. I pick Allen right now. Yeah, no. If I said Mahomes, I apologize. You did. I was wrong. Mahomes, Mah- Mahomes and Allen. Josh Allen is the best young quarterback in the NFL. He's the best player in football right now, I think. You put Rogers. everything. That's the only thing I'm pushing back on, honestly. That's, that's the only thing. But, like, I agree. he has an argument, too, for that. Yeah. Josh Allen is in. Rodgers just makes no mistakes. Josh Allen has played in, in bad weather. <laughs> It, all year long, he played in zero degrees in Buffalo versus the Patriots. Okay. Threw it like it was California. I don't know. So does Mahomes. He plays in Kansas City. That's not good weather either. Yep, but I think you couple in Kelsey losing a step. I don't know he why did you're not saying this, step. bro. Again, I, you said look, the same thing about look, Evans, look, look. and you tweeted exactly no, what I said on Kelsey, the show. Did you not see Kelsey against that Charger game when he had that game-winning touchdown? Kelsey looked elite. like he was in his prime. Kelsey was elite. He's great now. He's he not is. elite still. He is elite. He's elite, bro. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's, let's, let's okay. Okay. Tyree Kill, though, drop problem. He does have a drop problem this season. That can cost him, too. Mahomes, half of his interceptions this year have been receivers dropping the ball. So that can play in fact play play a factor in it. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, man. It's going to be a great game. This is a Sunday night game, right? I hope. Let's see. No, it is Sunday night game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So before we end off the show, just quickly... Give your divisional round winners so we don't have to cut up the clips or TikTok all individually. So for the divisional round, I have the Bengals beating the Titans, the Packers beating the Niners, the Buccaneers beating the Rams, and I got the Bills beating the Chiefs. Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Go ahead, Joe. You're crazy for that. But I have the Titans beating the Bengals, the Packers beating the 49ers, the Rams upsetting the Buccaneers, and the Chiefs. Beating the Bills. Now your boy has the Titans beating the Bengals, the Packers beating the Niners, the Rams handling business against the Buccaneers, and without a doubt, the Bills beating the Chiefs. That's a perfect TikTok clip. Thank God. I don't got to go through all those clips. Holy moly. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. You totally forgot last time. This is going to do it for episode 147 wait to piss. of the Pick Side <laughs> Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Side Podcast. On Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. 
please leave a rating on Spotify, five-star rating, and a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating. Either one works fine. Thank you guys if you made it this far. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.